Here comes the Roller Racer, the amazing new sitscape. Don't have to pedal, just swing the handlebars from side to side for a wild new ride. Totally awesome! Roller Racer's patented power drive uses no motor and no battery. How's it going? The Roller Racer's so much fun, it's used in amusement parks and carnivals around the world. My kids love them so much at Six Flags that we just had to get one for each of them. Come on, let's give them a cheer, come on. Ready? It's time to get weird, and I'm not talking about Jack who thought of your grandma in lingerie weird. I'm talking about joining us for the next couple of hours and talking about God knows what in DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode number 69, the fellatio 69, Eric. You know what a 70 yeah. is? I'm not even going to get into that. You know, I, <laughs> I laugh all the time. I used to play hockey a lot, Eric, when I was getting yeah. them cues back in the day. And the big joke was anybody who had 69 as a number was the person least likely to get that 69. It always was the big fat guy, always a defenseman. <laughs> ran right by those guys. But yeah, hello, hello and welcome to the official unofficial podcast of Eric Weird Science DC Comics.com. Holy for shit. For the week of April 30th, 2016. Yes, that's right, Eric. We are now. WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Wait, that's it. That's the URL. Seems you know weird. You know what the best part is? It's weird like, to me. When, when we did it, I'm walking around just trying to say it over and over again in my head because it doesn't sound uh, right. And I'm like, you know what? I think the old one sounded yeah, I don't better. Know. It, it had like a flow to it, didn't yeah. it? I put in my notes, it seems like we're, we've sold out now for some reason. I don't know why because selling out usually means you're getting money and we yeah. paid for this. But yeah, uh, I bit the bullet. Reggie has been yelling. So long for this. And then... Stopblogspot.com. Yeah, Repairman Jack on Twitter mentioned it, I think, a week ago, two weeks right. ago. And that actually was the last straw. So he, if he's listening right now, he can pat himself on the back because that's that was the last straw. I think, fuck it, we'll do it. Yeah. I was very nervous because just, you know, we've been doing the site for a while. First off, we kind of... It's kind of our, like, I don't know, it's... It's kind of the way we are, that we kind of do things the Punk shitty rock, way. Baby. You know, it's the crappy way. And yeah. just having that just seemed weird. But yeah, now I don't have to say, like, hey, just look up Weird Science DC, whatever. And, and it, well, you could. I don't even know that anybody even noticed. But uh, it's going to take us a little bit to, to get back in the swing of things uh, with search engines and stuff like yes. that. So it, it seems like we're, it, it's not as long a process as I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, most people won't even know. And if, if uh, Brandon even mentioned, he's like, God damn it, I have that in my fucking bookmarks. <laughs> First off, who uses bookmarks anymore? Seriously, <laughs> fucking bookmarks. But yeah, it'll just redirect anyway. So uh, nobody will even know, right? Nobody will know. <laughs> now, Reggie's big thing is you have to do that so we can get on the covers of trades. I'm like, <laughs> 
What are we gonna? What what are they gonna put on the train? This is like a shit sandwich. Gonna say, Reggie, you have seen from weird science. All right, there's no way. uh, uh, Yeah, uh, Batman, uh, Robin, son of Batman. This is almost like blood sport. Says weird science. (laughs) DCComics.com, or you know what? What are they? It's a freaking quote, quote about a horror movie. Yeah, quotes that mean nothing. Somebody's gonna look and I don't know what the fuck this movie is. Fucking yeah, I don't know what else. What is a big quote of yours this week? I know uh, one of mine in the Legends of Wonder Woman. I spent almost the whole paragraph talking about the guys whose face got melted in a uh, freaking Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm sorry, it had I'm nothing up. to do with anything except there's Nazis in the book. I now mean. we're on to the ramifications of the Techno Sapien invasion, where we have to give a hairy eyeball to all the t- uh, people who are playing with cybernetics, and we have to the toasters that don't toast correctly. See there, yeah, is that going to be on a cover? <laughs> Weird science says that toasters that don't toast correctly. Hairy eyeball. Hairy eyeball. Speaking of hairy eyeball. Really? I don't, I don't have anything. Let well, me see this segue. Shit. But yeah, even even to continue, I, I put in my notes. I'm going to miss that long URL. I really Seriously? am. And um, I don't know. We might have to start a Patreon account, Eric. I see all these Patreon accounts. It did cost twelve dollars to get that domain name. That that's keeping the lights on. We need twelve dollars. I'm going to start a Patreon account to get that twelve dollars. All these other podcasts. I know I've I've yelled about it in the past, but it came up again this week uh, because you started listening to a podcast I won't mention. Yes. And the minute that I went to their podcast and their site and their Twitter, it's all Patreon account. That's all it is. And then I looked, and they're getting a lot of money, and it, it fucking pissed me <laughs> off. I'm like, God damn it! I, they can make a living off of this, but they claim it's to keep the lights on. Now, right now. I wish we were on, uh, what's that, Periscope? Video? Periscope. Yeah. Um, and that is a, sex, a gay sex move, right? Sure is. Uh, I, the room I'm in doesn't do even it. have a light. So legitimately, I could start a Patreon account to keep the lights on, right? I need a lamp. Well, we said if, if we ever do sell out that way or beg people for money, we are begging people for money. With the, we're right out in the open. We don't want to work. This we like what, money. Yes, Give it to we us. We want money. We don't want to get up and go to work. We need and, to afford to buy a weird science rickshaw. That's right. We want a rickshaw, and we'll videotape it. I said the only yeah, right. thing I would love. You're pulling to, me. I would love to have money that we could actually rent a space where we would do the podcast and have a video podcast as well. I, I'm sure we could do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm going to mention the podcast networks in a minute that we're on. Eric. You know, I would do the whole rickshaw bit, and it's just you. When I told, when I said I was carrying you on the show, I didn't mean like this. Yeah, really. Well, if I'm the one <laughs> with the rickshaw, like you're in the rickshaw and I'm running, the best video will be the. That's what we'll do. We'll, we'll videotape that. Then, if you go to the Patreon account and give us a dollar. You get to see the ramifications of that, of me laying in the street trying to get my breath for fucking 20 minutes. It's <laughs> so out of shape. But, yeah, I even put on my thing that uh, one of the – I think we're starting our own fucking podcast network. Uh, just the amount uh, – yeah, everybody – the guy who yelled about us last week, oh, mm-hmm. you know, a perfect podcast in an hour. So basically – if you want to ask me, we give you five perfect podcasts each week. Oh, my week, God. Eric. Yes, we Don't do. Don't we? We had five perfect podcasts, like nonsense like this. DC Comics podcast, and I don't know what we're talking about. I'm not even halfway done this goddamn intro. But, yeah, uh, then we have Reggie and Chris. They got their own goddamn podcast going on as well with oh, yeah. their weird history. That thing's like 37 minutes this week. Uh, everybody's they just jump on in. I, I think we're going to have an eight-hour podcast. I'm going to do a horror podcast. Right, and we'll just shove it in the middle. That's what I'm saying. What The network is actually the podcast. And in the middle of this, I'm just going to talk about the NFL draft. Me and nice. Rafe will get together, talk a little Carson Wentz. 
Carson Wentz there. But we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. And as you proud. say, not a, third, not a fourth one yet. That guy has not gotten back to me now. <laughs> uh, maybe he listened. He's like, because he was going to listen again, and it's me yelling about him. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Weird Science DC and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weird Science DC Comics. And you can email us at Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. And I say all this, and really, I, I was thinking about it every time I, I write this out and I do the, really, what do we get from any of this? <laughs> like I'm saying, know. we don't have a page. We, get we don't stuff? get pay- No, that's what I'm saying. We could just say, we could come on and say, you know what? F all you, just here we go. I don't even know why I mentioned this. I really don't. There's times where I even said to you earlier, I sent you a message, and I said, boy, I was really dreading this podcast. And then I got all pumped up to do it. But when I start dreading, and you even asked me, why were you dreading it? It's going to be a long one, number one. But number two, like I get these ideas. I I go through these phases where I, I just am like, why? Why do we do this? Why do we spend seven hours a day doing this stuff? We really, uh, you know, let's monetize this bitch. Let's fucking sell out, baby. Sell out. I've been waiting to sell out my entire life. I, I, I just want. The sellout to me is just there's got to be one guy out there who's real old and has a lot of money and just leaves it to us. I, I don't want to have to work for this selling out. We, we've already done the work. You know what I mean? I just uh-huh. I don't want to have to like think I'm I agree. obligated to I want a sugar to daddy working. too. Yeah, we want sugar daddies. That, do they have a sugar – sugardaddy.com has to be a dating site, correct? <laughs> I would think be. so. <laughs> we'll go to sugardaddy.com the next thing a guy's knocking on my door. And I'm wearing a dress, Eric. That Come is. right in, sir. Oh, yes. And yes, uh, but pretty much I'll just invite him in and off yeah. we go. Yeah. Kids, we'll have, time for bed. Yep, Daddy's we'll got to make a living. Hey, uh, you know, I'll send uh, Tanya out to get a drink. And oh, wait. And I just realized we we're prostitutes now. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> uh, also, I want to remind everybody of the rant and rave line, the Weird Science rant and rave line, Eric. We have a couple rants this week. Good. Uh, you can call us at 641-715-3900. 3900, that is. Now, we got this easy domain name. Is there any way we can get this easier? Uh, Because when you do go to 641-715-3900, you enter the extension 452328, followed by the the pound pound sign. sign. Leave a message. Hit one. Do the pound sign again. Do a (laughs) dance. I don't know what. But, yeah, we have a couple messages. One on Batgirl and also Brandon. He has finally, he's mastered it. That nice. He, he, I think he told me that the rent and rave line is now his bitch, Eric. Nice. He's going to do that. But I, I said the only way I think we can make it easier is to give them your personal house number. This will have leave a message. I'm telling. I wish that it was just during. Not even that. How about just we give them the Skype? They just call during the podcast. Anytime somebody calls, we just interrupt the podcast. Oh, here we go. <laughs> hey, who's this? Manship. What do you got to say? And then they just hang up. They breathe heavy. Manship breathes heavy. We can hear the rollerblades going, and he's got his <laughs> hot pants on. But, yeah, I had an odd week. Uh, odd week in general. Um, mainly, my books were not that great overall. Yes. No, uh, they were not. There were a couple good ones, uh, but pretty weak. And uh, I also spent a lot of time fighting with a guy on Tumblr. And Poppy Nacho sent me a, a note, and he said to me, because I think at one point Poppy was uh, laughing at me, that I had told him, 
uh, a lot of people badmouth us. Like, he was not aware of that. He didn't know that we are, you know, hated fellas, me and you and Reggie and everybody on the site. And he came across a guy on Tumblr and sent me a note. And like, hey, check this out. There are people talking about you, and they hate your guts. Oh, I'm like, no. oh, really? So I go, and I look, and, yeah, this guy hates us. And he went on and on. It was very funny because as I looked into his hatred, very much seemed like he might be a little bit of a Mr. Anonymous on the site. He, he has a lot of hates that that anonymous guy who shows up and causes trouble. On the Red Hood, Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and, yeah, I took a lot of flack this week for liking Deathstroke. I don't care. I'm on the front lines, Eric. Yeah, I'm right. on the front lines. But, yeah, we also spent some time rubbing elbows with DC creators and higher-ups, yes, we Aaron. We, we are loved in that sector, it seems, but hated by the general public. How about that? I, That's I, a good trade-off. Well, it used to be the opposite. We, yes, we used to be the, uh, the reviewers of the common man, as I like to say. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we have sold out. We have sold out except mon- monetary way, whatever I'm saying. <laughs> Somehow we've sold out without making money. Uh, that's not a good thing to sell out. That's right? our business plan. Yeah, that is. Sounds we, like us. We do not have a good business plan. But we're going to move on with the news, Eric. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> I knew I'd get you. What is I want to say, sound before that... we get started, though, oh. I had a weird week, too. Oh, did you? Yes, is I did. Is this you actually having a weird week, or are you trying to find a news sound? No, no. It's that I actually walked into GameStop today. Oh, yeah, you did. And the lady behind now, the counter. A, I'm telling you, you told me the story already, and I laughed out loud when you told me. <laughs> I don't know what. When was the last time you went? Well, I'll tell the story, and then we'll. Well, I walked into a GameStop because I believe I read online that GameStop was starting to have like a retro video game section, and I went in, and she's like, "Can I help you?" I'm like, "Where do you keep your NES games?" And she's like, <laughs> <NES>. <laughs> "She laughed out loud yeah. and said, I wish.' And then she realized I was serious, mm. and she actually said. Oh, you're serious. Yeah. yeah. And then proceeded to give me a little pamphlet where apparently they do retro games, but only online. online. Trying to build up their like library. Yeah, I'm sure. They start putting, um, but yeah, they, they, I'm sure you me could like I was a goddamn alien. Try to find a you know a Dreamcast game. You wouldn't find that. You're looking for an NES game. I I doubt they have more than you know five freaking PlayStation One games. I, mean, I swore I fucking read online that they had these things, but I just looked like an idiot and then walked right out. Yeah. Which game were you looking for? I was just looking to see what they had, honestly. Really? You didn't go to the Q-Mart, your fucking lady at our Quakertown Farmer's Market that No, because then I'd have everything. to have a conversation because they have a nickname for me like, hey, it's fake Brian and hey, it's wrong and I have to deal with it. And I, I don't Exactly. There's I don't want to deal with it. And as you know, they are terribly overpriced. They there. are. They are very overpriced, but... Uh, you know, they're pretty much the only game in town with that. Seems so like it. You just have to, uh, you're Mr. eBay, and there you are. You're, you're heading to the GameStop. <laughs> the thing is, I hate waiting for shit once I buy it. Yeah. What I just want to go and get something. Because you did just get an NES. You are, yes. Uh, you're up to date on your video gaming with that NES. Pretty much. Yeah. I would think right off the bat, I want Super Mario Brothers 2, okay. uh, Mega Man 2 or 4, mm. and mm. probably Contra. Hmm. Mm. Contra, oh, yeah. The problem is I keep thinking you have a Super Nintendo. I do. Uh, no, I'm saying that you're talking about because oh, okay. I have a bunch of Super Nintendo games upstairs. Yeah, you I don't gave have me Super Metroid. Of, yeah, awesome. I don't have a lot of NES games, though. I think that those actually just got lost. I did have a lot. But, yeah, I have tons of, like, Xbox, uh, original Xbox games and so PlayStation 2 and 3 games. But, yeah. Uh, we were actually playing some games today, and my kids were talking retro. To them, retro is Xbox 360. 
Well, I'm telling <laughs> you, the right Xbox is now on that retro list that the girl gave me the panel oh, yeah, for. I'm sure, uh, because they're not going to keep space up with that shit. That, it just takes up wall space. They're not yeah. going to do that. And yeah, PlayStation 1 has to be on there, right? They have Dreamcast. Uh, yeah, that's on they Dreamcast. Have some Saturn, on there. Saturn games they have list Saturn on there. on there. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, you got the you got the sound ready for the news. I cannot hear. You, you have it so low. <laughs> <laughs> I hear your sounds of the city. Uh, basically, I my breathing was heavier. The, the, the you know, smooth louder. sounds of the, the city. The smooth sounds of the city. Uh, you gotta up the the volume here. Because Honestly, that I was can't. That's, that's the highest I can that get. That was terrible. That, oh, it's still I'm going. Saying, uh, yeah, it's still going. All right. The the worst is is that they have down the street. They have the beer, beer fest. fest. Yeah, uh, the big Quaker Town beer fest. And I'm sure you're going to hear the sounds of the drunkards at some point tonight because people go. Uh, one guy already probably around seven o'clock tonight walked past, looked over at our porch. We were standing on the porch, looked over. Tried to say something and then fell right on his face. I mean, fell right <laughs> on his face. And then my oh, wife's like, Quaker "Oh, we got to help him." Keep we're it not, classy. Yeah, I'm like, "We're not helping that guy." And no, absolutely not. My oldest son. He was, made his choices. Oh, he has yeah. to live with him. My now. oldest son was with, uh, over, and then he's like, "Yeah, I gotta, I'm going to go." And then my wife's, "Oh, you can't drive now." What do you mean you can't drive now? She's afraid that some freaking asshole from the beer fest is going to go fucking flying into him or something. Eh. What's he supposed eh. to do? Walk home? Yeah, I know. I don't know. But yeah, the first bit of news is something that a site called WeirdScienceDCComics.com reported, Eric. It's oh, did they now? Oh, yeah. Joshua Williamson is signed to an exclusive contract with DC Comics. That's and right, DC. Take all the talent. Yep. And they are grabbing him, and I really like this. And it's basically, they really do spell it out, too, because Joshua Williamson is a guy who I think fits the Vertigo line even better than the Flash that he's going to be in and read. Yes. The Flash seemed a little weird. For him to be on. But yeah, he is uh, already has done Nailbiter and uh, Ghosted and I believe Birthright are the three books that his big Did Reggie books. read Nailbiter? Yeah, he loved okay. it. Okay, yeah, that's he what I thought. It. I liked Birthright. I really yes. liked it. And I read some of Nailbiter. My wife actually read, I think, three issues and liked it until she realized it was a comic. And that's for idiots, I think. But yeah, the official press <laughs> took release. Took that long to realize yeah, it was a comic? No, I just think that she was like, <laughs> why am I reading a comic? Uh, the official press release says, Fresh off the heels of the DC Universe Rebirth event held at WonderCon in Los Angeles in March, DC Entertainment announced that it has reached an agreement with Joshua Williamson to create comic book content solely for the company's DC Comics and Vertigo imprints. In addition to launching The Flash in June, Williamson will also make his Vertigo debut in September with Frostbite. Frostbite! Frostbite. A new six-issue miniseries joining the title lineup. Uh, Jason Sean Alexander, who was on Batman Arkham City in the Empty Zone, will accompany Williamson on the book Handling Art Duties. Now, it's, this comes really fresh off the heels of that shakeup that they had at Vertigo. Uh, that you, you told me that, that news story last week of, uh, what's her name? I, I can't even remember her name, the head of nope. Vertigo. Um, it really upset you. <laughs> it, it got you down last week. You said that. Boy, that news story got me down. But this is uh, one right off of that. Jo- and it didn't get me down. It got me bored. Okay, well, here's the quote about Joshua Williamson. Josh is a fantastic writer, and we couldn't be more excited to have him on board, says DC Entertainment co-publisher Jim Lee. He has a knack for telling stories that really grab hold of readers, and it comes through whether he's writing epic superhero fiction or more edgy and darker tales. So basically, Jim Lee is telling us he can write. 
This guy's a rightist. It almost sounds like he's doing like one of those reviewer for dummies like book. Yeah, that'd be like, like us. Yeah, oh, it's a telling stories that really grab a hold yep, of readers. This grabs a hold, and the art matches the story to, to combine in an egg roll of goodness. Actually, roller coaster ride of emotion. Roller coaster ride of emotions. That's what, every time we should put that so we can get on these covers with this new URL. Yeah. I think this is a great deal. Uh, I really do like Joshua Williamson. I'm telling you, there's nobody that I've ever heard say that Nailbiter sucks. Well, that's the thing. I don't know him like his work personally, but you talk about him, and if you like something, it usually yeah, has really, to be good. You hate everything? I hate everything. Um, the weird thing, though, me and a bunch of people, actually, were talking about Vertigo on Twitter and, and stuff like that, and I don't know the direction they're going with. They, they seem to really want vertigo to be turned into image like right. oh this will be the place where we can get people to come and they can do almost like a creator own thing it's yeah. not but it, it's very similar <laughs> uh yeah it's creator own but they own it. it's kind of like us selling out <laughs> we don't get the money somebody else does but they no. just realize holy shit we need a whole lot of number ones coming out yeah soon. yeah i but that's how it seems hopefully they can use this this is a new thing frostbite but i, I wonder why they don't go back to say like a, uh, you know, they have a couple Sandman, but even you said uh, Preacher. Yeah. Uh, even Animal Man. But They're, honestly, Animal if they Man did a Preacher sequel, I would be so goddamn angry. Yeah, but it'd probably sell. It probably it would. would. I'm telling you, it's, we were talking to Reggie before we got on the podcast. It's like them doing before Watchmen before and how that's nonsense. And even the Dark Knight 3, it's not needed because we had such a great story before. If you do something yeah. else, you're just going to sully the name of it. Yeah, unless you do it good. Which unless that never you happens. Do it good. Um, the one thing about Vertigo is weird. They they have a very similar uh, deal that I think that the DC does with their digital first stuff. You always hear at the beginning like, oh, man, oh, yeah. Gail Simone, clean room, and then it goes dark. You don't hear anything. And is that clean room still going on? Yeah. <laughs> and no like uh, Sheriff of Baghdad, Tom King. Tom King's their golden boy. Golden child, Eric. You know, I, I-, I want the knife, they say. <laughs> and they, But yet you... Get the big push right away. You have a couple things out, and then it goes dark again. And then I know that book really is reviewing great. I read the first issue. I really liked it. It's not my thing. And really how we go about our site vertigo kind of doesn't really fit in. Uh, that well anyway you are superheroes but and yeah and it's weird i don't know vertigo just seems like it's out there on its own and without anybody supporting it after a little bit so hopefully oh really yeah hopefully this changes it i don't know maybe the whole uh you know jim lee and dan didio being in charge you know they've, they've done so well with this upcoming rebirth, Eric. <laughs> I was uh, I was even writing up notes. I was writing up notes about, yeah, I can't badmouth them. We're actually on their good side We right just now. sold out. Get out of no, here. No, but I was looking through notes and writing up stuff for this, and I did go back to that Dan DiDio uh, thing he sent us on Twitter for your birthday yeah. about the number 50s. And I was like, boy, that was when they really did think these number 50s were the big deal. And then shit from there, you know, and... I just rebirth is just odd to me. And, Happy and, birthday, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and rebirth. That rebirth is. Do you think that this is the first big week that you think that it really shows the books being affected? I, I'm telling oh, every. No, actually, term, I'm telling you everything from April feels it weird just seems to me. Though, but, but this, this week, week is definitely a boy, big hitter. Like with Batman, really does seem that, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems really weird, but uh, I'll go on with the the news. Uh, speaking about the transition, here is the Flash, Eric. The Flash, uh, because the Flash director, the movie. 
I haven't heard Flash anything Gordon? about the movie, uh, the Flash movie, but the Flash director dropped out over creative differences. He's gone. He is leaving here. Seth, oh, Seth Graham Smith has dropped out of Warner Brothers' The Flash over quote-unquote creative differences, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Graham Smith reportedly signed on the project in late 2015 with plans for Ezra Miller to reprise his role as DC Scarlet Speedster from his cameo on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. He in that one? Yeah. He in that? He in that? Still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it. We're a freaking DC thing. I still haven't seen the movie. I, I don't get off my ass enough. If these reports... It's overrated. Yeah. It, well, no, getting, getting off your, your ass, ass I, movie, yeah. boy i agree and I, I want a patreon account just to sit on my ass if these reports <laughs> are it. accurate warner brothers will continue to use graham smith's script which was based on a draft by phil lord and christopher miller the All flash right. was graham smith's first job as feature film director after earning a name writing both the prose novel and big screen adaptations of pride and prejudice and zombies and abraham lincoln vampire hunter you, have you seen any or read the uh, any of them I have uh, seen the movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So did I. Uh, I give me think, a, it, give I me think a I had deal. fun with it. I don't quite remember. You know what? I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. That was one of those movies where I think Tanya got it. I think we got it on the Red Box, possibly. That's and where I got it. I really thought that it was going to be terrible. I Like a with, joke. With a name like that, you expect it yeah. right off the bat. And I had fun with it. I thought yeah. it was a fun. No, actually, you know what? Um, my oldest son, Alex's roommate, A-Bird. He bought it. Yeah, yeah Abert bought it and brought it over. I didn't even have to rent it. And when he brought it over, I'm like, God, I'm going to watch this. And there comes an hour and a half of my life I'll never and, get well, back. And we, we put it in, and there I was. I watched it, and I, I had fun with it. So yeah. it's weird, though, because creative differences, really, that's – this is his first big job. I, this I, is I, a I was thinking the same job. thing. Look, you, you become a film director because you want to be an artist. You have a vision. You want to send, to the, send that to the world. But if this is your first movie, you do what the fuck you're told yeah. so you can make other movies. Yes. Like his big thing going in is he did the adaptation for these <laughs> movies and and the novels. But boy, this is this is huge. This is yeah. you are getting a huge deal here. Like it's this isn't like a, a student film. You're you getting suck it up the and do flash. The goddamn movie. Yes. If they say, you know what? We don't want the flash to be nude in this scene. You know, your creative idea. I don't know. And it's weird to Look, me. Flash needs to have something in his butt in this scene, Warner Brothers. That's right. I don't no, think so. No, no. Well, I'm walking there. No, no, no. I'm out. It's weird because it's still his script. Yeah. So what is well, he got paid what for the creative script, so. differences, though? It's your script they're still going to go with. I want to show Speed Force this way. No. Well, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I, I'm saying I show up and I'm like, okay, I got these ideas, DC. I want to do the Flash now. I want the Flash to run really fast. <laughs> and like, you know what? We, we were thinking, Jim. We're going to do it a little different here. The way we're going to do it, the Flash is going to be slow. You know what? I, <laughs> screw it. Fine. Slow you know what? it is. No. Fuck it. I watched that in this, this uh, week's episode of The Flash. He was slow as shit. It was terrible. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you. What was that game? Sonic you, Adventures where they made Sonic turn into yeah, a werewolf and he was yeah, slow? You don't yeah, want that in a Sonic no, game. No, you don't want that. Now, but do then, you think that certain movies say like a uh, Fantastic Four? Right. That that came out and really that director did take a hit. Yes, he really did. Do you think that's what this kind of leads so Josh to? Trank, I think, yeah, directed yeah. that. Do you think that that's one of these things where now the directors are like, you know what, the way things go nowadays and with you know social media and stuff like yeah. that, you do a bomb and it's trouble, but it's still weird because it's still a script. It comes down to the script. That's, what, that's the wild card to me, why that this doesn't really make sense. But I really do think that a lot of people now – uh, like before, you would have like a um, 
Quentin Tarantino. He's yeah. his own brand and things like that. Now everybody is. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if you're a this huge is a so director. And so joint. Yeah, you're it, every yeah, it's Spike Lee. Yeah. Spike Lee joint. But yeah, everybody's well, it's a joint got for everybody. Everybody's so and got so. it. And it's an Eric Shea joint now. But Damn yeah, right. because of social that. media, everybody's their own deal and their own brand and you don't want to sully it, I guess, but it's it, it is odd. This really uh brings me back to say uh a Sam Bradford, Eric. Right. <laughs> on the Eagles where you you would think that you just shut your mouth. Just yeah. go with what you're doing. You have a contract. You do it. Just do it well, and then somebody's going to hire you. Uh, you start causing trouble. I don't know. This to me. Oh, I'll be traded. Yeah, shut this, the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, this seems to me like that's what it is, like that. And you're going to get another. Like, hey, we're going to have a movie. Hey, let's get. What the fuck's his name? Graham Smith. Let's get yeah. that Graham Smith with that fancy name. That guy sounds fancy. <laughs> like, whoa, no, no, no. He had the flash. And he dropped out because of creative differences. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. You're done. I don't. I don't know her. But uh, this is it's actually his vision or nothing. Apparently, well, I guess this is um, this is a disturbing trend, though, because this is the second such high-profile departure of a director from a DC tentpole film. Tentpole original Wonder Woman director Michelle McLaren departed that film prior to production. You know what she cited? Creative differences. Creative different. Creative ding, differences. Ding, ding, ding. Is it me, on the board? Creative differences to me seems like the irreconcilable differences. For, Pretty much for a uh, freaking divorce. You know what? I, who <laughs> knows? It's such a catchphrase. I, I like when. But honestly, I don't know her off the top of my head with what movie she's done, but I remember her being kind of a big deal, and I could see her maybe leaving over creative differences. Yeah. But a guy who's never done a film, get the fuck well, out of here. And and really, you have Wonder Woman where that. Uh, to me, that's more of an important move. Oh, definitely. And if you do have a create, like, say they come in and they have something so off the cuff that you're like, I am not comfortable with that. Uh, flash? Flash? <laughs> uh, the worst part of it is Ezra Miller. Boom, boom. Yeah. I do not like him. Neither do I. Yeah, I didn't even see him. Obviously, I told you, I, but uh, I just don't like him. I don't like the guy's look. I don't like his jerk-off he name. Like if I, I don't walking, like his jerk-off He actually face. looks like if I was walking down the street, he'd probably kick me right in the balls. That's how he looks. Don't, do you do you agree? You know else? He looks yeah. like everybody I've ever seen. Yeah, really. <laughs> you, you know who he reminds me of a little is the guy who plays Bucky. In the, All right. Uh, that's who he reminds me. And that guy r- reminds me that he would steal my wife. I don't like that either. <laughs> they all do. Everybody in Hollywood could steal my wife. Yeah, I think you're just a paranoid fellow, really. Maybe. You're just on the lookout for people who are going to steal your steal wife my and, wife kick, and, you and kick me in the balls. Kicking somebody kicking you in the balls has to be one of the worst things ever, right? It just seems like that would. I, I don't I, know. I know. I've been I have been right in the asshole, and it hurts really bad the, too. Why is it that if you like, I have been punched in the balls uh, yeah. while playing hockey a couple times. Did I ever tell you the time when I was in a fight? playing hockey and the guy pulled my pants down and I, I don't wear underwear and my cock was hanging out. That was at work too. In front of everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Why is it though that <laughs> the worst pain that you could possibly Sorry, feel, <laughs> the worst pain you could feel to the balls is when you slightly, like you're walking and your thumb oh, no. slightly grazes them and you are down for the count. You're down for like an hour. Why? Why is it? Why is that great? Fry babies. Maybe. I, I, there are some times, and my balls really hang low. What was the song about the balls, balls hanging hang low? low? Do they, t- do do they stuff s- and go to and fro? My yeah. balls to and fro. I, I run on the treadmill 
you know, you I have a good memory well. of when I would go on the treadmill, but boy, there were sometimes my balls would fucking just going around and around. You really need to start wearing some underwear. This is what happens. I really should. I'm telling you, you're, gonna be wearing, you're, you're a guy who always wears shorts. Oh, yeah. Sooner or later, your balls are going to reach past your goddamn legs yeah. and them shorts. Well, that's You're gonna when become I start, an eyesore. That's when I, I'm like one of those 60 year old guys who wears like the real low shorts and I look like a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hat sideways, fucking crossing my arms every time I talk. Uh. Actually, I'll cross them when I'm done. That's that's the exclamation point. Damn right. I'm like, that's yeah. why I smoke, so I can put the cigarette out after I'm done. Is that what you do? Point. Right in their fucking face. Yeah. I'll be there, I'll be there. Uh, hey, sir, uh, you want paper or plastic? Plastic. Boom. Uh. Crossed arms. Fucking gold chain. VW. <laughs> uh, the next bit is Batman the Killing Joke trailer was released, Eric, and I wrote in this. You better watch it because we're going to talk about did it. Did you watch it? I did. I watched okay. it right before we started. Not much to say about it. No, uh, it's the Killing Joke, yeah. and you know what? It looks really good. It does look really good. I like it. I like that they right away they show Barbara. It's Batgirl, really, yeah. that they show, and they show the scene when he's at the door. And I like that they show that, that you're like, okay. It's the killing joke. You That's get what that. I like about it. Like really starting with uh, Dark Knight Returns when they put that like part one and two and they made yeah. that into movies. They really started going for the style that the book had. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. And the one thing that is weird to me, my only gripe, I and know, I could you, be insane you about this. this. I, didn't, I didn't think the same as you. Mark Hamill doesn't sound right to me anymore. He does not sound like the Joker I remember him being. It's weird. Do you think that he's lost it? Do you think he forgot how to do it? I don't know if he was, like, screaming on the set of episode eight before he had to go and do, do no, this. No, no, the way they ended episode seven, he doesn't look like he does a lot of screaming. He should do a little shaving. His voice just did not sound yeah, like you, I you remember. Hey, maybe he's just getting I, old. I thought it was okay. Um, what's his name? Sounded great. And now you said what's his name? Can't remember. Kevin, uh, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Conroy. Conroy. Yeah, Kevin God Conroy. damn it. You yeah. said that. Totally blanked uh, my mind. I was going to say Conroy. And I, but yeah, he sounded awesome. Oh, yeah. He, he always sounds great. Except for for some reason, in person, he never sounds right to me. Yeah. Maybe they, they kind of filter it a little Maybe. different. But yeah, I thought that it looked great. I thought, like you said, it, it matches the style of the book. And I'm glad, really, that they showed a couple of those scenes to just let you know. Yeah, this, this shit going, is real. Yeah, this is going to be the killing joke, and I, I like it. I know that we have talked about on the podcast over and over again about the you know the people getting all upset about the killing joke and things like that. But that's this is an adaptation of the book. You, you don't change it. There's no Seriously. reason to change it. You are ada- you are adapting to a movie, one of the most popular things ever done by DC. And yeah, if people don't like it, don't watch it. Right. Oh, another thing I actually thought of too while watching this trailer is that I really miss. The old way that the Joker looked like. I like Greg Capullo's artwork, yeah. but the Joker has looked so off to me since this Batman New Fifty Two started. Um, did you when, when I sent you a couple things today? Because we will be talking about Batman later. Obviously, yeah. I went back to the number one issue. Boy, it, it was a little rough. Like his yeah. his style really is. I know that it's weird to say that Greg Capullo has improved, and that but boy, it really has. And remember, I forgot all about it. Remember in the first issue of Batman. In the new 52, Joker's in it. Mm-hmm. But do you remember the big thing about it? No. Remember it was Dick Grayson. Remember at the point that oh, going yes, to Arkham. Oh, yes, Dick Grayson, he's going yeah, through Arkham and they're Asylum, fighting and an Arkham Joker. and even uh, that, That's where they introduced yep. the holographic mask. Yes, and that's when uh, Gordon even said, you know what, looking at that video, it looks like you were fighting alongside the Joker, and Batman's like, oh, you're crazy. And then they go back, <laughs> and that's when the Joker is in the back cave. You're like, holy crap. What's and, going uh, down here? Yeah, and then it was that holographic uh, mask. 
And even that, the Joker just looked a little off. Uh, it really hasn't proved, but I don't know. I, I like the Joker. I like Greg Capullo's Joker. Uh, well, the big thing to me is once he had his face cut off in the beginning of Detective boy, I and finally saw him in the death of the family with, yeah. the, with his face strapped back yeah. on, I thought this was going to be the new look of the Joker from here on out, and I really dug it just yeah, because it was like different. That. And it was just something that's right in your face that you're like, oh, my God, the Joker's the scariest motherfucker alive. But since then, he's gotten his face back with Dionysium or whatever. And I don't know. I just miss the old way that the Joker looked with me growing up. Maybe it's nostalgia or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, it must be. Nostalgia. You think back at your youth. Your fucking youth, Eric. Uh, That's but, all I think about. That's yes. why I bought it yeah, in Tech, uh, Just, in, you know, as an ending, I, I'm looking forward to The Killing Joke. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to get my nine-year-old. Me and him are going to watch it. Yeah, right. Of, right right after fun Deadpool with the again. Me and him and Deadpool. You saw Deadpool. You I did. watched it yesterday, right? Yep. And you loved it. Loved you it. You loved it. I told you it was good. I saw it with all my kids. You're the worst You're father. The worst father ever. I'm telling you, and I'm thinking to myself through like watching it through all the gore. I'm like, eh, my father showed me worse. As soon as I got to the strip clubs, he, I'm like, he is the worst no, father. I told ever. you though, is luckily <laughs> we didn't even plan it, but luckily how we had it was um, Alex, or actually I think it was um, 13 year old, then Alex, my oldest, then nine year old, then me. So each of us was able to put our hands on somebody's face. Actually, rape was next to me because I did talk about it on the podcast. I was fucking just grabbing handfuls of Oh, yeah, you had popcorn. the buttery hand. And it was so buttery and, and salty. <laughs> and I put my hand over there. He got fucking butter and salt in his fucking eyes. He was, now he has an acne problem. <laughs> Thanks a so lot, pissed. Dad. No, actually, he has a cyst on his eyelid. Maybe that's what happened. Oh, God. Yeah, I used to get cysts on my eyelid all the time. I'm a fucking Gross. wreck. I'm a physical wreck. I know. I really am, but... Uh, you have extra chromosomes or something? I What's might, going on? I have like seven. Extra means good, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, that's it for that. And now we're going to go on to the mail. Time for the mail. We were just talking. We need that's... some mail uh, intro sound. I don't know, like a bugle. <laughs> I said no, I was not gonna a buy bugle. A, I was going to buy a kazoo. Uh, Who before buys I a kazoo? Got... That's, that's <laughs> worse than me going and buying that toy <laughs> megaphone. <laughs> I like the megaphone. I like, I always, I said, I love the things that make you sound like a robot. If well, we had auto-tune, I would do the whole podcast in auto-tune. I when I bought it, that, I'd though, laugh. it was just like when I was a kid where I'd see a toy, like a playset or something, and I'd, I'd have these grand imagination oh, about yeah. what you it could do, and like everything, and then you just get disappointed when it can't do what I you could think just it can. See it. You're there, you see it, and they have like the bubble above your head, and you're thinking of getting uh, jumpers off the ledge with it. You're going to oh, dir- yeah. direct traffic. What else? I don't <laughs> know what else you're doing. with, with this megaphone. fucking megaphone. Can't move along. You're just yelling, stuff like that. Nothing to see. And then I, the worst what part. What else are you I, doing I, with the megaphone? I get it home, and I start playing with it, and on the back, see instructions, because it has a bunch of different switches that if you combine them, you do different sounds. Okay, yeah. The instructions were fucking wrong. Were they? That's I have no idea what anything is. So you say that I always get the idea when they have like the Darth Vader mask, and you're yeah. gonna sound like Darth Vader. You never sound no. like Darth Vader, and uh, that's like two weeks ago. I saw that. This isn't as a kid. This is now. I want to just walk around, and I don't like my voice. So we, we could be here. I'll have the Admiral Akbar uh, mask on. You have who would you put on? Mon Mothma. We'd be Can there I doing the, the whole mask. Po- 
If you had the C-3PO mask and sounded like C-3PO, I would no. I would get my car That'd right now amazing. and I would go and I'd strangle you. I cannot <laughs> stand. I I'm one. Of, I did that for a just for the hell of it Monday that C-3PO special that they had where they were going to reveal. Yeah. It was uh, James Robinson, I believe, wrote it. Yeah, uh, it was a weird thing from reading the last James Robinson thing I read was Airboy Number One. Right, that was all about big goddamn cocks. And then I read <laughs> fucking C-3PO. Um, and it was all spelled out like, oh, it's a special. It's going to show you why he has a red arm. Oh, right. my goodness. Oh, it was so disappointing. And then I realized uh, through the whole thing, I hate C-3PO. I can't <laughs> stand him. I love C-3PO. I hate him. I, I think that I like him because I hate him. And in this book, it's so funny because <laughs> at one point. The droid you love to at, hate. Yes. At one point, he gets at the beginning. It starts. He's in another crash. I, the guy has the worst luck. It's his lot in life, Eric. Oh, I know. It's his lot in life. But he's there and a bunch of droids, and they're going to go on a, a trip. They're going to fucking walk about, and uh, they're going to try to get back you know, to civilization. I'm yelling to this fucking digital book, don't listen. To th- the guy picks the worst directions. He, he might <laughs> know a million languages. The guy does not pick. He's got the worst luck. Well, honestly, if I'm left to a 50-50 shot at something, whatever I pick will be the wrong thing. And I can't try to trick myself No, because then you pick it. that, then you pick the pick of the whatever pick. Whatever I pick yeah, is yeah, wrong, no matter, no matter what. what. I would have the problem with that because I would say, okay, every time I pick, like I go with my gut. Yeah. It's always wrong, so I'm going to switch it. Exactly. I would get like two steps later, and then I would be frozen, and I wouldn't go anywhere, and I'd die <laughs> right there because then I'd, I'd start fucking shit would be swirling around in my head, and, and I would think that I'm psyching myself out. Next thing you know, I'm putting my tongue on a fucking pole in the middle of winter, and it's over, Eric. It's over. <laughs> I don't Ain't no fire why. company coming to save you. No, they're not coming. I, I love that in, in Christmas story. <laughs> Everybody my favorite, loves that. My favorite, though, is just as that one kid. I always love, like, these side kids. Your flick? Like, no, no. I, I love the guy who's yelling, hey, the police are here. <laughs> and then, like, ah, then the fire engine. I said that. Ralphie just slumps you know down. That reminds me. That is a, I don't know what sort of character you would call. Maybe a narrator. You could call him a impromptu narrator because it's also in the Bad News Bears. Right. That's like Toby. Uh, Toby through the whole movie. That's Kelly Leak. You don't Leak. know that's Kelly Leak. He's the <laughs> best athlete in the ca- I love those guys that are like the – and especially Exposition Toby. guys. Yeah, in Bad News Bears, it's great because he knows everybody. And he seems like a nice enough guy, right, Toby? Well, I the- actually kind of miss that in Monster Squad when Rudy comes out on the bike yeah. and the freaking lights a cigarette right there. I'm like, oh, he's a bad – I guess you don't even need that because you right know at that point that kid's a badass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kid who smokes. Jesus Christ. And then, he, you know, that, that movie, though, that movie is so good, like the Bad News Bears, because it does not try to dumb itself no. down at all. And it, it there's the F word in there, and I'm not talking Fred. <laughs> they, they say that, you know, every kids act like kids. Unfortunately, kids are awful. I terrible. have five of them. They're terrible. And, <laughs> uh, but yet, when they have a movie where they're actually kids, Bad News Bears is great. Oh they, yeah, they curse. They're going. It's so good because it's real. And what probably made, the best representation of children in movies. I think. I think so. And what that does then is it gives the kid the kids like that movie. Bad News Bears to me, though some kids might find it dated. Um, but well, fuck those kids. What that does is it, it makes it timeless. That yeah. you can watch a fifty year old can watch that and they'll be like, "Holy crap, that's how I was as a kid." And kids watching like, hey, that's how me. You know what I mean? That really, that that makes it special. 
special, Eric. Though my kids still like uh, like Mike, and they they don't act like kids and like Mike. I don't know if I ever watched like Mike. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Little Bow Wow, little Bow Wow's in that, and Jonathan Lipnicki. And, I know that guy. And Brenda Song, Brenda Song, Eric, Brenda Song. But yeah, uh, we're gonna go. Did with you the pull up the IMDb on that? No, what the no, fuck? I, I, I know these movies, boy, and or like um like we like the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, but the kids aren't really, you know, everybody's like a character. There are caricatures of kids. You get the, you know, I I love that the one kid is supposed to be from Philadelphia. Remember when he? I'm from Philly. The big fat kid. Oh yeah, yeah, Philly. All right. Of course, he's the goalie. Yeah, of course. It's like any kid in those movies. You're either the goalie or the catcher or the the center. There you go. You're done. Again, though, there's a movie that the kids are little, but it's uh, Little Giants. I love that movie. Big fat kid, he's the center. All right, mail. The mail. If you want to get in the mail and hear us talk about fucking Bad News Bears and all these movies, uh, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, Eric. I'm t- even the, the website now is messing me up with everything. Every, <laughs> I keep thinking something's different. I don't know. But the first mail, Everything's mail, different, Jim. Yes, everything. everything's changed. Uh, Maddie D. <laughs> Maddie D. wrote in. What's up, Maddie D? Maddie D. says, okay, I meant to send you some feedback last week, but I got wrapped up with life. Yeah, life's terrible. Life, life gets in the way. I just wanted to shout out that I thought Wonder Woman Earth One was an awesome book, and I really liked it. I'm way behind on my comics, but I can't wait for Rebirth so I can jump on some new books after the giant reset button has been pressed. I think a lot of people feel that way. Day, I think a lot of people are bailing. It's weird, too. It's almost I almost suggested to you, like, let's hang it up for a while. <laughs> let's take a rest. We'll be back at Rebirth. We deserve it. We'll be back at Rebirth. Uh, speaking of that. I'll, I'll finish this and I'll tell you. That's from Maddie D. Also says, P.S. Eric, I know you don't like the Earth One books, but there are some really good stories here. You don't yeah, like maybe I should really get on the like Earth um, One trolley and check them out. So I think just... that Wonder Woman is a really good one to jump in, mainly because you can talk to five different people and five different people have an idea in their head what Wonder Woman's origin is. Right. Uh, so there's not that like snafu that you have like – God damn it, I don't want to see another origin. I don't, yeah. I don't need to see this. And uh, I think that's a way to kind of get into it and then go from there. I, I don't know what it is. I think the way that Alfred treated Bruce and Batman Year One, just I mean, not Year One, Earth One, yeah. just really threw me off. I'm like, Alfred, why are you so mean? I don't want to read <laughs> is, you anymore. He is, he is not a nice guy. <laughs> um, now I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to, no, I was talking, we were talking about the, oh, I know, we were talking about the stats. I ended up finding a site that we're on. Mm-hmm. It's a weird, like, behind the scenes to, uh, like, a, I don't know. I don't even remember what it was, but it, the podcast is on there. Right. And you, you can get stats. They're not listener stats. They're actually stats about the podcast. This is, I got to this site, and it was like, I, it wasn't like I was the creator of the podcast. It was more of I was a listener. I got there, and they actually had these stats. And it said that we have a podcast every 6.3 days. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And our average now, and this includes even the smaller, just for the hell of it, uh, almost four and a half hours of podcast. <laughs> so I, I actually saw that. I was laughing. I'm like, nobody else has those. We are the hardest working assholes in all of Astom land. That are just the stupidest. We are stupid. What, what do we do? I said earlier, what are we doing this? <laughs> now what I'm going to try to bring you I, down I again. I love it. At the end, we get done this podcast. It's 4.30 in the morning. I go off to have a hot dog. I'm about to get I killed at. Yeah. yeah, really. You're, you end before you get killed. Yeah. Phew. Well, thank you, Maddie D. Thank you, Maddie D. Next uh, email is from Manship. 
And Manship says, what's up, Jim and Eric? I didn't mean an actual turtle so, in my email. And what he said last week is, I wanted a big wheel, and I got a turtle. And I remember we started yelling. I, I think the exact phrase was, <laughs> I said, what parents would get somebody a turtle when they wanted a big wheel? And you said, parents who don't love their kids. Uh, <laughs> it was like something. It was not a real turtle. He says, instead of a big wheel, I ended up with the 1987 roller racing flying turtle which has absolutely nothing to do with its name. And he sent us a link. I actually put it up on Twitter uh, in our break about what he got. Um, I do remember these things. It's so like I. a little – it's weird. To, would you say it's like almost like a little scooter that is propelled by your arm motion? Isn't yeah, you, that what it does? You turn it back and forth you kind of big swivel ass back and, and you forth. move. I think that um, Suzanne Summers might have been pushing this earlier as the buns of steel or something. It looks like it would get it your – It does, honestly. probably gets your um, triceps. But all we could think about while watching the infomercial for it was a goddamn sit and spin because yeah. that's pretty much what it is. You freaking turn this goddamn thing and you go forward instead of spinning. I had a sit and spin. I got one for – I got that and a hippity hop. Nice. Uh, do you ever have a hippity – do you ever have, have, have the actual original round hippity hop? Well, just a round 50s? one. No, I'm not that old. Just man. a round one with a handle. I don't want one of those hippity hops that looks like a dragon. Oh that's, no, I had a red, regular bullshit. hippity hop. Um, I remember. I would say that I probably got the hippity hop. Like and a big red ball with a handle. Yeah, red ball with a handle. Um, I probably got them around the same time, if not the same year, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I got on that sit and spin. It fucking threw up all over the place. I, I could not right. take that. I fucking vomited. So the uh, tilt really, world isn't for you? No. No, and it reminded me, the sit and spin always reminded me of, it was the home version of when you'd go on a swing and somebody would spin you around on the swing <laughs> and the chain and then you oh my God. Side I, story I, though, freaking when I first moved to Quakertown, you know how the Milford Carnival every year they have this yeah. big ass carnival? Yep. I just moved here and I want to make kind of a good, decent name for myself. I don't want to be a loser in this goddamn town. You and didn't I pee went, your pants or anything, did you? No, no, no. It, it, I don't even know if this could be considered worse it's or better. It's weird, too, because you say this, and now I think that Toby's there. And when you show up at this carnival, you're expecting <laughs> Toby to go, that's Eric Shea. He He's just moved here. Loser. You went to this fucking carnival. Nobody knew you. I said, well, I'm telling you, I what, just what, moved What kind here. of impression are you making at the fucking carnival? Well, I'm, I'm still trying to make some kind of decent name for myself because I don't want to be a loser, right? <laughs> A name and for yourself. That's it, Eric Shea. That guy's great on the slide. No, no, I'm saying I'm like 11 years old at this point, I think. Okay. I go to this Milford Carnival. I'm with my mother, obviously, you know, but I go on the uh, tilt world, which they call the octopus. Okay. And I'm, yeah, on yeah. Th- I'm on this ride by myself, and I'm going, and then the ride slows down. The guy's like, you want to go again? Yeah. That was one of the worst mistakes of my yeah, adolescence. You couldn't take it the second halfway time. Halfway through vomited all over oh, myself really? and over other people. It was like nice. the goddamn scene in Stand By Me with the well, guy who eats the pies. Yeah. Well, here's what you're saying now is, unfortunately, the way I was saying it, you're never going to make a great impression just showing up. You're only going to make a bad one, and you did. You yes. threw up on people. And that's the thing is, a lot of now, people Toby's young. That's Eric Shea. That's the kid who threw up on everyone. Pretty much. And I'm telling you, this is a place where a lot of kids from school were, and it's, I'm just walking like, Mom, we got to go now. We just have to leave. Come uh, on. Get the keys out. We got to get the fuck out of here before yes, anybody recognizes me. I'm taking these stupid ass glasses off so they don't recognize you anymore. <laughs> You're I already had Superman. that working against me. You're Superman. Uh, the only thing that I had, I was in like the uh, the whippersnapper or whatever they call the one yeah. where it's like the octopus. I would say the octopus. It's like there's like four different things on. Is that what that was? And it would just spin around it's each a of them. And, and yeah, um, I got on there with my buddy Jay. 
and I believe Pete might have been on there as well. And all Jay was at the part of the seat that would slam into you. And oh, Jay yeah. was the biggest. I was at the worst part. And he just kept yelling centrifugal fletch as we ran around. And he uh, really accentuated it and really, you know, beat the crap out of me the whole time. On it. <laughs> I, I was squished. Uh, that was also the carnival. That was some other carnival. I forget where it was. Uh, that was where I won the throwing hatchet. Now, the throwing hatchet. I don't know nowadays that you're no. getting handed a throwing hatchet that was never a at thing a carnival. I, I, I threw the uh, the ring, and it went on the choice knife. And the one guy with us, this Mike guy, thought that that meant that that knife was choice. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed at him so much. It was weird. I believe that, that one carnival, I won a throwing hatchet and a set of tools. I never win shit at all. I won tools and a throwing at you. Two things that I don't oh, have any use for. And yeah, seventies. That was probably like in the night. It was very odd that they were giving out hatch. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt no, here. That's, no, that's it was nineties. So it was probably like that's late nineties so too. It, it was it was very odd. But uh, uh, Manship's going on now. This flying turtle. He says not only is it hard to operate, it's embarrassing to ride. And we watched the video. Oh my god! Yeah, yes. it looks embarrassing. There's. It, it's funny in this video. It actually, which I'm sure the audio will be at the beginning of this podcast, Eric. <laughs> um, there's a comment on it. They're like, "Hey, what, you know, it's, it's almost like a KTEL thing or like a only oh, yeah. on TV thing." I'm like the the flying turtle, the, you see it at carnivals, at carnivals, amusement parks. Really? That was, it's basically like like amusement park that has big wheels. Then no. <laughs> An amusement park has the flying And they turtle. show you in this infomercial, oh, yeah. like a little, like a little fenced off, yeah, area, fenced like, off like a rodeo. It looks, like, it looks like it's a rodeo. It looks like a kid rodeo with these. I kids expect on the mention to come out in clown paint at one point. <laughs> Fucking jump into a barrel. <laughs> While the kids are trying to hit him because you know it's he's a midget. Honestly, that that ride sounds amazing. It would be great. You'd, it's called just run over the midget. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. There it is. That's our money-making scheme. Patreon right. account. We're starting to have the run over the midget. You know, we're just going to stop her. now. We can't. We have to go out on top. That's the best yes, we'll do tonight. That is the best. No way. Manship continues. No wonder I ended up rollerblading without a shirt later in life. And no, that does not explain that or, uh, you know, let you get a pass on that. And sorry to disappoint, but I never bladed with a boombox. Boy, that a CD player in my backpack with headphones is how he rolled. Down here, I started watching Do the Right Thing this week, and I imagined him to be like the guy in the beginning with he's the freaking radio. Boombox. Raheem, that's and he, radio. And Raheem. He's kept yelling to the freaking guys, "D motherfucker, D." Yeah, he wanted the batteries. Yeah. you know, you go to the Korean freaking deli, you want D motherfuckers. But guys, I'm telling you, that movie guy's fucking cool. blasting, fucking fight the power. He needs those <laughs> D motherfucking batteries, Eric, or it's gonna stop. I'm telling you, I was actually gonna sit down and watch it this time because I kind of got I thrown off a little movie. time. It put my girlfriend off. She made me change it. Really? Because of the D motherfucking D? It's because it was motherfucker for like every goddamn sentence oh, for the next five like minutes. like we said earlier, that's real. That's real, that's a, Holmes. That is a hot day in Brooklyn, baby. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's real, Holmes. Uh, he says, the only problem with that damn CD, uh, the CD always skip whenever I did any jumping. Now I expect now he's got like ramps he's made on the way. Little, now these are just sitting there. What is he jumping? Well, I guess on curbs maybe. I don't know what he's jumping <laughs> with those hot pants on. <laughs> For those too young, CD players skip if you bumped, and it was very annoying. Yeah, that it was, was annoying. It really uh, was. I never had a Walkman. You a know disc that? man, a disc man, disc man, Walkman, Run walk man. Walkman was cassettes. 
No, I had a, I think I had a disc. I had a Walkman that was. I don't know. It's it yeah, like they probably they, did try and make it, but I always called it a disc man. Disc man sounds like a freaking. That sounds like a video game. I um, I no, never had. Man. I actually never had that, Holmes. Um, I, I was never one to uh, listen to music Go when places. I did. No, like that. Like if I was on rollerblades, I'm more listening for the hicks that are trying to kill me, not listening to the CD. I gotta keep my alertness at high priority, That's right? right. Here. You might get beat up with my hot pants and half shirt. Rainbow suspenders. Of, did you watch anything from the draft at all? I did um, send you a no. I only watched the beginning with the Eagles because well, Legends tomorrow was Ezekiel on. Ezekiel Elliott is a running back from Ohio State that the Dallas Cowboys drafted. I'm telling you, after this, go and look up Ezekiel Elliott outfit. You can even do it now. Oh, no, the half shirt? You I did watch that. that half shirt? Oh, oh my God, God, that was hilarious. It was great. I said to Rafe, my son Rafe was so excited about the draft. I've never seen him that excited <laughs> and because he uh, he wanted Carson Wentz, and he was so convinced yeah. that uh, the Rams were going to take him and ruin his dreams. He, he that knows. I guess he has. I'm he did you, look I at did a not, lot of no, stats. I didn't know anything stuff. about Carson Wentz before you started messaging me about the draft. Oh, yeah, my, Rafe was on it, but uh, – Boy, he saw Ezekiel and got so angry because he's, he just wants to be Odell Becker. He just goes on and on. I'm like, no, again, these guys are their own brands now. They go with it. Um, but, yeah, uh, the draft, he, he went on and on about it. He was watching the whole damn thing. I, Did you see I that story on out. that guy who got knocked out oh, yeah. like 32nd place because uh, yeah. because of uh, something that leaked like 10 yeah, hours Yeah, it was like 12th or 13th. Uh, yeah, it's that Tunsel. Yeah. Uh, they think his stepdad leaked that. That's what I heard. I want to say it was other teams. No, they, well, so the Dolphins leaked it up. That'd be funny if they found out. But yeah, uh, he's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. It's funny too because he's like, oh, at first he's, oh, no, that wasn't, yeah, it's you. Yeah. The video continues there, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. That's freaking, yeah. He, don't do drugs, kids. There's two other guys that it reminded me of, though. Warren Sapp and Randy Moss, both, uh, especially Warren Sapp. He dropped a lot. He he really fell because of you know issues where they yeah. thought. And all, you know who else? Dan Marino. There was all this crazy talk before the draft that he was on coke, and he wasn't. And he dropped he dropped down to Miami. Time. Maybe it was Miami then too. Exactly because he really thought Pittsburgh was going to take him, and they passed on him because of that. But yeah, huh? Football talk, Eric. Football talk. This goes on. Manship says well, I didn't have a chance to talk to you about it beforehand. Yeah, uh, yeah. Manship says, was there ever a rollerblading DC character? I don't know. Would you consider um, Flash uh, now? He kind of has rollerblades. Right? I want to think that They're Stan kind of skis. I want to say that Stan Lee's Flash had yeah. a uh, rollerblades on it. Like in I that... almost imagine that the Death Racer has a little bit of rollerblades going on underneath kinda... the skis. Yeah, they're skis, but they're kind of rollerblades. Half shirt, half shirt going on. That was what the creative differences were for the movie. And I want to say at some point shirt. that. Uh, that vibe went around with rollerblades. Yeah, it's so funny because when I, the minute that I read that, thought vibe. Yeah. Like vibe had to. At one point, twirling around with that beatbox. Just like Detroit, just going around Detroit and his rollerblades. You know blades, what? I beatbox. said earlier that I want to end every sentence with me crossing my arms. I don't. What I want to do <laughs> is end every sentence with that head spin that goes <laughs> into laying that. Yep, that's, oh, that's, what that's I the best. That is the coolest move. That you can ever possibly do, and if I could do that, is that illegal head spin, illegal head spin away I go, and then end in with my, you know, laying there with my hand. I'm doing it right now. Oh, it'd be so cool. That is, I tried so hard to break dance. Do you like break dancing? You like that? You like barbecue sauce? (laughs) And I'm telling you, I would get like a little bit of a popping and a locking going. I was terrible. 
Uh, but yeah, that's Manship's email <laughs> that we completely butchered with talk of everything else, and that was from Angle Manship. Nice. Uh, we're going to continue with J-Man. Let's get right What's in up, with this mail. J-Man says, hey, Jim. What's up, Aaron? What's up, J-Man? He says, as we, slowly say, as we slowly say goodbye to the new 52, I was thinking that it might be time to reflect on the five years of memories, good and bad. In the next couple weeks, could you do either? <laughs> More work he's going to ask. Here we go. Uh, could you either do a special podcast or a segment of your regular weekly podcast devoted to the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of the new 52? Actually, I like the idea of that. So do I, what do but that think? sounds... I do like that. Um, sounds like a lot of work. No, that would actually be a pretty decent one instead of like that week, instead of doing a just for the hell of it, do something like that. I think Reggie would be into it. Yeah. It could be a series of top 10 positives and negatives. Top 10. Let's just make it top five for HS. Seriously. You guys, uh, in particular category, nobody wants a 10-hour long podcast, except everybody, it seems, besides us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. I wouldn't even mind if we did something along the lines of, uh, like, I get to pick the top five good, you get the bad, we get that, you know, something like that. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I think we're going to do that. Boom. We're doing Boom. It. If you promote it during there the There goes my Friday so, night. You could even get some listener feedback. So here we go. I'm saying it right now. Listener feedback. Anybody who wants to, uh, good. I like the uh, good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, I like why not? the uh, idea of that. So the good, the bad, and the ugly, the new 52, and I'll tell you that that will also include the DCU, YOU. Oh, yeah. In my mind, that's all connected. I I get so, not frustrated, but I get annoyed because when I'm doing my reviews, I do like to say, oh, you know, in this new 52, and I keep putting it, new 52 slash DCU, because I I just am always afraid somebody's going to call me out on it. But yeah, right now, I will say- That's why you do anything, out of fear. Really, it is. Um, But yeah, if anybody wants to get involved, yeah, write in your- and you could write as many as you want, top five, top ten, whatever, and we'll figure out how we're going to do it. But, yeah, uh, write in a little feedback, and we'll read it on the podcast. Boom. The Boom. first book I read this week was Batman 51. This J-Man continues. As much as I hated most parts of the super heavy arc, Mr. Bloom, the reveal of who what Mr. Bloom was, the idea of Jim Gordon being a RoboCop-style Batman, Bruce and Joker surviving the cave-in with Joker's dea- deus ex machina serum, mm-hmm. and Bruce miraculously recovering his bat memories with his deus ex machina machine. <laughs> but... Um, he didn't like anything, did he? No. no. This latest and final issue for Snyder and Coppola was near perfect. I would give it a 9.9 out of 10, losing a tenth of a point for the cheesy-ass day in school line. That was a weird line. That was weird, um, right? You know, I have to admit, when we get to this and I give you my score, it's not going to be a 10. This is definitely one. I've mentioned it to you before, uh, mostly off the podcast, but on the podcast as well, I think, that this is one of those where I tend to go – real high like a 10 out of 10 oh, yeah. as a thank you yeah <laughs> and i i probably if i wouldn't have given you batman and went all this way i really think at this point of reviewing all those issues into this probably would have went really high probably like a nine nine well, i kept sending you a message on uh thursday how much i love it. batman yeah i love it you love it i didn't like it as much as you uh, but we'll get to that. I don't like anything. I was going to say give it a 10 out of 10. No, I'm saying if I was doing this and I was reviewing the book and I'd reviewed oh, okay. all the super heavy stuff and things like that and it led to this, this would have been around that type of issue yeah. where I would have said, oh, you know what? Thanks a lot for what you gave us. And, you know, I get on my knees, freaking put the chapstick <laughs> on it, open my episode. mouth. It is. Uh, yeah, I do that a lot. Uh, not the fellatio, Eric. Or Whatever. The this almost It'll gives me him. hope. For the up- upcoming Snyder series and Rebirth, almost. It's weird he says that. I forgot all about that. That all-star Batman. 
Oh, yeah. I forgot, I forgot about it. About My main problem, uh, you know what? I'm having a lot of problems with books where we have a book, and it's one of them tonight, Cyborg. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading that, writing notes, and I'm like, Cyborg has a rebirth book, right? And I keep having to go online and checking because I can't remember what the hell gets a rebirth and doesn't. I'm telling you, with you and me just talking about things, I have no memory of anything. Yeah, I that, rely on you to remember because yeah. for some reason, my memory is just shot anymore. Yeah, it is. It is. It's all that pot you smoke every single day. You and Tunsil, you're going to drop to Miami. Wait, whoa, whoa. Miami. I smoke pot? Yeah, Miami. They don't care. Why am I having a better problem. time with you know main, life? You know who do, you know who doesn't mind that that pot smoking bit? Ryan Tannehill. What do you think of that? You know why? Because that guy's going to be protecting his ass in Miami. Right? <laughs> That's more football talk. My main problem with this upcoming series is John Romita Jr. I hate his art with a passion. I hear that. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan. I said to you <laughs> that uh, it really has pointed out to me where we get these variant covers this month, the John Romita variants. And while I'm looking at each one, though you pointed out another one, oh my um, God. I keep looking at them. I'm like, boy, he really can draw that. He's drawing a Wonder Woman. He, he can't draw Superman. No. And that's the book that they got him to come over on. His Superman is terrible. And you so did point out, Grayson. though, his Dick Grayson is awful. And I think it's because Dick kind of does Superman. look like Superman. Uh, boy, it looks awful. Awful. I also read the latest Superman Wonder Woman issue. Oh, pretty pictures. That's about it. Yeah. I feel like Tomasi's story is starting to drag in the middle. I never followed the Ulysses story arc because of that motherfucking John Romita Jr. and his terrible blocky art. <laughs> wow, I really hate J.R.J. Anyway, keep up the good work and see you in seven, J-Men from Monterey. I will mention, I was going to save this for Thanks, the part of Superman Wonder Woman, but I do think this is a weird one where Superman Wonder Woman came, and we had this, I don't know if you agree, but during the truth story, it's not like I can pinpoint the book. Maybe it was Superman Wonder Woman, where it just seemed like there was always an issue too much for that round of books. Oh, definitely. Uh, the freaking yeah. Superman Wonder Woman was the worst in my mind in the beginning the for Superman that because Wonder it's Woman. all of a sudden we're in Smallville and their bodies are like yeah. his family's bodies are being dug and up. It, right? And we never really resolved yeah. that. And I got the idea with this. Now, it doesn't make total sense because there's only eight issues. Yeah. Uh, you know what? But it did seem like this first round was kind of done already. And we'll just add this other book in. Uh, because not a lot happens. Not a lot of ha- happens to really push the story forward that that you'd needed. And then I, later I on, know. in the truth, it became Su- Batman Superman. Instead yeah, of that's Batman what happened then. Once uh, once Gordon started getting used to Superman, <laughs> and what, yeah, boy, that truth story was terrible. It was so bad. There, uh, I think that the, I mentioned to you earlier. I think Tomasi's main thing. I always thought they were like, "Hey, Peter, Peter, come here." Peter J. I said in my uh, <laughs> review, I want to know what the J uh, stands for. I say Jaguar. What was uh, Macaulay Culkin's name in friggin' My Girl? Uh, it was uh, Thomas J. Thomas J. Thomas J. That was also Jaguar. <laughs> um, I got the idea that they called up Tomasi and said, hey, Tomasi, listen, we, we really screwed you with Detective Comics. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to give you this story. And I thought they said, listen, we want you to make the story to lead into Rebirth. I've completely changed. I'm going 180 now. I think they said, listen, this truth was a fucking wreck. <laughs> we need you to make people forget because oh, that's God, what please. it seems. This first round seems like everything is being whitewashed away, that they're getting rid of all the crap. And it continues this week. But we'll get to that. But, yeah, 
I think that what is happening is there. This story might be four issues long and it's being stretched in more books, <laughs> it seems. Uh, the next email and the last one is Brandon. Brandon says, well, this week tested the limits of my ADD. I got a DCBS order with a ton of books to read through on top of my normal Wednesday trip to the store. The NFL draft was on over three days with basketball and hockey playoffs, too. This inevitably led to me at one point, either Thursday or Friday, having an ADD orgasm as, one, the big screen had playoffs on, NBA playoffs. My tablet was running the NFL draft. I hooked my laptop up to another TV for NFL, NHL playoffs. Uh, the four issues of The Last Days of Superman were nearby and being read because I had to catch up, and my phone was open with Twitter going rampant. <laughs> I was trying to absorb so much content at once, and I'm still having a seizure two days later. And he says, moving on, I listened to the Just for the Hell of It podcast, Mary Fuck Kill. And he says, the natural disaster one was an interesting choice. <laughs> Maybe think of when I moved to Maryland in 05, fresh out of college, to start teaching high school-aged assholes. I mean kids. Well, needless to say, ignorant 23-year-old me had no idea what a weather factory of fuck that state really is. I had never been more scared in my entire life than in the summer of August 2011. I bet it was, I was Baltimore. Get- Yes, probably Baltimore. I'd be scared. Me just, too. You know, it doesn't even need any weather. I was getting my classroom ready before the school year started, and suddenly there was huge, loud, booming noises, and it felt like out of nowhere the damn school was floating on water for a good 15 seconds. This is how I can best describe my first legit earthquake. Each time I go to my memory for recollection, it's hard not to curl up in a ball on the floor of my apartment, thumb in <laughs> my mouth, because it scares the ever-living shit out of me. By the time I figured out what the hell was actually going on, it was over, but I think it lasted any longer. If it lasted any longer, I would have just remained in shock standing there and just might have tinkled down my leg and shit myself. I would have. They sent us home for the day to check foundation and stuff. But that being my one and only earthquake experience, it's safe to say I never want to live through that again. To bring this full circle, you I put would your 100%, dick in that. Come on. I would 100% kill that goddamn earthquake by lightning <laughs> or lighting it on fire and cooking s'mores over its dead ass carcass because who doesn't love s'mores? I hear that. I hate s'mores. I really hate them. You're a goddamn I, monster. I made them for the kids. We made them, in, you know, we were making them in the microwave. And, um,. Then Rafe, Rafe decides to make his own, puts it in for two minutes. <laughs> Fucking wreck. Why didn't you make um, it? You have gas stove, don't you? No. Oh. No, we have mind. a flat deal. Um, no, I, I, even looking and I was like, I might try it now. It's just, it's not a good combo. I don't it's like, a perfect I don't like, combo. I do not like honey graham crackers, number one. I like cinnamon graham crackers. And I, I don't know. You ever make a s'more with cinnamon graham crackers? I hate cinnamon. I love cinnamon graham crackers with milk. Ooh-wee. I love them. But, yeah, I don't like marshmallows. I don't like just plain chocolate. So I don't know what anything else. And then you don't like the juice, too, right? Yeah, Yeah, I can live without them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're the worst. You never did. He he, uh, says you never did a trio of hot chicks or 80s girls or anything like that to warm up. Nope. Nope. That's always how you warm up an MFK. Nope, we didn't. And why we didn't? Because everybody else does, right? And we the said, thing nope. is, we didn't really think about it either. We just made some lists, and then we realized after the fact, holy shit, there's no real women on this. That's no, weird. there weren't any real women, and there were a lot more dudes when we first did it. <laughs> and uh, we kind of got rid of those. And, you know, actually, I like the list with the, like like I said, the earthquake, the natural disasters, stuff like that. The Homeless fucking STDs. STDs. Oh. Uh, he says, so here you go. Debate my childhood crushes. Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Topanga, Boy Meets World, and Aunt Becky from Full House. Oh, well, yeah. Number one, I am – see, that's the problem. That's hard. 
because I really like Becky. Yeah. That's probably my favorite. And I think I'm going to marry Becky. I'm telling you, Becky. I would ki- I'd kill Kelly Kapowski. She gets really? my nerves. She's fucking her and fucking Slater, Zach. She doesn't know what. Fucking whore. She, yeah, she doesn't know how to fucking, make up her mind. No, she can't make up her goddamn Scatter mind. brain bitch. No. She is. She is with those fucking, you know, those fucking uh, yoga pants on. Fuck her. I don't like her. I do like Topanga. I do like Topanga, She too. held up very well. The now, are we is, talking is, about Topanga back in Boy Meets World? I'm I don't telling want to you, you could go. You can go all of them. I'm saying when if we're going to do this right now, you would go with whatever age you pick. Like I say, Topanga, I'm miraculously her age. Then I don't know, but uh, I pro- I don't know. Topanga, she's see, my age. Problem is, we said before that marrying doesn't mean that you fuck. No, definitely not. So I'm probably going to marry Topanga. And I'll, I'll fuck Aunt Becky. Now, does this mean I can fuck her all the time? Because, boy, uh, I had a big crush. Well, does it mean you could fuck your wife all the time and now that you're married? Becky was the little girl who said, way to go, dude. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that is Aunt Becky, right? You monster. You know exactly who Aunt <laughs> Becky is. Lori Laughlin. Oh, she's so I, hot. I, yeah, I always liked her. And, boy, she's, she's maintained it. Never right? been nude. No? I've looked it up. Never? She, she's a non-nude? She's a never-nude. Never-nude. She's, never she's just always wearing fucking jeans. Cut off jeans. <laughs> uh, yes, I like her. Um, you really liked in the uh, the reboot, or whatever you'd call it, the, what would you call the it? Revival. The revival. The revival. You really like Stephanie. Oh, my God. Her tits were amazing it's in funny that. funny, too. They were, like made fun of it, too. Yeah. They, they were all good looking. Even I don't know. You no, I'm, I'm marrying Becky though. Okay. I am fucking Topanga just because I don't. That's worth. I. It's like a bucket list to fuck Topanga and Kelly Kapowski. It's both on there. Yeah, uh, how about if he added Winnie from? Uh, oh God, Winnie was so good too. Yeah, if Winnie. If you put Winnie in instead of Kelly Kapowski, I'd have some really hard. Except though. She's a little too smart. She's probably fucking always. She make you feel dumb. Fucking making me add shit. <laughs> I'm in bed and I have to figure out some fucking Baby, equation. You're the calculator. Say, here's the equation. Here, five fingers. You fucking have right in your face. <laughs> wife beating her. <laughs> wife beating. I said, didn't I say the earthquake uh, was a wife beater? Yes. Yeah. This I is a no-win situation. Play. I don't want to play. Just like I, freaking other. Oh, was Joshua told me in more games. Yes. Yeah. I have that. I'm gonna use that quote later. You jerk. Um, no. I, I. Like I said, Kelly Kapowski, whore. All right. That's now, why I liked about on. her. Really? Um, Did you? Um, I just, I don't know. And you know when I, she was the hottest, actually? When she guessed, like, she wasn't Kelly Kapowski. She was Tiffany Amber Thiessen, but she guest starred for an episode on Married with Children. Oh, yeah. And she That's was like, so goddamn hot. Um, that was another one with, um, what was the, uh, the girl from uh, the, jeez, uh, this is great, uh, <laughs> Resident Evil. Oh, uh, freaking Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. She was in an episode yeah. as well. She got, oh boy, she was hot. She was also in Return to the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. Blue Lagoon, holy moly, that put more fucking oh, blisters you have, you have no on idea my hands on me too. and my, my penis. My penis. It was shit. the White Lagoon when I was done with it. Is it weird, like, when you go to the bathroom that there's is there supposed to be worms in your poop? When of course there is. Okay. And also, um, they keep you healthy. Do you ever think what would happen if you woke up one day and there was hair on the shaft of your penis? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so weird. You know, as a young child, I thought that's how it was. Yeah, I, I think I did too. 
<laughs> All right, he goes on, Eric. I think I speak from the entire WeirdScienceDCComics.com community. See, he's mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say we are all counting on you, we all waited with bated breath for that score of a 4.5 or 5.3 to oh, drop on ComicBookRoundup.com for Batman number 51. And you crushed our hopes and dreams. We all wanted you to bring all the trolls out of the caves to the comment section and maybe get the site blacklisted on Twitter again, just as it moved to a legit.com away from <laughs> blogdom. Yeah, we're away from blogdom. Uh, I still worry about getting banned from Twitter. Oh, we're telling you, we're I, doing so good right now. Every time we hit a point where we think we're like getting real close to the sun, bad. we realize we're too close to the sun, yeah. and shit goes bad. Come fast. back down, Icarus. <laughs> I mean, Jim, you have to admit you love the podcast where Eric just sits there so pissed off after he was taking a beating all week from the Scott Snyder fan club, like manship rollerblading through the streets of whatever he's from that uh, persecutes a man for perfecting his art form. Yeah, I... I I just love when you're upset. I love. I that, nobody wants uh, me to read an issue I like. That's weird. That Batman Forty Four. I just every day I go to the comments and just laugh. And the, the best and part I of it, the best part of it was I usually don't read your books until Saturday yeah. to get ready for the podcast. So I couldn't even comment. I would just look and laugh. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> People calling you out. Uh, he goes on with the books. I read a ton this week. It's ni- it was nice to see Dark Knight 3 grace us with its bi-monthly or tri-monthly presence, son of a bitches. I would love to hate on it more, but I enjoy it a ton. The goddamn delays really chat my ass. That's a thing, right? Yes, yep. that's a thing. Yeah, it is. I'm also loving the last days of Superman stuff. Wonder Woman was Look looking extra sexy this week. I, I I agree. Wonder Woman looked great. Everything else I thought, and even J-Men said that it looked pretty. I didn't think it did. Here's my question about the whole arc, since I'm finally caught up. How did this dude claiming he Clark get these powers? Well, we saw this week where they're kind of hinting at it. Did that star thing that flew at him hit him and crash his car? Is that it? This dude sucks, by the way. I like the China stuff going on, but I'm sure it's all related anyway. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, there was no China stuff. This yeah, I was issue. a little upset about, about that. that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I actually mentioned in my review. I think that I really—that's the thing I actually am more interested. Yeah. In. Um, but if we know that that's how, going somewhere. Yeah. But if that is how he got these powers, because it suddenly threw me off. That is, that is my only bitch about the whole thing so far. Uh, yeah, it looks like solar flare. Solar, solar flare. flare. Or all super right, flare. Guys. Super, yeah, it, they changed that. It's like this whole Super League now. It's Final Days of <laughs> Superman. I keep calling it the Last Days of Superman because I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> All right, guys, I put that like three times. <laughs> like, God damn it, it's not the Last Days of Superman. I mean, I think I uh, originally I tweeted out my uh, review for uh, Superman Wonder Woman. I had to delete it and redo <laughs> it because I had hashtag Last Days of Superman. All right, guys, don't do anything I wouldn't do, which isn't much. Mm. Brandon at BMUR3660. Thank you, Brandon. Now, what Brandon will do is review vision number six, Eric. He did that in his gorilla review. That's nice. a Tom King joint. Who doesn't uh, love Tom vision. King? He was upset because he loves vision and with Tom King doing it. And because he's now going exclusive, to be exclusive, baby. that's going to come to an end. But, yeah, we'll go off to Brandon, and then we'll be back with the meat and cheese, which is the books. Hey, how we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon here bringing you a Gorilla Review uh, Marvel Minute this week uh, for Vision number six. Uh, that's written by Tom King. Uh, we got art by Gabriel Hernandez Walta, colors by Jordi Belair. Um, I did I did uh, issue five a few weeks ago, um, so I'm, I'm kind of bringing you up to date here. On the newest issue that's released uh, at the beginning of April, there's going to be full spoilers here 
um, because there's really no other way to get into this book here. i got to tell you what's going on, um, and it's hard to be subtle about it. So uh, uh, we get started, and we have a narrator kind of going over uh, the story and, and have very little dialogue coming from the characters kind of throughout uh, the first quarter and last quarter half of the book. And that's where the narrator's kind of telling you uh, an explanation, basically, of how computers uh, and computer programming kind of works. Uh, it kind of sounds boring, um, but it's actually really not. And uh, if you don't want to read it, you can probably actually skip over it and just look through the pictures and see what's going on. Uh, but what the narrator tells you really is kind of brings up this problem of uh, P versus NP. Basically, what they're saying is P is, is a problem that can be simply solved, um, something computers can do, and NP is something that, that cannot be solved simply. Um, there are solutions to those problems, um, but it, it's really not something an AI, an AI or a computer should be able to do. All right, so, so we continue on with the story here, and as the narrator's giving you that spiel, uh, basically you see one of the... Vision's neighbors come home from work, and he, he's sitting there. He's bitching about uh, one of his Amazon packages not coming in two days. Uh, and, and as he's doing this, he kind of leaves the front door open, and his dog wanders out. Um, so, so you know, he's talking to his wife, asking her where it is. She has no idea. Um, and, and the dog's wandering down the road and, and into the Vision's yard. Uh, kind of goes into the back, uh, starts digging a hole, and and quickly comes across uh, Grim Reaper, who Vision's wife killed and buried back there, uh, back in uh, issue one or two. So as this dog's digging, he, he kind of comes across the metal arm of Grim Reaper and takes a, a bite out of it, which shocks him. Um, and that dog turns into some burnt puppy chow. He is He is dead. Uh, so Vision kind of hears, you know, the dog get electrocuted in the backyard, having a conversation with his family at the table. who just look like the most utterly depressed robots you've ever seen. Uh, so he gets up and he goes to see what's going on in the back. And you got a double splash page of Vision stumbling upon the Grim Reaper dead in his backyard and buried. The dog electrocuted in his backyard, looking freaky as hell and dead. Um, and this is the first vision seeing of all this. So so we cut, um, go to the next scene, and we see the neighbor coming over to the vision residence. The wife answers the door. Um, he asks if she's seen the dog. She denies seeing the dog at all. Asks him if he wants to come in, take a look around. Um, you know, he, he really kind of says that's not necessary. She insists. And, and he comes in, he, he's looking around this joint, and it is, uh, I mean, shit is all over the place. The house is a disaster. The kids are looking like even uh, more depressed than usual teenagers, um, doing weird crap, and and he's just trying to get the hell out of there. So, so he bounces. Uh, we cut to the next scene, and we see Vision with uh, a Dexter kind of get-up going on here and, and blood splatter all over him. Uh, he's got a saw in his hand, and and you don't really see what he's chopping up, but you can kind of either figure out it's one of the two things he, he just saw in the backyard. 
Uh, we see he is pulling the brain out of the dog that died and hooking it up to this computer, uh, doing God knows what. Um, while he's doing that, he's kind of having some thoughts to himself um, about how he, he has to keep this stuff from the Avengers um, because he wants to... He wants to keep his family around, you know, even though all this crazy stuff is happening, um, him having his own job and his own house and his own family kind of gives him the sense of freedom and he doesn't want to really lose that, which is kind of what this all goes back to um, and kind of just be like the robot toy that he helps them out. So he's going to keep this all a secret still uh, to try to keep this illusion of a happy family going. We see Vision end up uh, waddling on home. Uh, with a box, and as uh, he's coming home, that's where the narration kind of picks back up again, and, and there's not much dialogue coming from the characters here. Uh, basically, the narrator at this point is, is telling you, um, you know, Vision has realized that he tried to solve kind of like an NP problem, a problem that, you know, a computer cannot solve by creating this family for himself, um, and, and that when he went into the backyard, saw the dead body and dog, that that's the point he really realized he failed. Um, but inside this box, he's created now a robot dog for the family to kind of like try to cheer him up and make him happy again and, and try to get this thing back, you know, working as, as well as it was, if it ever was at all. Um, so... Basically, you know, the family's greeting the dog. They're trying to come up with a name for it. Um, that's kind of the last we see of the visions, but we, we get our last page reveal here uh, where we're finally shown who the narrator is. Um, it, it doesn't give us the name of it. It looks like a hologram, a ghost, or an AI, which, which makes me think it might be Tony's Friday AI or Jarvis AI, whatever AI is in his robot uh, armor. Uh, and this thing is telling the Avengers that, you know, everything that just went on in the story, that Vision is bad, and to keep this family, that he's going to kill you guys, and, and he's going to kill your families, and do whatever he has to to keep this thing going. Uh, so that's the end of issue six here. Again, that's written by Tom King. Uh, that's some dark, dark stuff there. Uh, I always tell you guys to buy, to borrow. Or to forget it all together. And uh, if, if you're in the mood for a horror comic, um, something a little out of the ordinary from Marvel, uh, I would recommend you guys buy this 100%. This is Tom King writing, who's, who's going to be coming on on Batman. And uh, if he does anything as creative on Batman as what he's doing here, it's going to be uh, some kick-ass stuff. Again, my name's Brandon. You guys can find me at Beamer3660 on Twitter. Uh, I write some articles on the site there, so look for me on weirdsciencenow.com, uh, weirdsciencedccomics.com, uh, and back to Jim and Eric. Hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but All right, it is the meat and cheese time of the podcast. Yes, and I'm going to say this is going to be, the meat will be a fine uh, ring bologna, and the cheese will be 
I like cheddar with ring bologna. I was going to say uh, Swiss. I don't know. Swiss doesn't go well with ring bologna. No, you know it does what I'm not. Saying? Uh, you think cheddar probably are just plain old goddamn block American? I can't well even tell you what cheeses are really. I have brie, no idea. you like a brie with what is that? What is that? That cheese is like almost like a, a yellow swirl in white. That is Colby. Cheese. Okay, I think a Colby cheese would go good with a ring bologna. Okay, really, I, I find Colby not much of a taste. I I hate pepper jack cheese. That, I know. that seems to me for some reason you tell me every fucking week how much you hate pepper hate jack cheese. Pepper jack cheese. It just doesn't seem right. It's like Jim, when, when yeah, people give you a horseradish when people get the horseradish cheddar. It just seems I don't mind that, but it just seems like a made up cheese. It doesn't seem right. <laughs> Like, cheese usually gets shit out by the cow, right? You just collect the cheese when the cow shits it out. You it think does, I know how cheese is made? It I don't even know what different it, cheeses are. A cow doesn't shit out horseradish cheddar. you got to make that later. <laughs> I don't know how people make shit. I, I like churning butter. God, if the end That's of the world a, I imagine happens, you churn I butter. Because I don't know anything about real life. Yeah, I often thought about that where they have, like, even if I crashed on a, like, almost like a... Uh, like Castaway. Castaway. And I'm there, and I've got to figure out how to fucking, you know, start a fire. I, I give up easily on uh-huh. things. And I know that, you know, you got a little more of an incentive when you, you can't eat or whatever. I think I just give up. I think I, I might like just walk into the ocean. I like to think that I might be okay with that situation because I always carry a lighter on me. Oh, yeah. But eventually it's going to run out. You, and eventually, actually, yeah. That might and actually, then I die. That might impede your progress there because you'll rely on that lighter. Then again, I, I really don't think I could go out right now. If you told me right now, me and you go out and start a fire with a, you know, a fucking two piece sticks and some leaves, I couldn't do it. I know no. I couldn't. I, I, I was couldn't not do a Boy Scout. I can barely plunge my goddamn toilet. The other day they blocked it up again. I don't, upper body strength. I don't know what. No, I, I'm. I think a fucking elephant took shit in my toilet. It, it was Buddy so, over again with his gorilla shit. So, it was so blocked up. I was so upset. All right, the books, Eric. The books. Uh, yes, if you want to see our full reviews, obviously, as I always say, our flowery verbiage, go to weirdsciencedccomics.com. Boy, that's, that's so weird. weird. That doesn't sound right. And for <laughs> but, some reason, I was waiting for you to fuck it up. No, weirdsciencedccomics.com. I almost said blog <laughs> I like there. <laughs> but, I don't yeah. like it. Let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. Uh, Can we get a refund? I think we could. $12 down the drain. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking keeping the lights on. Uh, they will be. There will be lots of spoilers ahead. Spoiler Definitely. alert! Spoiler alert! I even stopped putting that at the beginning. No more robot at the beginning. No more I just, robot. Uh, I just go right to the fun. Right there. to the fun. Fucking us. Now people could be happy now because now we're actually going to talk some comics, Eric. We spent Definitely. all this time talking football. Fucking Thomas J. He needs <laughs> his glasses, Eric. He needs his glasses. Whew. I have in my notes, I, I have a thing about John Romita Jr.'s art thing. We've already talked about that. So we're going to start off with uh, you um, have the big book. This is one of the first times in a long time you've had the big book of the week. Justice League number 49. Now, before we Jeff go, John, oh. do you think that this is the big book? I, I, I do. I didn't put Batman here because we have a Batman section coming up. I kind of, yeah, I guess this is the big book. Batman, I consider you can Justice make, League, in my mind, trumps Batman. You think? You think, really? The last Capullo Snyder book, you think? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, fuck off. What okay. do you want from me here? Go on with it. This Just... was delayed, though. Could that would would the delay set it back a little on your <laughs> no. on your rating system? Justice League book. Okay, go on. Justice League number forty nine, written by Jeff Johns, art by Jason Fabach, Brad Anderson, and Rob Lee. 
The Dark Side War continues to rage on in this issue as Lex Luthor, with the powers of Dark Side, takes on Mobius. While all of that's going on, we find out that Superwoman's baby that has just been delivered is actually the weapon that the crime syndicate planned on using against Mobius. But all of that means dick because Grail shows up with her powerhouse Steve Trevor, who takes out Mobius in one blow. Her boy toy. Boy toy. Yeah. Yeah. This issue yeah. feels weird with it only being number 49. You think this is the big one? I do! <laughs> you it's know, got Batman in it. I, I think the problem with these variant covers, it always pops up. When you have a big delay and we're looking at all these John Romita Jr. covers and yep. all of a sudden we have a Batman v Superman cover popped up, it really slaps you right in the fucking face that it's been delayed. <laughs> and I started laughing. Every time I laugh, I'm like, oh, Batman v Superman. Jesus, isn't that on video already? Isn't that on the red box? It's not. It's not. it's not. I still haven't seen it, so it's new to me. All right, go on. Tell us what yeah, happens. I'm not, right away, Tell me though, what this, happens. This just feels weird that it's number 49, especially after having that Dark Side War special the other week. Yes. I yes. don't know. Was that supposed to be an issue? It feels like it, right? Yeah, I think it was supposed to. I, I think they, they're just, that was like a milking it. Like, thing. out of nowhere, Jeff Johns realized, I need another issue, guys. I need uh, another issue to it tell is this weird tale. too, because I, I was going to ask you, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know what's causing these delays. Um, I've never known of since we've been doing the site for Jason Fabuck to be a guy who falls behind. Nope. Um, I I don't ever remember really Jeff Johns really falling behind. Uh, I just wonder what's going on. And yeah, I I would guess it's him. Jeff Honestly, it's I, in my mind. It's almost like shooting a movie before you have the script and you're yeah. writing as you go. And like he's he realized halfway through, holy shit, I got another thing I want to do. Well, yes, well, yes, Rebirth and oh, yeah. Re- uh, Rebirth had to have been the thing that delays it. But the problem why, is, why you got to go to have a real point there? I was well, trying to make a joke. Well, <laughs> hey, I'm giving you a point because what's odd to me is that this book goes into Rebirth. So <laughs> really, if you had, it's almost like like you're saying, like I have a movie. I have and the, the sequel third, comes out before uh, the script uh, for the first one. And done? I have the third movie. Like I have Return of the Jedi. It's done. <laughs> but freaking Empire, that's not done yet. And it just seems weird to me. And yeah, I guess the big they're gonna have an issue, I think fifty comes out the day of rebirth. That's next month. I think yeah. isn't that it was fifty, right? It wasn't like fifty one. It's gonna be the finish of this. I believe and so. Then, it's a bunch of bull crap. Um and this issue definitely is pretty much a setup for that. And what it sets up—that not Titans Hunt. That fifty, yeah, I, that too. But that fifty <laughs> is going to be jam packed, baby, because there's a lot of shit that's got to get resolved, right? There's just so much I'm going to have to review, and I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't. We haven't talked about reviewing Rebirth. I had joked around that maybe we do something, and we have like a Eric's thoughts at the end. And we may still do that. I think that's a big enough book that I want to get more opinions. Right. More opinions. we got to talk about that. I don't think You that... don't want to rely on Eric's jerk-off no, thoughts? Well, I Mike? don't know because I really, if well, you're going to do, re- re- do Rebirth and Justice League that day, I don't know. You better take off that day. That's a Wednesday. You're done taking off. Done and done. Done and done. But, yeah, in this one, it's funny because this is a huge book. It's, it's a lot of setup. And, and re- I'm telling you, it's a huge book. Not a lot goes down, well, that's even not, though we have, like, it, it feels like a lot. I, but I when said, you look in at my book, notes, I said, this feels like a big story, but really it's mostly set up for yeah. the big number 50, um, though some really big shit does happen. I mean, Steve Trevor <laughs> killing Mobius 
is humongous. Boom. I'm I, telling you, and we spend the entire issue with Lex Luthor with the powers of Darkseid fighting Mobius. Steve Trevor comes out, oh, this boy ain't yeah, shit, kills him one shot. It's weird, too, because leading into this, we went all gaga on ourselves last issue about the whole, uh, he Jason. wasn't the first one who said yeah. it was Jason and stuff like that. That seems to be now, I'm guessing, it's still going to come to play. Hopefully. What happens with Steve Trevor, though, really seems to negate all that to me. It, it, I expected that he was going to be kind of uh, tainted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or not powerful at all, that it wasn't going to work. Like, he'd go... Well, that's the thing. I even brought this up to you before the show because I've been under the impression that um, Grail gave Steve Trevor the anti-life equation. But with this issue, I don't understand why with Steve, with all this power, would be still working with her to a degree. yeah. Because you, that makes me think that Grail still has it and is affecting yeah. his mind I, through I her bidding. I think that that's what's happening. So I, what does Steve Trevor have? I don't know. That's what, what I'm saying. I don't him, understand. I don't, yes, I don't know because it doesn't make sense because of the whole thing. Like, no, he wasn't the first. And, yeah. you know, the whole thing of being the first one to step, that's who's going to save the world. Just, or destroy you know, that, Or destroy it. And it's not him. But I guess just because of that prophecy doesn't mean that if she gives him, you know, controls him with the anti-life equation that he won't be powerful like that. But it's weird because even at the point where he first shows up with her, he is – you know, uh, conscious enough to say to Diana, like, please help me, save yeah. me, and she she can't. What, what the hell is she going to do? You know, he know, freaking speak, kills Mobius. Speaking of Diana, I found it weird. For some reason, it really struck me as odd in this issue. For the last couple of issues, or maybe even the majority or all of this story arc, Wonder Woman has been our narration. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like it's uh, because she wasn't one of the uh, League members who got affected by this god. Yeah, because like, she was already the goddess. God and of it's war so weird, anyway, though, because she is a, he, she's been a goddess the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And it's so weird that she is singled out now that everybody else is a god. Yeah. For some reason, this just struck me as weird, this no, issue. I, just, I don't know why. My, my whole thing with the narration, I think, just is because of Grail and that tie to the Amazons. Oh, yeah, I you, think that that's the only reason. Uh, but, yeah, even so, like, if they had... No, no, I feel weird if uh, Hal was the narrator. Well, uh, honestly, be- it makes sense to me that Batman would with his the whole knowledge thing going yeah, on with the Mobius I, chair. I, the problem with that, I think that if Jeff Johns did that, you would almost get the idea that he would be afraid that uh, you'd have to say too much. Because Batman is very, you know, he knows all this stuff and well, he's kind of keeping very coy that, with a lot is. of it. And he, well, Jeff Johns is teasing that he's going to like say who the Joker's name oh, is. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, you're already going to say too much in my mind. It, it would be funny. If it ends and it's like the last page and everybody's walking away, like badass walking away. Yeah. And then that's just, ba- hey, guys, uh, the Joker's, uh, you know, Jaguar. It just yells out, out the name. Actually, Joe Chill, the weirdest thing. Yeah. No, actually, Trevor Chill, his twin brother. <laughs> Lincoln March. <laughs> he just yells names. Uh, but, yeah, that, that they claim is going to be the big reveal. Uh, just talking about that, not that that has anything to do with this issue. No, no, Are no, you no. that excited about that? Like, does I'm... that really thrill you? If no, they I say don't a name, I, I don't really, I don't want to know, and I don't really care. I, I think that's stupid. But we'll go, we'll go on with this. There is a part, and the other thing about this issue you're reading is very quick read. Um, we've said it before. He Jeff Johns writes like a blockbuster movie. And like it's, it's uh, it, yeah, it, it is like Michael Bay, but a good Michael Bay. Right? One of my favorite things about the book is that we spend 
time, a lot of time, it seems like, with all of the characters we're dealing with. And it's perfectly paced still. There's never a time where it seems to slow down, even though we keep jumping to other characters. Yeah, you do. There things. are a lot of jumps. There's we even a lot have of Shazam, jumps. and all he's doing is freaking standing there. It looks like, yeah. oh, everybody's safe. Don't worry. Oh, I think good. the only one Shazam. that I got that I, I wanted a little more with was Lex. Uh, with Lex where he's talking. But before that even, you go Jessica Cruz in the ring. Uh, they really go through that pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. You find out that uh, Cyborg is in there as a kind of a, a, con- a hologram. What does he say? He's, it's just he's his a, consciousness. Like a thought form. Yeah, his consciousness is in there, and he's trying to like almost like reverse engineer the ring so that Jessica can be uh, in control, which that, that's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> you have to so. have something happen in the, to lead into well, Green Lantern. For the Lanterns. amount of times that fucking Power Ring says in this issue – once we kill Mobius, we're going to kill all the Justice League, dude. In front of the Justice League, you got to have some kind of yeah, change here. Because it's actually weird. I, I was going to bring that up at the very beginning. Keep your mouth shut, Because it, it does just start. Everybody says it, even Owlman. He's like, yeah, when we're done, we're going to kill you. I'm like, boy, keep quiet. This is not like me and you. This, yeah. this is the Justice League. But, yeah, they, they're pretty, they pretty spell, much spell it out. Mobius dies. We're killing you next. It's going to be fun. We're going to enjoy ourselves. And then you go into the ring, like we said. Cyborg's in there. He's like, I'm in there. It's not really me. It's funny because Jessica's like, you look pretty good. I'm like, boy, she's about to get sexy in that ring. Uh, But, yeah, he's only in there. It's going to be a cuckold situation with everybody else. Everybody else. uh, What do they call it? The the power ring core. Yes. Were they called that before? Because I really like that. Uh, no, that, because yeah, we never knew that. about them before. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's almost that's... like Laura Flea's taking all the people, and yeah. like now he, makes, he kills them, makes constructs of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. And I, but, yeah, that's pretty much spelled out. That's what's going to happen. I know Jeff Johns is a clever fella. He's going to twist and turn it a little, but that seems like what's going to happen. Uh, like I said with um, Lex, actually Lex and this whole issue, Lex uh, intrigues me the most. Because See, as he's going, he slips a little and almost calls himself Dark Side. And yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was awesome. And I also like when he confronts Superman later and says, hey, I always thought you might have been holding back. Now I know you were, and you're, you're a pussy. And <laughs> I, think- I loved it. It was very cool. I had a good time seeing Lex take on Mobius because now he has the power of a god. And he can scratch the whole, I'm going to kill a god thing off my bucket list. Yeah, yeah, he oh, has yeah. the power. yeah. And But the problem I had, this is actually the biggest problem I had with the issue, was the over-the-top dialogue between him and Mobius. It was pretty fighting. bad with Mobius. I just yeah. like the other stuff. I and really like when Lex started going with it, too, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm going through it right now, and boy, it, it does look good. Uh, but really, if you even said it, really, the whole thing is the uh, baby's born. Yep. Uh, and then we got to have this new mystery now. We're fucking this far along. Who's the baby's yeah, daddy and yeah. why can this baby be used as a weapon? And we had somebody, I wish I could remember who it was right now, on the site who says, well, he believes it's obvious to him that it's Mazaz was the father, the, the Lex okay. Luthor of that world who became the reverse Shazam. Okay. I don't know. I actually would I don't wait. know. I, can't. I, I don't even know if it makes sense for some crazy reason. I think it's Dark Side. I think Dark Side's Dark, the father? I think Dark Side's the father. That's why it can fight freaking Mobius. I just got that idea, and like I said, it may not make any sense. I don't know how it happened. I honestly don't have any good ideas. I just, that's what think. I thought. I'm like, oh, the way they're really pushing it, it just seems like Dark Side would be the father. I don't know how or what, and that kind of ties in with Grail and all that stuff, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We're going to find out. I don't know. If it was Mazaz, even like that— 
what else would be like a big, re- like really big reveal? Like, oh, oh my god! At this point, you can't just say, "Oh, it's Ultraman." No, yeah, that's not a well, reveal. That's what that's... I mean. That uh, that's not big enough. I... And exactly, and Ultraman, even though he is, you know, the Superman of that world, he's not strong enough to fucking have an offspring that could be oh, used as a listen, weapon. I think that it's Dark Side. Dark I really Side. Do. Dark Side. See, I actually hate that point. idea just because. Um, but that's like a big thing. It is. A you big know what thing. I mean. And I don't know. I I just been so put off because this is a dip. Like we have a uh, big Barda yeah. and Mister Miracle in this issue, and it still bothers me that these aren't the same characters from like Earth Two that we still saw get World mad 10. about that, don't you? And you... I do because these were spelled out when the New Fifty Two started that there's one world, one Dark Side, one like High Father, and they can go to the different multiverse, which works for your theory. But yeah. now, like, they had this whole Avatar bit where the, there's an Avatar in every universe. Yeah, it's not yeah. exactly that. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I, I don't need that. Uh, and, yeah, in, in this with Mr. Miracle and Barda, the, Barda gets the idea, hey, we can go back now and, and rule, you know, we can save people on, on Apocalypse. Shit's, we're gonna, you know. We're going to raid the slave camps for everybody. It would be the uh, biggest thing we've ever done. Like, she goes. The only thing, I maybe it's because I don't know a lot about Mr. Miracle. I didn't read... Uh, a lot of Earth 2 or whatnot. And you're not missing anything from this. Well, it's a different character. This whole again. light ray stuff and Mantis. Yeah. And and I, he's just throwing shit yeah, out I was there. like, what is going on? This I is don't, for the who, fanboys. Who the fuck is Light Ray? I don't, even, ray. Li- I don't even like that name, Light Ray. And Mantis. A, Mantis, a, I saw a, that show. I did not like Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good show, Mantis. I'm saying DC did put out a Light Ray book for a minute okay. yeah. uh, years ago, but I don't think it's sold. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm like, he's throwing the fucking discs of Tron. Yeah. And he's yelling about Light Ray. <laughs> That's all I thought. But it, it was cool. I really do like Mr. Miracle. I love him in this book. I love the oh, artwork. Oh, yeah, Jason, Jason Bob Bar- draws yeah, awesome. I think he does an awesome job. Uh, but, yeah, then Barda just basically booms off the apocalypse. And it's right? the worst. She fucks Mr. Yeah, Miracle. Yeah, she did. Because, like, she's, she's adamant that she wants to go back to Apocalypse. Yep. Lex is here. He's the heir of Darkseid. He has all the parademons here. We can go back and we can finally make a difference on our home world. And Mr. Miracle's like, look. We're helping the Justice League. We help them here. They'll help us. Yeah. And, and like, look, I love you. Please be with me. She's like, I love you too, Scott. And then boom, tubes yeah, out really. of there. It's like every date, every date I ever had. Exactly. Like, lies back to me and leaves. Never, never call, Sarah. They never call. <laughs> they never uh, take your calls. What, what, would you, what would you think if like this baby is Darkseid's baby? And Is that a way you think that that can get the power away from Lex? No, I don't. Because something has to get it away, right? I would think yeah. I, th- something Batman. has to get all the, all the power from these people away. Yeah. We have even in the Flash. Flash doesn't you, have a lot to do in this. He's got this black racer thing going. And yep. He keeps talking about death like he's jerking off. I swear to Christ, the whole issue. It's like, <clears throat> you guys, it's death's funny. coming. At you one point, I think they said the Grail Flash. Says, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, death's they coming. Said, guys, they said the Flash. Run. Flash is death coming. And he said, I don't know, but his eyes are getting pretty glassy. <laughs> that's what they said. I, and that's all he, <laughs> he just keeps talking. I think the point is. Nobody's listening. They don't want to hear. Well, honestly, everybody for the most part, except for Superman comes in at one point to try to do something. And he, we, we're dealing with the solar flare again in Superman Wonder Woman. And I hate the solar flare. And he uses his freaking new like fire pit solar energy he has. And almost, I would say he does an apocalypse solar flare in this issue to get rid of it. Because as we saw in this yeah, final day, Superman, like it's destroying him. He needs to get this out and does it. Does nothing, man. I'm like, now you're useless, Superman. Good. Because Batman's over there. He's just hanging on the chair. He's not doing anything. No, he's Flash just hanging. It's like he's me. Not doing he's, anything. he's got his patron account. He's just going to sit on his ass. Yeah. He's just going to sit there. 
He knows Nobody everything. Nobody is doing anything in this book except yeah, for Lex. True. Like uh, Grid's there. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, Lex, Lex is going to it. Hal makes like a one-panel appearance. Yeah. He says, He's hiding the Batman. what is it now? He just yells. And honestly, I'll go with that because the Green Lantern Corps is taking care of the shadow demons that Mobius has. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's off doing that with them. I'm okay with that, but there's nobody except for Lex really taking care of business here. No, and there's. Su- but it's still a great issue. Superwoman has the baby. It's time to play, she says, and the baby doesn't let. Of course, that's the other thing. The baby's eyes are closed. It's crying. Yeah. I'm assuming that once those eyes open, they're going to be glowing be red. red and crazy shit. It's going to be like fucking Damien, and I mean Damien the Omen. The Damien. Omen, yes. It's going to be something. I don't think his eyes were ever red. No, they weren't. That that movie scared the shit out of me, though, really. And, and it, still it's so weird, good. though. I never really watched it. It's just the idea of it. Any idea <laughs> to me, like a satanic kid, always drives me nuts. But, yeah, uh, the baby's born. And that's the other thing. The baby's born, um, and then shit starts pinging that hurts Batman. Yeah. You know, what could do that? No idea. Yeah. Some big reveal that we'll have to yeah. get next issue. And then there's, uh, there's Steve Trevor. Shows up, kills Mobius, no problem. Yeah. And we end. Yep. Yeah, boy, and that that panel of him just destroying Mobius is fucking awesome. It's so good. It is everything really in this good. book looks amazing. I love Jason Fabok. Yeah. I'm telling you, like I wish Ethan Van Skyver would do every Green Lantern book. Jason Fabok should do pretty much any Batman book. I think in my mind, yeah, it'd be great. And yeah, that's basically it ends that way. There's John Stewart. I didn't even know he was there. There he yeah, is. Yeah, all Green Lantern Corps there. Yeah, they're there. Out. It's just at points it just seems very narrow in the scope, and then it kind of you know, expands. And and that's the thing. It's weird because all of this is taking place on a single street in Gotham and people are just all over the place. So just doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, Cause that's, uh, everybody's joined in though. Then that Mr. Miracle is showing up. They're all there. So, and he, even him, when he's talking about, he's just off on the side watching the fight. Yeah, I know. Why's nobody doing anything? Come on. Help Lex. Mobius died. And then it's, uh, I'm looking at it. Yeah. The next thing that Grell says that, uh, Steve Trevor is going to attack, uh, Wonder Woman. And we'll see. It says to be concluded. I liked it. I think I liked it a little less than you, only because it is it's it's set up. There, not much happens, like you said. I I don't. What did you give it? Nine out of ten. I give it an eight five. It's not that I'm that much lower. It's just that not a lot happens, and it is a it's it's a lot of like shock and awe. And and it worked on me. It was good. It was good. Eight five is not you know me saying it's horrible. But yeah, that was uh, that was that. But the next book, I didn't like as much. Superman, Wonder Woman, number twenty-eight, written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Ed Bennis, Alex Sinclair, and Rob Lee. The final part four of the final yeah, days of the Superman. final days of Superman, or as I like to say, the last days of Superman, continues <laughs> the story and the trend of me not liking each issue a little less. I don't even know what I wrote. The final days of Superman continues the story and the trend of me. Liking each issue less than the last. That's what I meant to say. Not a whole lot happens in this issue, and what does kind of piss me off. We get Wonder Woman forgetting how much of a dick Superman was and has been, and then me remembering the solar flare in Ulysses. It was all window dressing, however, as the only real development is the parolee Superman escaping Argus. Everything, including the art, to me was a letdown this week. Ooh, yeah. And it starts off, it goes right from the last issue of uh, Action Comics. Superman, you have some explaining to do. Explaining to do. Diana's at the front door. She's like, "What the hell? You know, when were you going to tell me?" It's so great. Last last week on the podcast, I said Batman. He freaking sold Clark out. <laughs> He's making his move, and uh, you you laugh. 
he prepares for everything. I've been told that's that many the, a time. You, exactly. I even said to you when we were like before not, the podcast. That's not Batman. Like, super, Batman told her. He, I told me. I he thought you already did. I'm like nope. world's greatest detective. My ass. It says, yeah. He assumed we already spoke about it. No, he knows. He knows. He is trying to get when in would there. He, when would he knows? He is trying to get <laughs> Diana. And really, the way Superman treated her, this whole truth story. Batman should be a shoe-in. He should be there. Yeah, I don't blame him. I feel, th- I'm Batman. I am Batman. I, he, I'm the nice guy who just sits there, and the girl, I, I'm telling <laughs> Diana, when they talked, was she went to the Batcave to bitch and moan about how much of a dick Superman was, and Batman was a nice guy, like, yeah, you know what? You deserve better, Diana. <laughs> you know what? You know, you deserve a good guy. I, I'm a pretty good guy. She doesn't you care. Know, my, She's still also, my back. parents were killed. Yeah, really. Man, same with Superman New 52, so he's got that as well. But uh, it shows up. Now, last issue of, of Action was all, it was all based on Superman finding Kara, saving her from the <laughs> DEO, and bringing her to the Fortress of Solitude to say, listen, this is yours now. Everything here is yours. I'm giving you the real key. This fake key I gave you before was because I, I didn't really trust, trust you. Before, yeah. You're here, Crypto. He's around the corner. You're going to have to feed him. Uh, the world is going to depend on you. You're ready for this. Don't give me this bullshit that you're a you know a young girl. No, you're ready. You have responsibility. I, I have this now. huge weird construct in me that'll talk to you whenever you <laughs> need to. That's it's your life now. This is you. No, this issue. Wonder Woman starts getting a little sexy. It seems with Superman, they start getting a little closer. They're, huh. they're going to hug each other, touch. Kara's just like. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get out of here. Whenever you need to reach me, Cal. And she says it twice because he's not listening. <laughs> he's not listening. She, and that's the joke. Your legacy, this isn't, Clark. This isn't us joking. That's the joke of the thing is he's so involved now with Diana. This is He could not find her what he claimed weeks, which we said was bullshit. She was gone for the whole truth and Dark Side War. He just found her. He destroyed the DEO. Play, not the whole facility, but at least where she was. That lab they're working in is fucked. That lab is destroyed. She just leaves now. Hey, call me if you need me. No. He wouldn't. He'd be like, listen, the Fortress of Solitude's a big place. Listen, go down to the wing. Me and Wonder Woman are going to go here. It's look, so I got a zoo odd. here somewhere. It felt look so at that odd to me that you spent that much of an issue to stress that he had to find Kara. And now she just goes at. And now we're done. If you we, need we reintroduce Kara into the timeline. Me. People now, know she's there. Yeah, that's all so it we was. Well, no that's more. what this gets me. That's why this whole uh, final days of Superman is starting to get to me because it all seems to be the next piece of the puzzle that they need to collect to yeah. get the rebirth. And that's all it seems. And in the meantime, I mentioned earlier, it seems like we want to whitewash everything that happened with the truth, which the whole Supergirl thing, we yelled the whole time. Where is Supergirl? Yeah. Where is Supergirl? Oh, you explain. She didn't, she didn't want to hang out. What was it? She had like a phrase. The heat was on or something. The heat is yeah. on. She said uh, she didn't want to make it conspicuous. I forget. But yeah, she didn't help. And they tried to chat. So and then, stupid. Honestly, she flies away here. And I'm thinking, did the DEO actually get your powers yeah, back? Yeah, because yeah, all this time. We never really saw that. No. What were you doing in that well, machine I mean, last issue? He did. He did take her, remember, and then when he passed out, she was obviously flying then, which we should have called it out then as well. We really should have. That we're like, yeah, why were, what were you doing? What was she doing in that thing? Was she, could, could Clark have gone to the DO so and gotten his powers yeah. back and instead of going through all this it, fucking yeah, shit? Yeah, really. Why not go right now? Is it that uh, 
they were doing a final checkup on her. She was all good to go. I, her powers are back, though. Saying, she's gone. Call me. Reach me. When you need me, reach me. Where? Where is she going? To me, I'm she's going back to the DO. Before and you weren't answering. She's going back to the DO, Eric. And, and they're, my mind too. they are pissed. I think Superman right now should say, listen, Diana, you go keep the bed warm. I got to go and clean up. I really did destroy a place. <laughs> I, I, that I obviously go was helping my cousin. Fix some burnt bridges yeah, I here. I better do something here because I don't know that if I was the DEO and I'm a, a resentful and a, I can hold a grudge, Supergirl yeah. shows up and I'm like, no, no, no. We <laughs> were helping you, you bitch. And your cousin came and destroyed fuck everything. you and fuck you your family. You didn't stop him. You've been gone now. Where were you? We just got done cleaning up. Uh, it just, it really... And the best part is, she's probably been gone about 20 yeah, minutes. It's, it's not that long, but that, that <laughs> whole thing, Batman, I need you. you we have to find Kara. Oh, that fine. Hey, uh, uh, call me if you need me. <laughs> so, I'm out. Oh, it got me so mad. So then you go on and I get even more mad. You like this part. I do. Um, Superman. Just because I'm in a toxic relationship well, and I can do the same thing but Superman it's, does. It's not because, well, actually, you know what? My girlfriend's in a toxic relationship. Well, yes. I'm the toxic in aspect. In the whole time of the truth, to me, Diana was very strong in this relationship. Oh, yes. She was treated like shit. She said, listen, I know, you know, I still love you. He's like, no. He told her there was probably like seven times where he's like, no, no. I, I don't like you anymore. And, nope. and oh God, we made jokes. We, done, we made jokes the on bricks. the podcast. It's, you know that's why you don't date somebody that you work with because she kept helping, <laughs> but she kept helping him as a friend and as Last a time colleague. I, did that, I didn't go to work for like a week, yeah. and that's how I yeah. broke up well, with her. Well, she still helped him, but he w- remained a jerk at points. One point, remember they were just there, and he freaking teleported to the watchtower, and they, they couldn't leave. He, I'm going to kill it. myself now. Yeah, and then he was going to kill oh, himself. Oh, that's a different all, part. Yeah, all yeah. that. It all led to him just being a jerk. Uh, remember at the one point they're laying in bed, Diana's sleeping, and he's just looking at the news, so pissed <laughs> off because of war. And she, you didn't tell me you were the goddess of war. You, what, are you, what are you? you what are you going to? You're going to drive the car now? What are you going to make me do the dishes? Oh my god! Remember we thought that it was like he was pissed because she made more money than she him. She made more money. It was so bad. Now it just it takes two seconds. Hey, uh, and here's the great line: "This is this." What? What? This is this? This whole issue just drives me nuts. <laughs> the best. I actually like this part just because I really like Superman and Wonder Woman together, yeah. and I want them to mend things, even though if it's not going to last too long, yeah, it's, Superman it's only, actually dies. This is only so that they're together friendly a little more than friends when he does die i think what would you prefer really this where they actually make up they're back together again and things are good so when she goes out to do the eulogy it actually has some meaning or to be left on bad terms batman's doing the eulogy he he loves batman more he was such a good guy he loved me so much no he didn't no this is all that happens to me what should have happened she shows up says hey why didn't you tell me what was going on now it's also and he he's a liar oh it was because it was the heart no he just didn't tell her and it, it led from the truth and it made sense to me he's been a dick to her i would have liked to him to say listen i treated you like shit all this time and i really i didn't know what to say because i just i treated you like crap so you know you found out i'm sorry you are very important to me i still want to be friends you showed me how a hero really can be you know, Can bullshit we like this. With yeah, no, not even, not even that. Just, oh, I, really I, I really that. do Look wish. I really do shot. wish they would have just ended. And she's like, you know what? I was so mad at you for this time, but now that I know that you're dying, I realize that you know you are more to me than that. Whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's ridiculous that she kisses him and they start making out. Is it makes me get so angry I because like I think that well, you like it because you're thinking of Superman making out. It is so bad if you like Wonder Woman because she is now a shill and she has no backbone and the she heart is wants just what the there. Heart wants, no, man. she's just there to you know whatever Superman wants, she'll give him. That's all it ends up being. There's that no, awesome. there is no reason for this to happen. She, she was treated like she, she should say, no, no, no. Yeah, you made it quite clear that whole time. What it seems to me is that Peter J. Tomasi is trying to hint to us that Superman, when all that happened, wasn't really himself. That it wasn't, uh, you know, him in control. They yeah. don't spell it out, but I, that's how it seems to be. That's not the case. He was a dick. There was a time with the black mass and stuff like that where he was out of his mind a little. Most of the time, he was just a jerk. He was more upset that he wasn't the strongest person on the, the, the Justice League. That's yeah. all it was. And to the point where Lex knew that and fucking fucked with him about it. It was the <laughs> best part. That. that was probably the best part of the truth. But yeah, it's just so stupid. This, this scene also made me think, though, because we have this really great, great close-up of Wonder Woman's ass as they're making yeah. out. And I sat there and I looked at it for a while because I'm a creep like that. Yeah. I thought to myself, though, what happened to Wonder Woman's new costume yeah, that she the got? The costume seems to be gone. They really just threw that away uh, real What quick. happened was she was afraid every time she started kissing like this, those blades would come out and stab people. <laughs> I don't know. My blade's about to come out and stab yeah, someone. Yeah, really, you like that, don't you? I, just, I wonder because, uh, as you know, throughout the whole time of Superman Wonder Woman, I've been a big supporter of the book. Uh, I get a lot of crap about it. I get a oh, crap yeah. from uh, Lois, Lois, and Lois, Lois Lovers and stuff like that. And uh, I just wonder what they think of this because, I, you know, that whole truth happened. And, again, maybe they're not that upset anymore because they have Lois and Clark. And that gives them, you Absolutely know, not. They're still upset. No, actually, Clois Lover or whatever, you know, that one Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Actually uh, messaged me about me supporting Lois and Clark because I love that book. It's good and, yeah, she seems to be very big on that one. So I think that that is a kind of a buffer with them. But, yeah, I, I think this is awful. I would like to hear from other people who, you know, are as mad as me about what Wonder Woman oh, does. Oh, Jesus just Christ. Stupid, you just want to have some backup just here. stupid. But, yeah, then they go up. They get a call as they're making out. They get interrupted. Uh, Steve. <laughs> Isn't that always Steve the way? Steve Trevor, uh, you know, calls from Argus. Hey, we got this uh, developing situation. Get over to Argus at the same time. Uh, Jimmy and Lois call Clark, and I said, I don't know why this threw me up. But hey, Clark, it's Lois and Jimmy. Someone with the powers is claiming to be Superman. Man, it's so ridiculous. But they go. Hey, this is what happened last issue when you weren't around. Check yeah, this out. It just gets. It sends them both to Argus, and it's funny because I laugh. So it, it's hard. funny because there really is no reason for Superman to show up there. No. Uh, and it's such a forced way to get them there that Lois and Jimmy call. But, yeah, show up. Steve Trevor. Poor Steve Trevor. And this- yeah, that's the best part to me because here it is. For all this time, Lois and Clark uh, – Lois. Wonder Woman and uh, Superman have been broken up. Oh, yeah. Steve, Steve really calls. thinks – Steve thinks and, he's like hey, Batman. He hey, Diana, we need you to come over here. And then she brings her ex. Oh, we're back together now. I'm like, ah, Steve, you can never catch a break. But they get there. Steve's a nice guy, though. He's like, hey, it looks like you have some residual effects from the kryptonite room. I'm like, really, man? Why do they keep throwing this green eye shit? That wasn't the eyes. That you said this earlier. That was you have to look at the panel. No, no, I just figured it was like they're going with that. He's got green shit on his neck. Oh my god, you're right. I'm looking at it now. I didn't even notice that before. And it's so weirdly drawn. It must be that that's supposed to be veins. Uh, the I just weird, thought that was no, weird shade. The weird thing about the whole issue is if you go through this issue and look, 
He has green eyes like 10% of the time. There are yep. times where he has green eyes, and it's so odd that they have to keep But again, that, it's such a weird reminder. Oh, you still have kryptonite. Oh, there's your neck. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, He's like, hey, I'll, let, I'll help you. I, I think read he, the last three issues, went, man. Calm down. He, yeah. It's weird, this issue. But, yeah, they go, and there's the parolee Superman. I said in my review, I was really having problems. I need to know what to call him, and I think I came up with it because as they're going down to see him, Wonder Woman, you said, she gets so much fucking exercise jumping to conclusions, but they go with it. She's like, hey, those energized sections of his body look exactly... And then Superman finishes, because, you know, they're lovers, like my solar flare. Now, I want to ask you, number one, which parts of his body don't look energized? His whole fucking body looks energized. I don't. How are they jumping to this thing with solar flare? It is so I have no forced. idea, because it's just a solar flare anyway. Like, hey, you know what? It looks like light. Yeah, that's like me saying to you, you know what your hair looks like? A tidal wave. It makes no sense. It's just to point that that's it's kind of fluid. Yeah, but uh, you're—that's <laughs> what we're saying, though, right? The solar flare, his goddamn solar flare, he did is what's causing this. What was that solar? And he did get hit by what looked like a like a meteorite. Was this solar flare energy Honestly, just jumping I, around? This I don't is know. so what long ago. I remember ago. it looking like was maybe like a lightning strike. Honestly, it looked to me. Why am I getting so the, angry? You know, you watched Terminator. Do you know when the yeah. Terminator came back in time, yeah. how it started like shooting electricity out yeah. and then the ball came? I know what you're saying. This seems like a yellow lightning like that. And then it hit his truck. He ran into it with his truck. Okay. And then he was Superman. So is it that? That's what I remember. That, I didn't remember a maybe meteorite. Maybe we're jumping. We're jumping to conclusions that we're saying that they're claiming that that's what caused this. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's the energy. Come on. I don't know. Is I there, can't tell you, I man. I really. Solar flare. Really. Every time it brings really, up. Really. Really wanted the solar flare to be done. And at one point it was called super flare. Uh, what super is, flare. Yeah, solar flare. Uh, whatever. Superman just keeps changing. The super solar over. flare. So then like. Yeah, remember that solar flare? That's when I fought Ulysses. I'm, here you we go. Fucker. Ulysses. I got so really? angry at this what, issue. What, are you, what is Jeff Johns getting a nickel because Ulysses is in this book? Uh, there's no reason to have him, and it, it points to, again, why. If he was upset about the solar flare, wants to know about Ulysses. Oh, the solar flare. Maybe it, uh, Why didn't he go and talk to him during the truth, the beginning of the truth? Because when that happened, we thought that the solar flare was definitely what caused the depowerment. Yeah. It was wasn't so much the fucking farmers, and the, you know they're sucking energy. It was gonna. It was a solar flare, Shouldn't and suck. Yeah, and you said it's funny when you're reading this because they're like, "Oh, the solar flare." Superman tells a story as if that was the only time he used it. Oh yeah, I when I fought Ulysses, yeah, that's when I used the solar flare that one time. Yeah, and it, I'm to like, me, keep going, Superman, no, keep going. It, it to every me, fucking issue of every. He's title. an alcoholic. Uh, with the solar flare, and he's like, "Yeah, I only have one, uh, you know, one drink a day." <laughs> he, he's a liar. He used that solar flare so much. Memory at one point, he just wanted to taste a fucking hot dog, and he yep. shoot off Boom. the solar flare. And then he's doing it. Then they did it in the fucking watchtower to try to do it. Man. He is. He's a junkie. He and he can't admit it. He he. That's the first step to recovery, Superman. Ad, admit it. Just tell us that admit one time it. you did it. Get the fuck out of here. So. And it's, are you interested in this uh, Paroli Superman that now I'm calling Solar Superman? I'm He's, way more interested in him than Ulysses. Ulysses is done because they're they're there and there's I the 
thing. I hated that arc. When when this started, so did I. When this started, this issue, and then they said, "Hey, like we weren't aware that uh, Solar Superman was in Argus. Like that was not how it ended last issue. He was no. just going. He got he, he got, got tased by Lois. And it's it's weird because the, you didn't need them to, to be at Argus because basically he just breaks out. Is the thing that they want you to see is that he's become more and more Superman. He has his memories as well because he even spells out diana well, like, you we were, love we were, me you... we were arguing last week about what it meant when he was going back and forth with the jekyll and hyde yeah. and it seems that this like you were like we we're almost both right where the freaking superman identity is taking it over is the taking guy over but it seems to me like it's taking over but his awfulness is giving him an edge yeah it's right? weird i don't know they even say at one point and it's it's weird too because there's there's weird parts in this i guess it was because of the art or the art where um they have weird things where they even say, "Oh, we should have stayed in the shadows." I, I'm like, like really? Some of these, I don't even get what you know what was going on. Uh, like I saw you; you weren't really in the no, shadows. That, you were five feet weird. away from him, but now yeah, you're three feet. He thinks that Superman's an imposter, but he also has that whole thing with, um, like Diana, you love me. I thought you loved me, and to me, this would have been a perfect thing where if they didn't just kiss again. This would show you that, whoa, maybe these uh, ideas he has almost like happens in Cyborg later with uh, right. Cyborg's mom. With Boy, these memories he has are a little dated when it happened and this and that. It doesn't make much sense now. Uh, but, yeah, he's pissed. He wants to get out. He thinks he's Superman, but he's not. He's a Superman with an edge. Yeah. And that's all I got. Uh, Superman you get, with a psychotic yeah, edge. Did you get anything else from it? No. no. I just kept yelling, you betrayed yeah. me. Why don't you yeah. love me? Yeah. Whore. That yeah. was weird. I'm like, dude, yeah. wow. Ooh, this went dark. But yeah, then Superman <laughs> goes and, and talks to Ulysses, and Ulysses is being controlled. They should give the guy a shirt, though he does have a six-pack. But yeah, he's being controlled. He did have a shirt. He threw it away. Yeah. Super- you don't work this hard on no. this and fuck Super- well, Superman up. shows up, and hey, I, I was hoping we could talk, and it's so it really is stupid to me. <laughs> hey, Ulysses, remember when I did that solar flare that one time? Yeah, remember that oh, solar flare? Did it affect you? And he said, fuck yeah, it affected me, <laughs> But we never get an answer about how it affected him. No, he never says it. And he asks, "Does it affect your physi? Did it affect your physiology?" Yes, I'd say it did. Why didn't he ask him that? What they claim months, weeks, whatever. Why didn't he? Well, that's funny because we found out that it was weeks since Superman saw Supergirl last time. But yeah, but and the last issue here, Wonder Woman says, "I know we've had a rough patch for the past few months." I'm I'm thinking the rough path patch is (laughs) you're saying it, but yeah. Uh, the way she's saying it, it went before. We didn't know. There was some behind-the-scenes trouble. Uh, Superman didn't take out the garbage. Maybe it was actually when she said, I'm the god of war. Maybe that's what she's talking that about. that was during truth. That no, was it was during, before truth, no, I would think. No, that was during truth. That happened was during it? truth because he was mad that, oh, god damn it, I'm, I'm depowered and you're the fucking goddess of war. God <laughs> damn it. Like, nothing went good with him at that point. And I want to point out at that point when he asked Ulysses about the physiology, now his eyes are purple. I don't know what's going on with these eyes. He's got some weird shit going on. Uh, He's dying. Yeah, but the whole thing leads to Superman, solar Superman, Breaking out of his containment cell, even though which we were told could never be Steve broken. Steve Trevor just keeps saying he he's got a lot of uh, 
He thinks Argus is on their game. They're not. Honestly, I think Steve built it. He wants to like, you know, yeah. look, there's no way this could yeah, ever happen. Like, Boy, come on. You know, Superman's a jerk. I, I, Have pride in your work, Steve. Yes. Damn pride, right. Yeah, really. Get the job done right, Steve. But yeah, they, uh, <laughs> Superman, solar Superman breaks out. In the meantime, that sets the goddamn uh, fucking power, grid, power off. grid off. That gets Ulysses out to make uh, both Superman. I'm telling you, this is driving me nuts. The solar Superman fight Wonder Woman while Ulysses fights Superman. Ulysses realizes, hey, you're not as strong as you were when we last fought. Uh, The solar Superman escapes, goes off. There he goes. He's in one of those tubes that we hate. Uh, Goes up and then Ulysses. Everywhere in this world. Yeah, Ulysses just laughs and says, boy. This Superman's going to die anyway. <laughs> I don't even need to kill and you. <laughs> here, what happened if this would have been, say, I'm uh, Peter Jaguar Tomasi, and in this issue, Wonder Woman shows up and says, hey, Batman told me. Batman, I was lying to him. I, or not even that. Nobody told her. They go to Argus. They, she comes and says, hey, you, ha- you haven't been around. What's going on? And he's like, oh, and then they get called to Argus. They didn't get to talk. She doesn't know. And then at the end... They're fighting. One woman busts in, and Ulysses is like, no, I'm not killing him because he's already dead. Wouldn't that have been a better way for Wonder Woman <laughs> to show up? Like, that would have been a, a cliffhanger. The cliffhanger yeah. is telling us what we know. There's no shock. No. You know? Why didn't they have that? And Superman looks like he's like 10 there. But yeah, <laughs> He I looks wish, like a thin-ass Asian yeah, dude. Yeah, I wish that that would have been like where Wonder Woman didn't know all this time. She thought something was wrong. Nobody's telling her. Uh, Batman would have had some fucking, you know, <laughs> whatever, would have known, hey, maybe it's Clark's, you know, he should be telling her. Um, but, yeah, and at the end, that's the reveal there. Uh, it's just a weird cliffhanger that made no You know, the no weirdest part to me. to me is that this is continued in Batman Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the Superman book? Uh, you know, shit gets tossed around. I don't know. But, yeah, that's how it's going to be. We're going to continue next week in Batman Superman. Uh, and I don't know that for a fact that next week is part of the final days of Superman. What do you think of that? The That's way, weird. The way the press release seemed was these first four would be collected in a trade that were the right. final days of Superman, and the next one, Super League. So we'll see. I don't know. They keep changing names. But, yeah, the, the reveal is that Superman's dying, Eric. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, I, I just I did not like this issue. I really didn't. I thought that a lot of the stuff, nothing really happens, uh, no, mainly. But very, a lot of the stuff really irritated me. And that's the reason why I like all the stuff with Superman and Wonder Woman because at least there's some emotion of something there. there the rest is. is just, um, I, I just, just thought, I just to me, it happen. was like, uh, let's get rid of that truth business of you guys hating each other. And really, Super- Wonder Woman always was nice and always tried to help. Oh, Superman yeah. was the jerk. Uh, and honestly, and, if they want to whitewash it, fair enough. I hated that yeah, shit. Let's well, get rid of it's it. funny because at the very end of the truth was when they really started doing the uh, the press, the uh, PR move of Lois. Remember, it was like oh, yeah, that definitely. one issue when uh, she showed up with uh, Metallo was definitely like, there's Lois. She's here to help me. He says it she like seven times. She still cares. Yeah. And now they got that out of the way. Now it's Wonder Woman. Maybe I was wrong I do want to mention, her all I, this time. I didn't mention, and Manship will be mad, that, that his big thing was they did say Steve Trevor's going in the like, Ulysses. Yeah, he's downstairs. And then Superman's like, I'm going to go upstairs to see Ulysses. <laughs> so like, you are dummy. You're a dummy. I'm sorry about off the podcast like, Maybe this is where we're going to have Superman live on because this isn't actually Superman. It's Bizarro, it's bizarro. and down is up to him. That's right. But, yeah, we're going to stop at this point and head off to your segment, Eric. Shut up. My shows are on. 
I love how Shows you said, give me wrong. that. Give me that one. Give me a, a full out blow, full blown deal. Give it to Shut me. Shut up. My shows. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you say that all the time? Yes. Hmm, I don't listen to your segment. I just plop it in. I adjust the levels. No, actually, I usually listen to uh, most of it. Uh, the problem with that is I don't Make watch. Make sure I didn't fuck up. I, no, I don't watch any of the shows, so half the things you're talking about, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, which shows were on this week? Flash, Arrow, and DC's Ooh, Legends so it's, Mark, a, it's a full run. Full, it's a full show for you. It's a full shut up. My shows are on. All <laughs> right. And then we're going to be back with what I like to call the Batman part of the podcast. You got to smoke. The United States is a no-smoking nation. No smoking, no drinking, no drugs, no women. Unless, of course, you're married. No guns, no foul language, no red meat. Land of the free. Shut up. My shows are on. Oh, yeah, we got ourselves a full week of the Arrow, Berlante verse, whatever you want to call it going on. That means the Flash, Arrow, DC's Legend tomorrow. Man, it was a good time to be a TV watcher. Well, well, our shows were on. I don't know if it was a good time to be a TV watcher from what we got, but, you know, let's check it out. First up, we've got the Flash, season two, episode 19, Back to Normal. Caitlin, now who else? Everybody's gonna realize sooner or later that I don't have my speed. I'm just a regular guy. The suit will only absorb one of Gray's punches. Anything more than that, you'll be like a pinata. Please. The Flash, only next Tuesday at 8, 7 central on The CW. In this episode of The Flash, we see what The Flash would be like without his powers. And it was boring as shit. Telling you, when you got the Flash going on, all you want is that character to be fast and doing shit at top speeds. And when that's taken away from us, we get boring ass Barry Allen being all mopey and it's fucking bullshit, really. In this episode, we get Professor Wells kidnapped by a metahuman because he thinks that this Wells is the Wells of this Earth. And he wants him to take his powers away because this kid, Griffin Gray, he really got the short end of the stick when it comes to powers because he's super strong. But for some reason, when he uses his powers, he gradually becomes older. Not even gradually. He fucking becomes older like in a split second. He just changes. And he's going to die soon. The fucked up power. I don't know what the benefit is there. But he wants Wells to change him back. And he kidnaps him. But Wells can't change him back. He doesn't have that power. And I spent I spent this whole episode wondering to myself, why can't you uh, reverse this, Wells? Because we just spent all this time where we found out where you could take the Flash's speed away. And eventually... All his speed was taken away, and like this episode says, back to normal. So if you take Barry's powers away, I, want, I don't know if you want to say it's because of the speed force, something else he's tapped into. Pretty much so, he's a metahuman. You were able to take his powers away. There's no reason to think that you can't take other people's powers away. We could solve this whole situation. We, we've seen already. We took one away, take them all. Whatever. But Flash has to get back into action. He's slow as shit. And it's just not an interesting episode. We see Caitlyn uh, Snow freaking talk to her Killer Frost self in Earth 2. And Killer Frost ends up getting killed because she wanted to be a bitch and kill her doppelganger. And Zoom came in like, no, it's my honey baby over here. You ain't touching her. That was actually the most interesting part of the show. But besides that, I was really, really bored. And I do not like to say that about The Flash. It's one of my favorite television shows. But this did not hit the mark I wanted to. Hopefully... The arrow hit the mark because, you know, he's a fucking marksman and whatnot. Makes sense, huh? Let's find out. Next up, we've got The Arrow, Season 4, Episode 19, Canary Cry. Laurel's gone. 
wish you were here. She'd tell you that you cannot forget who you are. And we can never become that. Now I've seen online a lot of people ragging on this episode because it's full of a bunch of sad sacks moping around, and that does happen, and I can see where they're coming from there, but I did find myself throughout this episode actually feeling something, you know, a bit of emotion, I'm telling you. I like to read comic books, it makes me feel like something that I didn't have before. I'm happy as hell, and same with my television. I found myself almost starting to tear up a little bit when we had fucking Oliver talking about Laurel. We had some flashbacks. It was nice. And I think I'm in the minority here where I actually wish Laurel Lance didn't die. I like her as the Black Canary. Yeah, I was talking to Reggie about this last week when she died. And, like, he doesn't believe that there was any character development for a long time. Now, she became an alcoholic. She became the Black Canary. And now she's kind of stagnant. So the next thing is kill her. Why not? It makes sense. But I fucking hate Thea Queen, and I wish, I wish so goddamn much that Thea Queen would have died, because I don't want to see her or hear her jerk-off voice anymore, because all she does is fuck shit up in an episode and make everybody else have to work harder. And I just, I just don't like her. I liked Laurel, though. I'm sad to see her go. But this episode, I can see where people are coming from, where it's not that good. We got a girl who took the canary costume, the canary cry, and now she's trying to get revenge on Damien Dark and Hive for killing her family. And it's all about, you know, Oliver hunting her down, talking to freaking uh, Diggle, trying to talk him down because he's getting all raged out because he believes he got Laurel killed because his brother's a fucking piece of shit. But uh, it's just not all that interesting. All the stuff with Laurel, like the uh, personal stuff, feels good. But the overall story just kind of really lacks. I don't know. The Arrow... It really is almost hit and miss anymore, like, and it's mostly misses from my opinion, I don't know. I like the series enough, it's just not as good as The Flash, but for some reason I think I like this episode more than The Flash this week, just because we actually had heroes doing hero stuff, and you could say the same about Flash, it's just that he didn't have his powers, that's what makes The Flash in my mind, that's what makes the character interesting. I'm gonna miss Laurel Lance, I like the Black Canary, I hope we get a new one soon. And finally we got DC's Legends Tomorrow, episode 13. Leviathan. Here we stand at the edge of history. I think I know what we can use to kill Savage. We can change this future once and for all. Burn them all. Start praying. DC's Legends of Tomorrow. All new next Thursday at 8, 7 central on The CW. After watching The Flash and Arrow this week and not being really excited with what I got, I was sitting there on Thursday night thinking to myself, come on, DC Legends, tomorrow. I, I just say the whole thing like that because I'm a weirdo, but come on, DC Legends, tomorrow. Give me something that I could really be happy with. And I kind of came through a bit. We got our heroes going to the future to take out Vandal Savage after he already started his conquest on the world. And it was right before uh, Rip Hunter's children, and oh, children, his wife and son died. And it's kind of funny to me because we spent the whole issue... We need to take out Vandal Savage, we need to save the world, but here we are, we're still dealing with Van, uh, Rip Hunter's family. You know, it, it's very selfish and that we have to save him. We find out also that time wants to happen, and that before Rip went and recruited this whole team, he went back and tried to do all these different things to save his family, but time wanted to happen, and every time they died. So, I'm thinking that his family is a lost cause at this point. 
So we just gotta take out Vanna Savage. And that part was fun. He's got stormtroopers all around. We got our heroes trying to do what they can to get out. We they kidnap Vanna Savage's daughter Cassie, and who has a bracelet on, which is from the time when Vandal Savage was an Egyptian. They melt that down. Kendra melts it over her mace, so now she has a weapon that can kill Vandal Savage. I'm alright, this is awesome. We also have a giant fucking robot in this goddamn thing, which is Vandal Savage's ultimate weapon. And we have the Atom Grow. I'm not happy whenever the Atom grows. I'm like, you're not Ant-Man turning into the Giant Man, you're the Atom. Stick to the Atom. But we have Ray Palmer grow to a gigantic size to fight a goddamn robot. And I'm fucking sitting here, I'm like, I love kaiju monsters, I love giant robot battles. This is awesome. The weird part is, I think I would have liked it if it was a miniature set with Ray and some robot guy dressed as a robot just fighting because they use CGI throughout this and just did not look right to me. It just did not, it didn't really come together the way I think it should have. Maybe that's just me being nitpicky. It was okay, you know, it's TV. But it, I just wanted something more. I don't know. We're in 2016. I just figure everything should look fucking perfect or some shit. I don't know. It was a good episode. And the biggest disappointment, though, at the end, Kendra's fighting Vandal Savage, and she's whooping his monkey ass. And one of the stormtroopers comes in. She takes him out. And we see that in this future, Vandal Savage has brainwashed Carter, and now Carter is one of her his stormtroopers. And Kendra won't kill Vandal Savage because he's like, look, you killed me. Carter's mind's lost forever. I have the key. You need me, bitch. I'm like, come on, Kendra, this is not your Carter. This is 150 years in the future. It doesn't matter. Come on, just kill the motherfucker and let's go on our way. Doesn't happen. They take Vandal Savage, bring him back to the Wave Rider. And this is kind of cool because usually we get a one-off story for these. Like, you know, let's go to this time. All right, now let's go to this time. Here we have a continuation where we end on a cliffhanger. Freaking uh, Vandal Savage is taken, and we're gonna keep going from here on out. Hopefully, save the timeline. It wasn't bad, but I don't know that that goddamn giant monster robot fight. I just wish it would have been better because that really was the highlight to me. I kept seeing it on the fucking commercials, thinking to myself, "Oh my god, kaiju battles," and I got hard and jerked it a little bit. But it just didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. Wasn't bad, but it definitely was the best episode this week of our Brillante Arrowverse. Well, that's it for our shows this week. Everybody, keep watching TV because having a life is overrated.
Truth be told, this was a mess of an issue. It basically ripped off anyone looking for an epilogue to this bad girl, or at least some kind of conclusion. End of story. All right, Eric, those were your shows. Um, we're going to continue with the books in a, what I'd say, the Batman section. I think I said it before. You like Come to on. say that, yeah. I do like that, and it is the Batman section. Um, this is why I I still think Batman 51 was the biggest book. I'll argue really? with you forever. I just like arguing with you. It's a big book. Uh, it's a very big book. Um, I, well, we'll see what you say. Do you mention anything in your intro little blurb there about it being a love letter to the character and fans. Do you yeah. say that? That's what I would have said. That's okay. what I would have put it in my fucking review. If I did it, Eric, I'd say it's a love letter to everyone. Everyone except us. Scott Snyder hates us. Go on. Let's hear what you have to say about Batman 51. Batman number 51, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, FCO Placencia, and Steve Wands. Batman's back in action in this issue and on the hunt for whoever shut down Gotham's power grid. This takes us throughout Gotham and around Batman's friends, enemies. <clears throat> my God, my throat. <laughs> I think the enemy is that fucking vocal cords. Friends, enemies. And even smoking. A, Smoke and it up, buddy. Friends, enemies, and even a kid whose life he turned around during the court of the owls. But would, ultimately. Would what, he be a frenemy? You no, like that term, no. frenemy? Do you have a frenemy? Do you have any friends? You are a frenemy. <laughs> but ultimately, this disturbance was due to natural occurrences, and even though we don't have a villain for Batman to thwart, we find out that the people of Gotham miss Batman just as much as we did. Yeah. You know what I think this is? I think this is a love letter <laughs> to the character and to fans, Eric. That's what I would have put. Um, I think it's a love letter to Scott Snyder for what he wrote for Batman. You think that it's a love letter to himself? Kind of. You think that he would be that much of a pretentious prick well, you write the a one love letter to himself. How many uh, pages were you sending me of Batman number one today? I was sending you a lot of them because, yeah, this really has a lot of call-outs to Batman number one. I, I'm sure that if I had a better memory, I'm sure that there's a couple call-outs to a bunch of other things as well. But, yeah, I think that he went back to number one, and it's kind of a bookend thing. It is. Uh, I, I enjoy it for a while. He's, he's going off of the main Batman title. Going off to all-star Batman, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think that this is a love letter to everyone. And almost like a, hey, if you've been with me all this time, thank you. Um, and go to hell, fucking Liefeld. You're a jerk, he says. I think at some point there's something <laughs> and hidden. And weird science. There's hidden in there. It's uh, bad-mouthing uh, Liefeld and weird science. I don't know why he hates us. He does seem, though, right? Well, it's because we weren't... I don't know. When you were reviewing the book, you did start out most reviews saying how uh, you hated the issue before. Yeah, you did. You did tell me that it was me. Now, it was weird because I used to say... I I think my norm, like average rating for the Batman titles that I did... See, there you go. Smoking it up. You're freaking bad throat smoke. That's what happens, right? That helps out. It was the soda pop. I had some syrup. Oh, in my, the soda! In my it's the soda pop, huh? You Superman with that solar flare? Yeah, just one time, baby. Uh, but yeah, I used to say a I lot swear. of things like um, the, it, it did wear me down. And you're seeing the same thing that it does because you kind of seem to think that you have to treat it a little differently. Also, you know, there's all oh, this I was not a fan of uh, heavy metal, things like that. Uh, I like heavy metal. Well, like, no, no. Uh, that, what the hell was it? Was that heavy metal, was super it? Super heavy. Super heavy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like, like, uh, Iron Maiden. I'm a big Judas Priest fan, Eric. No, you're I not. wasn't we're at the time. Of all no, these... I was at the, at the time when they were, you know, relevant. <laughs> now I like them. 
Now I'm like, boy, now I'm not afraid. They're no, not I'm not a scared scare anymore. I'm not scared anymore. You know, yeah, I'm um, scared. I don't know. Do you think that with all those interviews he gives with every issue, you think he's be, <laughs> he's going to hate us more? Yeah. I, I don't know. He he certainly doesn't tweet anything that we do back. Absolutely uh, not. He does other people, so maybe he does have something against. Well, I think we did get Danny, Mickey, and. Uh, and Steve Wands this week retweeted. No, I did because I sent it to them. I don't even stuff. bother sending it to Scott Snyder or Greg Capullo anymore. And I don't get that. I really don't. Um, it's it's weird to me. People and yes, I I get it. Like, say you gave a two out of ten. I'm right. not going to tweet that to him, but you gave a nine. If I tweeted that, to I Scott really enjoyed Snyder, the book. It, these people on Twitter, it really gets to me. Like they don't follow. It's like they want to pick and choose and yeah. yeah drives me nuts. You're you're trying to sell comics, you stupid. And you're a comic book creator. I can't even talk. I'm getting so angry now. You, you do comics. Smoke it up, buddy. You're, you're not fucking, you know, goddamn fucking yeets. <laughs> <laughs> you're not goddamn fucking, you know, I don't know. Who else is a writer? Who's a writer? You're not fucking I'm Hemingway. You're not Hemingway here. You write Batman. You can be nice to people. You know how excited we got that one time that Jeff Johns freaking retweeted something? Oh, I was so happy. Holy crap. Now, he doesn't touch anything. That was like two years ago. Yeah, I don't understand that people withhold their love. But yeah, I think this is a love letter, Eric. It's a love letter (laughs) to the fans. I I like it. You know what? I'm going to explain. I will say right off the bat what I think this is. It was a nice issue. It was a very, very nice, nice issue. That's how I, I take it. It really, I thought the same way when I read that first Superman or the final days of Superman. Uh, it's a very nice issue. And it explains some things. Alfred's got his hand. He's Crazy got two quilt. hands again. Crazy quilt. He has. And with the healing fun. stitch, which I've never heard of. I'm sure it's, it's a thing, though. Yeah, but I like it because even Alfred thinks that. That hand's coming back, Eric. I've seen some freaking horror movies. That shit doesn't work right. I'm telling you, man. I immediately thought, because they have Batman and Alfred had this little exchange about how it's not his real hand. I don't know where they got it from, blah, blah, blah. Immediately thought of Jeff Fahey from Body Parts, where he gets the serial killer's that's arms and legs. Th- that's what I think it is. And <laughs> even he says it. Even after Bruce leaves, he even says it again. He's like, he's lying to me. Uh, yeah. You, it's going to start strangling Alfred. Oh, yeah. That's how it starts, right? And then it'll force That's Alfred, what's going to happen to Harper Row. It'll force Alfred to cut it off. And then it'll start crawling around. Places. Oh, now it's Evil Dead too. Excellent. Yeah, it's gonna happen. But yeah, uh, I really like the beginning uh, where well, you it have... really is. We start out with a freaking. We got to get back to status quo. Rebirth's coming. Alfred, bam, two hands. Yep. All right, what do we got else? All right, Jim Gordon. You look like old Jim Gordon. That we all love. Yeah, bam. I even like before that. I really like the moment where Alfred uh, kind of it takes him aside a little. Kind of like, oh God, you know what? You don't have any scars. I don't know, man. Now that he has those two hands, he was getting a little handsy on Bruce. No, and he talked about, I really like that. Because, I'm going to fight again, Batman It for all you. leads back to how he wanted Bruce to not be Batman oh, anymore. And he's like, God. And I, I did like that. It's just that one last reminder. I know you're Batman, but man, you know what? You look pretty good right there. You look like a baby. You look like a baby. Sexy ass baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then he goes off. There's, uh, you know. He Power grid's gone down. And Big I old re- rumble. Did you like the uh, the Batmobile with the camouflage? I thought I that hated was it, actually. awesome. I, I did not care for awesome. it. Awesome. I thought that was they so cool. They keep playing with this hologram technology. 
I just think it was kind of just a, a fun little thing. You know, that, I didn't even think about it. that. Is another callback to kind of the hologram mask of issue one. Yeah, it, and I really liked it, and I thought it was just kind of goofy because it doesn't end up being because it keeps saying, "Hey, and yeah, there's nobody out there." Traffic's okay. light tonight, but, sir. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked the Batmobile, but yeah, it goes out. That's actually goes out, and then the lights go out as he's going out. And uh, because he's, there's a big rumble, he's already on the road, the lights go out, and yeah, you're like, oh no, shit's gone wrong, it always goes wrong, <laughs> and what's going on? He goes to meet uh, Gordon, and yeah, Gordon's smoking again. Smoking, he's, he's got the stash back, he's his smoking, glasses. He's got it all, he's the old Gordon, and there we and go. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. I like. And even at the end, he's like, he goes and says, "All right, we're gonna have to fix this stuff." He gets interrupted, does, turns his back to Batman. He's like, and he keeps talking. He's like, even though I know you're not there, I'm not gonna look. But I'm just saying this anyway. Yeah, and like then he goes and looks a little bit. Uh, who who do you think comes over and says about the Arkham power outage? I think an officer. It looks like Daryl. You think it's Daryl? No, it really Darryl, looks like Daryl cannot still be on the force. I know it looks just like him. That uh, it's weird. And I was like, that can't be Daryl, right? Uh, it just seemed odd. But yeah, there. And like you said, it, Batman's gone. He knows it. I really like that. He talks about the muscle. It's very nice. Everything and in honestly, this issue is nice. The, the best part, too, is like, I don't know how you ma- maintain those muscles. And I love that pe- bit just because you said to me throughout freaking, uh, I want to say heavy metal again, fucking uh, super, super heavy, heavy, that you were like, how is he going to keep up the muscles? He's not doing any freaking work. Yeah, he wasn't. He was doing nothing. He was sitting in the rec center playing ping pong. <laughs> freaking ping pong, Eric. Though there are those guys. It used to drive me nuts. My one old roommate used to work out. The guy would barely work out. He'd go and talk to everybody. The guy's huge. I found out he was doing steroids. Yeah. There's Bruce, steroids. Uh, but he goes to Arkham, and I love that. I, I'm, I don't even care if it makes sense. Like, you can tell me, like, this doesn't make sense it's with the, this. Honestly, it's that. the worst part of the art in my mind, too, though. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I like that uh, Killer Croc is doing a Hulk Hogan. That's my favorite part. He's had a shirt on this whole time. Once he sees Batman, he's Hulk Hogan. It. He's ripping it off. Uh, but that's another call. out. I sent you that picture. That's a call to number one. Yep. This happened the same thing. It's not exactly the same guys. Same thing happened. But in that, he ends up fighting all of them. That's when he's fighting everybody with what you thought was the Joker at that point. And they even mention at that point, like, we got to find a better way to contain him, which happens. <laughs> and he here. did. Yeah, he did. And they even say, they're like, hey, relax. You know, we figured this out by then. And I liked it. I really like And all of this goes on and on. As it goes in, it's just a sequence of nice scenes, except the weird thing with the owls. Yeah, that was very odd. We had to have a callback to the owls. And Tony, it's everything that like Scott Snyder has done. Yeah, so we go, we go back down to the owl labyrinth where we had this thing, which I actually wanted to look up beforehand because I could not remember. Have we heard of the mantling before? I have a feeling that the mantling is what's going to end up in Nightwing. I think that's what's going to be the big uh, Nightwing thing. I think it's just a call out of what's going to happen because that whole thing. Or it's just like just thrown out there as a MacGuffin. Like, oh, my God, the mantling because is going to happen. we get a bunch no, of O-level Court of the Owls going back down to the Court of the Owls, like little labyrinth they got going on. Yeah. Where there's yeah. a weird projection of like, I guess, hologram projector. There's an old projector there, which is weird. Yeah, they get it working. Like it's almost like a steampunk thing that goes with the projector. It goes and has the... Uh, like the, the higher up court. the higher ups yeah it's like, not hey, time the for the mantling you should not be here go back this is not what we've been waiting for it'll happen soon though don't worry and we yeah. see that batman is like freaking arnold schwarzenegger in total recall where he's the big fat lady in disguise you, you know what i put in my notes huh. i said he's total recall in this <laughs> bitch uh the weird thing about that is to me though is that 
he Batman knows about this man. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe they did spell it out. Maybe it was something with Lincoln March and and something like that. I don't recall ever hearing of it. I don't either. It goes back to Night of the Owls. It's been so long since I read that. It has. And if that's the case, it's still just being thrown out there of like a, uh, you know, it's going to happen eventually. It's going to be a big story. And it kind of, you know, oh, my God, it's exciting, though. It's weird, though, because the lights go out. Batman jumps to a lot of conclusions with this. <laughs> like, the lights are That's out. That's why I said we go to Boy, all the, the manling must be on. Yeah, like, it is. Uh, we got the Arkham. We got the court. And then we go to see some penguin action going on. And yep. Batman yeah, realizes and- none of these guys are my guy. No, no. These aren't the guys doing this. And everybody see- – it's weird, too, because in the meantime – Everybody seems to be on a standstill, except maybe the Arkham inmates. They did want to get out. Which actually bothered uh, me that freaking Bane was there. Yeah, well, that's what I said. I, I don't know that a lot of these things even make sense. I was trying uh, to come up with an idea to make it plausible. And in yeah, between the breaks, if I actually... If you want to ask me, are you going to say that this is the Riddler getting in trouble from Flash? Or, you know... No, no, he's no. A, the thing he's was, in Central City now. I, I don't go with the Flash. The Bane thing Croc has because, been kind of good in... in Cat well, B- Bane in my mind's not insane. He belongs at Blackgate, not freaking out. Uh, yeah, that's true. And uh, Clayface is going to be in detective. In detective. So it is. Well, oh, you'll like this, though. In my mind, that thing I came oh, up God. with in between the breaks while I was taking a leak, Bane is here ever since his time and freaking with the. Uh, Santa Prisca. Santa Prisca that, with the freaking St. Dumas. Eternal. Now he's that Batman insane. was so mad at him. He's now. Hey, oh, you he kind of go insane. You believe in God now? Shit, you're yeah. insane. You belong over I'll here. I'll go with that. I will go with that. <laughs> And there's a scarecrow, same deal. Yeah. He's still there because they, they stuck him there. Yeah, I, it's just there. It's just a bunch of villains thrown in there. And the thing did is. Did you take a look at, at Mr. Freeze? Yeah. He has a weird facial look. No, that's the worst part of the book in art in my mind. I hate the way that. Greg really? Polo I don't did, like um, Freeze. Now I'm there. looking at it. I like the rest. I really do like Hulk Hogan uh, Croc. But yeah, even Croc has been seen. And, you know, there's a freaking what's her name? Poison right Ivy. In the middle. Yeah, and that doesn't make much. Uh, maybe they finally caught her for all those murders in her solo book. That's what happens. But yeah, uh, as it's, we as we move on, like you said, you have uh, your favorite look of Black Mask. I know you love. Oh this God, Black I hate mask. that gimp mask. He's the gimp. Um, yeah, and uh, what's his name? Great White Shark. Great White Shark. But they're there, and that that makes some sense. But yeah, he's even everybody. I like this because it's almost like a. Um, like a story where it's – I don't know how to explain this. Like ev- nothing's going on. No. Like everybody is at a standstill, um, and that's just how it is. He's going Bat- – Batman's going around, and yeah, it's a clever way, I think, to have him go and check on everybody when it isn't any of them. You see the Joker there, which you said you don't like much anymore. No, the thing is, it's kind of a throwaway bit where we see the Joker is still like, you know, Dionysian. He's still fine. He's and he's still hanging out at that at dead bat park bench. Yeah, and he slaps him like a bench. mosquito away. It's like, no, it's not time yet. All right, move on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's greatest hits. Yeah. And they go, and then he sees, he thinks he's found somebody. He goes in, and it's a guy who... Uh, works for the paper. Yeah, it turns out the rumble that's caused this was uh, the epicenter was underneath the Gotham Gazette. So he goes to the Gotham Gazette and he sees this guy who and he then he's breaking in, and yeah. doing bad. And we no. find out he's a guy who was uh, during the court of the house. He was in the Whisper Gang. Yeah, and the Whisper Batman gang. didn't kill him. He's always looked up to. He used his second yeah. chance to make good. So now he writes the Gotham is column at the Gotham Gazette. And then the Gotham is column, again, a call out to that first. Exactly. Where that it, like, first the whole issue. thing where we always talked about how Scott Snyder 
he wanted to make uh, Gotham a character itself. Yes, and I remember I even said to you earlier today when we were talking about this, we used to make fun of that. Oh, yeah, oh, honestly. <laughs> we thought it was so pretentious. And that's so funny to me because I started this issue out and I thought it was a joke. Like, it starts out with the whole Gotham is and it's terrible. Yeah. You know, you have this kind of pretentious kind of talk in the beginning about it's a terrible place. And, you know, I thought it was just filler to pad out the issue. Yeah, yeah. And as it progressed, I started understanding. Then we get this backstory about this guy, like, I've never missed a column. I'm here, yep. the power's out, I'm using a generator. He's like us with this podcast. I need to, yeah, exactly. He's just going to keep going. Or... And he needs to get this uh, column out. He wants to get it up. It, it, he has a lot of pride that he has not missed a deadline exactly. like this. And I, I like it then because would, at this yeah. point I realize all our narration, which I just thought was just Scott Snyder telling us stuff, yeah. is from this guy. And it works so well once I got but off I my high horse like, and stopped saying, I, oh, yeah. this silly nonsense. Well, I also really like the whole concept of this. Though, it, to me, it does not fit the run. Of Scott Snyder, because he says at the beginning, if you, I sent you the thing and I did read it again, and it's like Gotham is, people have been saying Gotham's villains, Gotham's Joker, Gotham, it's really bad shit. Yeah. This, he meant, he says, lately, you know, lately it's changed. It, the letters have been lighter than before, even if the city hasn't been. I, I don't get that. There, there has been Endgame. Oh, the shit has gone so wrong in Gotham. They're not going to fucking, nobody's writing in letters. Gotham sunshine. No, I don't like, I like the concept of what he's saying. Yes. I like the idea of it. To me, it does not match what has happened in this run. But yeah, I do like it where it's saying like, yeah, everybody, more people have hope. They have this. They they really like it. And it's all because of Batman. Exactly. It is Batman. Batman has made it. And they show there's a blackout going on at points and nobody's scared. No. Except Batman. And there's Batman. And it makes it, it points out to me that Batman's always on the case. So the lights go out. Batman's got it covered. Oh, yeah, Batman's You know what? Yeah. And they even, I really like they have a family there. They have the, the candlelight. They're having dinner. No, but they're not worried. There's people out on the uh, a freaking rooftop drinking, you know, some kids. There's little kids on a balcony waving. They see Batman. And, yeah, I, re- I really do like that, that it's like, you know what? At this point, everybody knows that if shit goes wrong, Batman will take care of it, and we can relax. We know we're being – it's just – I don't know. To me – in where we are with Batman, you know, supposedly dying, this and that, and a robo-Batman. Yeah. It, do, it doesn't ring true to me, but I really do like the sentiment of it. And I oh, like so I. that. I like, you know, Scott Snyder's ending this with uh, Capullo with this as a, you know, Gotham is Batman. Whatever happened throughout when we started this, it was bad. Since then, Batman has proven himself to everybody. They all love him. Here we go. And also, you know, it's a love letter. It's a love letter to the fans <laughs> and the... the character and to Gotham. And, yeah, he made Gotham a character. And uh, I really do like it. I really love that last page. Oh, I so really do I. I'm telling you. Well, I'm telling, before we get to that last page, one of the biggest fudges in this book, though, I didn't pick up on it when I reviewed it. One of the people who commented did. He's talking about the Court of the Owls no, five the, the years time. ago. Yeah, the time frame. And I'm like, yeah, oh, but, that's rough. Well, how about this? He says the Court of the Owls five years ago. In the meantime, what I'm saying is also true because this is two years ahead of time. Maybe this isn't even now. Maybe this is supposed to be in the future. That's why people have calmed down a little. I mean, if this is in regular time frame, I'm just saying, to me, though, Batman. But then again, it doesn't make sense. Well, Alfred. Alfred, yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense. To me, Batman has been Batman for a week. And, uh, you know, Robo, freaking that mustache grew back quick with the, Gordon. The entire um, 
run of this series in my mind has happened in a year and a half to two years tops yeah. for Batman. Well, there was zero year. I mean, if we really I'm saying no, zero down. year doesn't count because that is within that five year timeline. Yeah, we start out five, five years, years after I mean, with Batman number one. Happened with five years, then yeah, it is weird. Uh, the timeline is a little weird, but you know what? We make fun of you know. Crazy, uh, Scott Snyder figures shit out usually, and I'm sure. Or he just. I know. I, I've ideas. heard him say before he doesn't go for timelines. It's yeah, not his yeah. thing. Yeah. So there you have it. But it's yeah, just a little it, fudge. I'm telling nice you, it does not take away from the enjoyment of this book. I didn't even realize it when I read it. it didn't bother because no. I was having such a good time reading this. At the end of the issue, we find out that nothing has gone on that's out no. of the ordinary. The power comes back, and we end this issue with the last lines of the days, like uh, that day's Gotham co- is column, saying that so really in the end. The answer to the question the column poses is simple. It's what we say to you and what you say to us. Gotham is you, always. always. And I liked it, too, because the guy had spoken to Batman. Yeah, and, and now he he's, added this. Yeah, he's adding that in because, yeah, he's there. And I'm telling you, I, I cannot read. I just, I just have this written down here for my notes, that last line. Yeah. I cannot read that last page or even me writing it without getting chills. You are a pussy. I'm telling you, this book Joe chills went up to fucking... <laughs> Up another level to me. Yeah, it was great. It um, feel something. I That's really like the idea that uh, you also get where he runs into the guy. He's in the Gazette. And he, uh, he's, hey, you gave me a second chance, whatever. And he gives him another chance, kind of. Because Batman could have went in and just started busting heads. Like, he didn't have to believe that guy and yeah. whatever. And I really like that, that he's like, hey, stay in school. That's the, the worst like, line. In the- what are you talking about? Stay- I- I'm 40 years old, you <laughs> son of a bitch. No, I, I liked it all. It was a nice issue. Uh, what did you give it? I gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, I would said 8-6. Uh, and only because I wanted to give it my book of the week. And I gave uh, Justice League an 8-5. <laughs> That's why I went 8-6. Now, I, I really did like it. I did. Uh, I liked the art. You said you, the art was a little off. No, no. The only problem I had was that, that Arkham section bit. right there. With, like, yeah. you know, like Bane, honestly, is the one that stands like, out to I, me. I, this is where... Not even continuity, like said, just the art. Yeah, this is where I even said where you get a pass on an issue that does, not a lot happens. But even... We say, you know, like I said, Scott Snyder, all that, he is a great writer. Yeah. He is. And this is a great, this is a really great ending to a run where crazy shit has happened. Calm down a little. Let's talk about, let's talk about Batman and yeah. Gotham and here we are. And, you know, let's all hold hands and kumbaya. And it and is a perfect bookend to Batman number one. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I did really like it. Uh, the next issue, though. I did not like that much, and I've got to load it up, though, as well, because I do not have it here, but it is Grayson, right? Yes. You, you, tell me about Grayson, though. Tell me your background of Grayson. Well, my background, he was Robin, Jim. Robin? He was Robin. Was he? And was then he, he Robin and a stealing? And then he broke out on his own to become Nightwing, to get out yes, of the bat shadow. Did. And then it was so good, and then he headed to Chicago because he... He heard that what's his name Tony was Zuko. There. Tony Zuko was there, and and Kyle Higgins was really hitting his stride, and then forever. Okay, I loaded up. Uh, Grayson number nineteen, written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Wait, wait a second, ja- Lansing and Kelly. Lansing that and doesn't Kelly doesn't sound like Seely and King to me. Not at all. Art by Roger Antonio, Jeremy Cox, and Carlos M. Manguel. Grayson is almost over, and while I just want it to end, I am sad seeing my favorite book turn into a shell of it. What it once was. Uh, I don't know if I blame Lansing and Kelly as they were thrown into the fire and given the craziest parts of the series <laughs> to wrap up, but I do know I hated this issue. While the spiral stuff is confusingly sent to an ending 
we get an overly long and ridiculous fight chase scene between Dick and Tiger that puts they live to shame, Eric. <laughs> they live. While that might sound like fun to you, it feels like everyone involved is trying too hard to be funny and forgot to actually write a believable reason why it's all going on. This penultimate issue ends on a cliffhanger that has no real tension, as we know that both characters will survive and go off through their own books for Rebirth. Tiger's coming back? Yeah, and Rebirth? Tiger, tiger number one? Not Tiger, baby. I'm talking fucking Helena and Grayson. Oh. They're both in books. Tiger's back, he says. He even yells, I'll be back, as the avalanche <laughs> goes. Um, he'll show up in Grayson. I'm telling you, man, that was the biggest disappointment in this book because, like I said, I don't have the connection you have because I did not read the first yeah. issues. I jumped in late just for the podcast, but I wound up really enjoying Tiger. I did like them too, and yeah, they basically, this is almost like loving a character in a movie and then finding out he's the main villain at the end. Yeah. And he's not the main villain, but he's one of them. He the, is. He's working for Checkmate, we find All out. this is, well, you, you had to have a reason where somebody was trying to get to Helen at the same time Dick was, and they're like, oh, well, let's make it Tiger because nobody else is left. Who else are you going to have? Dicks are always but, trying to get to Helena. That's right. Well, they better get there quick. I, it starts off. <laughs> And like I said in my intro, there's a lot of weird shit that happened in this series and a lot of stuff that kind of was brushed aside. The whole – even the – what this issue – or issue, what the series has done great is it's character work. Grayson has been awesome. It's been uh, hilarious at times. But it was always the dialogue and the character work with Grayson. In the meantime, the stuff that you always got confused about was always the spider. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, Dr. Dagulus, Minos, all these Spiral. things. Well <laughs> – a lot of that, including that freaking Minos file, which why this whole series started, yeah. was that uh, matches Mr. Malone sent uh, Grayson to uh, Spiral to find to get that file. They had Spiral had the file had all the names on all of the, the secrets League. identities. This was going to be why it happened. That kind of got you know ru- that was shoved to the side real quick. It was. It was shoved to the side. Well, now it's coming because now they have to. And like I said, my thing. It seems like, okay, we have all this. Yeah, you know what, guys? We have to t- tie this up. Here's all the shit. And it really is. It, I don't blame Lansing and Kelly as much as I usually would <laughs> because I really think they were given a very hard thing where the, the stuff that didn't make any sense before and was just kind of there as a wacky thing now has to Oh, no, end. we have to tie things up? Yeah, Fuck. and it has to end. And it, it starts with uh, Dr. Dad. Uh, Daedalus. Uh, Daedalus, who it's funny, too, because at the beginning, uh, it's in Helena's body. But he, she says, like, hey, there's no time for yeets here. And then the whole issue fucking quotes yeets. Yeah. Did you realize that? Oh, that I every did. Time, oh, my goodness gracious. It's like, what are you doing? But, yeah, it starts off, and, hey, you know what? We had all this, and this has all been set up for issue after issue, that, oh, you're going to be my vessel, and, oh, one of you is going to do this. And then it didn't happen. Nope. Helena became it. So now we kind of have to do, why? Do you think, in any sort of way, does she need either of these two? Not at either, all. Uh, either I need a freaking Elizabeth or a conniving or one. You don't need either of them, no. and and it plays out that and you honestly, don't anyway. No, I don't even know what Doctor Dedalus says because I'm telling you, I don't know if it's because I didn't read everything. I don't know what his end game is. He's got a new body. He's back, but what power does he have? Uh, he's just a bad dude. Just a bad dude. He's the guy, you know, he put his consciousness into the, he was the spider yeah. consciousness. He put it in. Now he has a body again. He's just a bad guy. 
And, you know, he's, uh, what's his name? Otto Nett. Yeah. That's who he is. And I like, too, that he's Daedalus, uh, who was Icarus's father, and uses an Icarus freaking metaphor at one point. So you fly too close to the sun. I'm like, oh, God. It's like yelling out the fucking movie title. He is movie. an over-the-top fucking villain. Yes. And he, there's no real reason that he should be any kind of threat. I don't, I don't know what any, like, he you, you comes don't... to me, like, maybe it would be that he's, I, I, first off, all of this is all Grant Morrison stuff yeah. that has been put in here. So right away, it's, <laughs> it's wacky. So, but yeah, really, you don't get any, like if you said to any fan, I, I would give them money if you said, okay, what is the end game? What is going on? What? Eh, they never really spelled it out. And only and reason said, he's I, in Helena is because we need to prolong this thing and need a yeah, reason for Dick to go yeah. after. Now, it, does this make sense to you that, with these last couple issues, and again, it's not Lansing and Kelly's fault, but these last couple issues have brought up the shit that didn't make sense throughout this whole run in two condensed issues, and it's going to continue next issue, that it, it taints the whole series. Because really now you're like, huh, what was going on? It was fun seeing Dick being a, a spy, and he's going around. Up a and tiger? Yeah, he, was, he was always a good guy, teaming up, and then... He, but yeah, once this shit has to come to roost, you're like, boy, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors going on because I don't know what's going on. But yeah, she, uh, freaking Helena, uh, Nets, Daedalus, like, hey, listen, uh, there there can only be one, so one of you's got to kill each other. It doesn't make any sense. Nope. And then you have Dick and Tiger are running. Dick wants to find. He, he wants to save Helena. Yeah. And in in the whole time there. Tiger was always with him. He said, we got to say, like, the way they're tying this in now doesn't make sense. Uh, you said you hate it because Tiger is bad guy yeah. all of a sudden. For, yes, he said, you can always say, oh, he's lying. He was lying. It, it didn't come out that way. And, yeah, it ruins the whole character. The, and you and know what? Also, Midnighter. Midnighter's a dick. Like, Midnighter, you think he's friends with Dick? Yeah, I would say I, so I after everything too. we've dealt with You know what the point? funny thing is? I think that besides... Apollo, I think Dick's his only friend. I would like, think so. To me, this was a perfect... Maybe that documentarian. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You'll see more of him next week, believe me. Uh, when we have Midnighter, and Midnighter is an awful guy. That it, His whole solo book, and I'm not saying the book, you know, I'm not a big fan of the book, but the whole thing is based on, you know, him being awful and, and kind of getting his redemption, that whole run of Steve Orlando. Um, in this book, it always came up because it was almost like Midnighter couldn't help but be friends with Dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'd get called in, and he didn't want to help him, but Dick is such a nice guy and just a great guy that he had to help him. This, he just, he basically finds out. He's like, hey, oh. you know what? Uh, your friend there, he's part of Checkmate. Checkmate's here. And huh. then, do you remember his line? Um, this isn't my scene. <laughs> And leaves. Door. This is at the moment where you don't even know. Yeah, he goes, sorry, Dick, this isn't my scene. Door, at this point, you don't know if Tiger's going to slice Dick's throat. They're about to fight. It is the biggest Dick move that uh, that Midnighter could ever have. And again, ruins the character of Midnighter and, in this book. And that's the worst part, too, because besides for Tiger, which I really hate that change. Oh. But Midnighter, like I said, we do not like Midnighter's solo book. But I like Midnighter and everything else we get. Mm-hmm. And here we did. Bam, I really liked him. Like, we you. liked him in uh, Eternal. Oh, Batman and Robin Eternal. I Eternal. loved them in this book. People 
when they had votes and stuff, a best team up and be- Grayson and Midnighter and Midnighter just pisses on the him. great team. Fuck you, fuck you. I'm leaving. It's just Audi five thousand. So now uh, this book is one of those where we we're talking earlier about getting set up for rebirth. This seems to me. Here's Lansing and Kelly. I'm like, hey guys, you know what? You did hacktivist with Alyssa Milano. She's a hot piece of ass. So uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, if I hire you, see, I'm Mr. DC now. If I hire you, uh, do you have any pictures of her, number one? But if you don't, just tell me shit she likes because I, I want to make a play for her. I know she's married. She has a kid. Uh, but, you know, and they're like, she really likes the Dodgers. Oh, okay, I'll use that. But he, they want to get info. And, yeah. Oh, by the way, you did do that comic with her. You kind of filled in for a fucking eternal. Yeah, you're on this book. But here's a checklist. You need to get these things done. Tiger has to be out. You can't have him around. You can't have him. Midnighter can't be hanging around Dick anymore. You got to get him out. You gotta, it's like everything in this issue, and in the two issues even. You got to get rid it, of the nets as well. Yeah, I, everything seems to like go from a checklist to me. It's like, up, oh, uh, freaking Elizabeth Nets did. Okay, check. Ooh, uh, you know what? Check, huh? Remember that we makes had, you think a checkmate. Checkmate. Remember, we had that Minos file. That had all the secret identities. Uh, you know what? Somebody's going to throw that in our face. We got to get rid of that. Okay, <laughs> check. And the, it's so odd, but yeah, th- this happens where then you get the worst. And I said it last issue. Somebody has got to tell what's his name, fucking Roger Antonio. You can't make fucking Lord fucking Maxwell Lord look like Dick Grayson. <laughs> he looks like Dick Grayson combined with John Barrowman. That's who he looks like. And, but it threw me off again. I didn't know. I didn't even know who it was at first, and I'm like, "Oh!" Then he's like, "You're waiting for your lord." I'm like, "Really? This is getting the dialogue was not great. It's so bad." And to me, a lot of it, and I said in my intro, it seemed like where I said a lot of times with Tim Seeley, like he'd get a a word of a Tom King. Boy, everybody around the office really thinks that Dick Grayson singing is hilarious. So I'm going to add that in. In this, it just seemed like, oh, well, they have funny catchphrases. Okay, well, I'm going to do that. And it just, it really comes off bad. Well, I'm telling you, back when, like, our biggest problem with this this pair of writers was when they did Eternal and they brought up the Bat Shark repellent. Remember that? Your big fucking spiel about that? Yeah, they're all, they're very big on, I, you ask me, when I, when that happened, I even said it, I really think that they're self-conscious, that they don't think people think they know what's going on, so they really try to, to fake the funk. Well, even in this, we have a reference to The Dark Knight Returns with just Dick going after uh, Tiger, and he has that whole pose from The Dark Knight Returns yep. cover. Yeah. But later with freaking Net, Dr. Nets, it's a riddle me this situation, yeah. and it yeah. really cried out to me a freaking Frank Gorsham from the 66 Batman again. Yeah, just, yeah. Or okay. even if you want the Jim Carrey fucking Riddler from Batman yeah. Forever. And like you said, I'm looking at that part with the Dark Knight deal. And uh, even then, uh, that's when Tiger, they're fighting on. And uh, this should be an exciting thing. They're, they're fighting on a helicopter. And none of it was exciting. It. No, and I, I think that that wasn't there. That wasn't Lansing and Kelly's fault. Uh, to me, uh, the uh, Roger Antonio really should have pulled the art out so you could see what's going yeah. on. At that point where Tiger's on there and Dick comes out of the like the manhole or whatever, what do you call it, the <laughs> portal, I don't know, the door, uh, you don't get any I sort of idea. I never come out of the manhole. Yeah, really, I, that's the manhole is my strip club I'm starting. Me and you, we're going to be uh, that's already there. amateur night on Thursday, manhole. Uh, but he comes up and it's not, you don't get any perspective of what's going on. And uh, But even then, he says that's when 
uh, Tiger's explaining. He's like, uh, how long I've waited for the game, I've, I've, how long I've waited. Hey, uh, keeping watch at the end of the world, all while keeping the great Dick Grayson tied up in knots. And that's when Dick says, that's where you messed up. That, all that spycraft and you miss one obvious thing, Tiger. I like being tied up. Huh. I'm like, what? That was really? such a like, weird line. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, glad that, you remember that because that bothered and, me when yeah, I read it. That, that's the one that, I, that really bothered me. <laughs> I mentioned in my review that it's like that is such a forced line, and you know what? It's a Midnighter line. It is a Midnighter that line. Is, that is not a Dick Grayson line. That is something that if Midnighter and, and Dick were fighting – and Midnighter would say that. Oh, to yeah, Dick, definitely. Or, you know, while they're together, even against somebody else. That's a Midnighter line. It's not a Dick Grayson line. Because um, I didn't yeah. know that Dick Grayson liked being tied up. No, really. Dick Grayson's lines were like later, where uh, Tiger says, like, hey, I always knew you were going to take the shot, stuff like that. Like, Dick's lines are usually like that. Um, yeah, and it's weird, too, because I'm looking, and even in that one where it's the Dark Knight pose, Roger, uh, Roger uh, actually sign that that page oh my god really looking yeah he's like that's he's gonna be taking that that's a comic-con he's gonna be taking that to conventions but yeah then they're fighting and really i I don't understand what's going on because shit jumps from one fight to the other where you know you're fighting there they're fighting on this thing dick jumps off with his parachute i it looks to me as if there is no possible way the tiger's living through this uh, but yeah, you go and now all of a sudden there's a spider fucking goddamn train in the middle of Germany and the secret Nazi railway. I, to this me, is not a tube. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: a Nazi, a secret Nazi. They're in the middle of the open field. Then they come out of a, a, a you know, a bridge or a tunnel. But they're well, how is this secret? People, <laughs> what Nazi railway is? Is secret? It's out in the open. I'm just looking at Roger's sign this, trying to figure out it's Roger after FM. Yeah, he puts FM. That means uh, for money. (laughs) (laughs) After for money. I don't know. But, yeah, they're going on. That's what I'm worried about now. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the the whole thing with with Dick and Tiger, it's supposed – I guess – it's supposed to be comical that they just keep fighting to me. It's like, boy, no. w- what are they doing? And then you go, and there is uh, Nets, the Netses. You got Luca and Otto, and they're talking again. This talk just comes off as just nonsense. It's like, hey, hey, you know what? And that's when she starts, uh, uh, Otto starts fucking quoting Yeats again. They, when he said not to, I, I don't know. But then, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I made you the, the cruel one. And the, oh, daddy. Do and then boom, presses a button. I don't. Where is this electric shit coming from anyway? That's a crazy weapon that you press a button and then a directed uh, fucking electric. Sh- I don't know, but yeah, she gets thrown out. And then we get more. You get Frankfurt, Germany. I was thrown off here because um, uh, Tiger commandeers a car. Yeah, I and also it looks like he just crashed. I see that now. That helicopter now crashed in Frankfurt, Germany. And it's a big, you know, it's a big race. We're, we're now at the fucking, you know, great chase going off to find uh, Helena. But, yeah, he commandeers a car. In the meantime, I guess we're supposed to think that there's a lot of different bad caves. Oh, yeah, there that's are. That's what happens. And it, but it's very odd that that's what happens there. Like, oh, you got a car? Here, I'll just go here. Zip, gets the uh, fucking... Cycle. Yeah, the bat cycle that turns into a plane, <laughs> right? 
I, I really don't know. I thought he just ramped off. I didn't really uh, think it would actually it turn into like a plane. I, hey, I'm telling you, it looks like it turns into a rocket ship. Because, yeah, he goes, thanks for the ramp. Yeah. Uh, again, a stupid line crashes up and boom, he takes off. He's I can't gone. tell you what's going on with that art. I don't know. It's so bad. And then you go, then there's fucking Maxwell Lord who looks like Dick and gives uh, uh, Elizabeth uh, Nets. She's not dead. She, you thought she was dead. Even Lucas says, you know, hey, we die. You know, we do everything. Did you give your sister a good death? Yeah. And uh, he wants the file. He wants the Minos file. Now, uh, he created Mr. Minos. And the file. why didn't he just get the file before then? I, the file I, was there. Uh, it just it it's all like retroactive and yeah. Uh, now I Elizabeth, would, I, would, I would like you to tell me what happens here because he wants the Minos file. Yeah, he that's wants the still file. alive. He's like, look, you give me this, we can fix you up, you'll be fine. And then she dips her finger in blood with a tick, 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 and then we see tick ticks off the keyboard, some blood places, and then the delete the file is deleted. Yeah, I I, I don't the, know what's don't going know. on. I don't know. I, uh, at one point, I thought that she, blood. I thought at one point um, she you know actually uh, freaking. Dis- no, I know what it is. What it's is it? Those it's those crazy the uh, bugs? fucking nano you know, okay. nano bugs I'm that they you, had, had in their blood. No idea. She woke them up, and they knew what to do. Eric it deleted the file. To me, I would have come in. I, I'm I'm fucking Maxwell Lord. I come in. I kick fucking Elizabeth right in the face, fucking grind it, kill her, and I take the file and leave. It's right there. Yeah. It says the file, I, even if he can't figure it completely out at this point, call some people in. They never spelled out that if she dies, the file is deleted. Like, like did, it's not did, connected to her. Did he fly I don't in think. that, like, Dark Knight freaking, like, helicarrier fucking uh, space station base all by yeah, himself? Yeah, I, it seemed... He's yeah, but don't you think he could just like okay, guys, come on, get the mainframe, let's go. Yeah, no, yeah, he's gonna prepare for extraction. It's deleted again. It's a checklist. We can't have that around. Done. Off, off it goes. No, nobody ever looked at that file. I would have thought that they could have talked. Uh, you know where we said even this is another one where they could have thrown in a line that somehow Dick deleted it at some point, <laughs> or it got. To, I don't know. Um, but yeah, then Dick is now. Now they are in. Uh, Fucking, they're on snowmobiles, and Dick has a, hey, come on, he says, come on, Helena, and he says, it's just a secret Nazi supercastle and a doomsday worldwide brainwashing weapon, okay? We're talking about the Somnus satellite, right? Nope. It has to be. I I don't know. This doomsday worldwide brainwashing weapon only can mean the Somnus satellite. But since when is it this fucking doomsday brainwashing machine? Well, it was. It shouldn't be now. No. And we never got any sort of thing where, oh, you know what? This is what the end game is. He's going to brainwash the world. This is out of nowhere that they say this. If he, it makes no sense. And he's, oh, you face an entire boarding school of merciless entitled teenagers. You can't face this. No, you know what you did? You, you just got through Eternal. I don't care what the time <laughs> frame is. This is after Eternal. You didn't just face boarding school. You fu- the end of the world was there, and this doomsday worldwide brainwashing weapon, which I believe is the Somnus satellite, number one, you've already taken care of that. Number two, it should have been dead. There is no way the rest of the world, we always talk about, oh, the ju- there is no way that shit happened no. in Eternal, and they just let that thing go. <laughs> that, that was the worst thing that happened in the world at this point. There are, the UN is shutting that shit, it's shut down. And yet, that's what I think he's talking about. I don't know what else he could be talking about, except maybe 
all to himself. Just I don't know, man. No, I, I there is no reference. You get no reference though of what he's talking about. I really don't like it. And then yeah, there's Tiger. I, I like to. Dick is so surprised. I, I think in this outside, there's nothing else. I think he'd hear this goddamn fucking snowmobile coming. What is it? Got a fucking silent snowmobile? They fight a little. That fucking avalanche. Tiger, you're done for now. He goes. I'll into be the, back. Yeah, yeah, hey, avalanche. Then they go into the goddamn. And he also says, uh, it, because to, that's where he goes, oh, you're going to hit me? No, I'm going to cause an avalanche because that's what I do. <laughs> All right, great. Goes in. And uh, I'm surprised Roger didn't try to sign this one either because <laughs> it goes in. And a lot of times, uh, Mikel Yannon had uh, really cool uh, panel layouts and really co- This is such a. I do attempt. like this. I, it's okay, but it's not, it's not what it was. This is such a, to me, a lame attempt at doing that. Um, spiral staircase, you're talking about. Spiral staircase, yeah. It's, we had this like a million times better in many an issue. But yeah, you go there. There's, uh, I, I don't mind this because he's like, I'm here for Helena. No, I am Helena. You can't get this and that. And then at the end, he just goes in. There's Helena. I am your end. And there you go to be concluded. And like I said, I don't get what tension is there. You think Dick Grayson's dying? No. You think Helena's dying? No. That the big thing is how he's going to actually get her, uh, you know, to live. But. It, it's just nonsense. It, it, this whole thing is. I'm nonsense. telling you, I really stopped caring last issue, and then I read this, and I'm like, oh god, I don't want to read anymore until Nightwing no. rebirth me, rebirth I the did, shit out of me. Yeah, I did, and this is in my review. I said through this whole time, how much has I? I've gotten shit and used the review in this podcast to tell every Nightwing fan. This is the book you should be reading. Yep. Uh, now they're right now. <laughs> it was your book of the year. Oh, I loved it. And this is so bad. It's just not. Why did? They, why couldn't they just let Tim Seeley just finish this? I, I wasn't even a, a fan of Tim Seeley's dialogue and stuff like that. Better than this. And yeah, Tim Seeley's off doing stupid shit. New Suicide Squad. Why not finish his book? It's really. It, it really has gone to hell. I, I put my notes. The uh, fucking art looks fucking awful. That's my quote. There were aspects that weren't like bad, but overall yeah, it was just, not good. No, the, the fa- Dick's face is just nonsense. I sent you that. And, uh, <laughs> oh, they're Elizabeth Ness. Elizabeth Ness she's 20 now. Just terrible. Uh, yeah, I, what did I give it? I think I gave it a 4.5. I really hated it. Yeah, I think a 4.5 is decent for this. Yeah, yeah, I did not like it. And, yeah, we get next issue. And I, I will read it and review it, but I, I can't wait for Nightwing now. I, I told you, I don't even know that I'm going to review Nightwing. We'll see. We'll have our draft. Uh, but the next book is mine as well. We have Batgirl. And let me tell you about that, Eric. Let me tell you about Batgirl. <laughs> Love Batgirl's letter written, to the fans, right? Uh, Batgirl is <laughs> written by Brent Fletcher, art by Eleonora Carlini, Minkyu Leung, Roger Robinson, Serge Lapointe. You know what? He sounds like he'd be a defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. Sure and does. Steve Wands. After Batgirl's number 50 issue a couple of weeks ago, Brandon Fletcher is given the task of, cre- of getting the character to rebirth in one piece, and I think he does a decent job here. The Gladius commander returns, and while she is ties to Gordon Clean Energy, it seems she is more interested in Gotham Academy and a couple of its cutest students. In the meantime, Barbara ties up some loose ends as we see strong hints of where she's going and what she is going to do during rebirth. I'm not going to say this issue is perfect, but I give Fletcher full credit for ju- uh, not just mailing it in. And, um, Relatio. yeah, um, I actually wrote that, uh, intro yesterday. 
I, I wrote that ahead of time. And, yeah, we, we found out a couple inside info things that I can't really go into. I don't know. Why am I bringing it up? I don't up, I have no idea. No, I just want to say that, that a lot of these books have had some problems with rebirth coming, and a lot of things were had to be shortened and stuff like that. And I, it's obvious this book is one of them. Uh, the issue 50 uh, seemed like an end, right? Seemed like really an end did. for this team. And yet Brendan Fletcher has been told he has to do two more, and not just told. He, he was asked probably uh, to finish it up and get it hey, to we'll rebirth. Hey, we'll pay you money. Yeah, but it's, it's very obvious that all these two issues are like, hey, we know you're done. We've got two more issues. <laughs> two more months. We need something. And, yes, can you please kind of tie some stuff up and get towards uh, rebirth? And like we said, the checklist in Grayson, there's a checklist here. Uh, a couple of the things are that Gordon Clean Energy. Uh, you can't tell me that that was not supposed to continue. That's a big thing that was thrown aside for the longest time, and then all of a sudden it happened, and, and I was now confused. and now it makes no of how sense. How fast it happened? And it makes no sense in Rebirth, except to me, what it, where it makes sense is what she's supposedly going to do. She's going to train and backpack, and she needs some money. This <laughs> is a this is a source of money. Um, but the issue starts off, and you're supposed to think that Batgirl is chasing a SWAT car that's uh, been a SWAT van that has been commandeered. Uh, did you ever think it was Batgirl? Because it's pretty obvious it's spoiler. No, I actually did think it was Batgirl. Yeah, I, I thought it was spoiler. I actually thought it was done very well. Yeah, I just decide I like that. But yeah, these guys in it are part of Gladius. And they're like, oh, Batgirl's on the way. Oh, my God. And I do like the way this is set up. You get Gladius, which is a callback. Now, did you review the book that Gladius was in before? No, that was you did. Jesus Christ, I do not remember yep. it at all. It was uh, Batgirl Annual Number 3. And I believe that was you, my friend. Okay, I'm t- and, I'll, uh, I'll take your word for it. I well, just that have, was where nope, she got I the idea. I had no recollection yeah, that of was where she was saw this. the bomb. Uh, where she saw the bomb underneath uh, Gotham Academy. That's where she remembered it to make the uh, clean energy. That's where all this. Yeah, started. I don't recall that at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just get it from this issue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking yeah, about the I actual like issue and itself. I was so excited because these guys are on the run. They're from Gladius. I like how it's not really. It's one of those where it's not spe- like uh, Brendan Fletcher doesn't just say, "Hey," like you could have Stephanie Brown go by and go, "You guys look like Gladius." I like how it's like kind of <laughs> goes with that. But I really was excited because at one point they call out. That if we get captured, that means Protocol 514. And I said, God damn it, they're going to bite that tooth and the cyanide's yep. going to come. It's so great. Yeah, they don't do that because this is not that kind of book, Eric. I don't like uh, Protocol 514. Did you like what happens? Because they do bite they the tooth. they forget who they are? Yeah, yeah, they bite the tooth and then forget who they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not as good as cyanide. Oh, I just looked it up. Uh, Batgirl Annual Number 3 was a Jim Warner joint. Was it? Yeah. I don't even remember. That might have been one of my first ones. It might have been. How far back was it? Oh, Jesus Christ. Now I just got rid of it. And uh, are you, nope. Yeah, this my, covered... I, I was just going to say, I was going to say that possibly somebody else did it and it has my name attached because they weren't on the site yet, like a Reggie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, give I, I don't remember. Uh, Backroll yeah. Annual was July 30th. Number three. Number three. So it was a long time ago. I'm trying to think. That was, yeah, that's. That's a long so that was like right yeah, that was my second issue that I would have done. Yeah. Because you took over June. after a conversion. Yeah, I don't even remember. Uh but yeah, they have I put Project Five Fourteen's lame. 
I don't like the uh, that, but uh, well, yeah, it's they're... really inconsequential. It's just all right. We can't use these guys. Let's move yeah. on. And the whole thing, the setup. You just wanted to be that... a side eye pill. I did. I wanted them to die with fucking shit all in their mouth. But yeah, there's uh, there's a couple things in this that are really odd that happen because then Stephanie Brown, uh, spoiler, needs some more weapons, <laughs> so she goes off to the weapons guy, the gear guru, Jim, and it Jim. ends up being Kadir. Annual a... backer liner number three was the one with Grayson, where he couldn't show himself. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember that as being that one. I'm looking yeah, at it, though. It's like... Girl annual. It's not yeah. that I don't enjoy an annual issue once in a while, but I am a lazy man. I'm like, yeah, that's Jim. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, in this, yeah, Kadir's there. He makes a, a scene. It's very stupid. It's really thrown in. Yeah, that, uh, I did not care for that. It's like, all right, I'm this big guy with the holographic mask, and oh, it's Kadir, and it's all because... Batgirl's pissed off that he's not doing stuff that she wants. Yeah, but he's he working is, with the cr- he is girls. the gear guy. Yes, but I think that that was going to be set up that he probably if this went on, uh, he would have been like their you know continued that he was like their Q. Yeah, which we even said you even said at the Quadir it kind of was funny that his name started with Q, but uh, yeah they go on and basically the whole issue was to set up that. Uh, Gladius is going to get the Gladius Commander. They're not very uh, big on their names. No. They, they don't have a lot of imagination with their names. But uh, Gladius, in, too. Come over here. Yep, she is in jail, and she is getting a prison transfer. They kind of seem to kind of, you know, did that. She's going to transfer, and it's all going to lead to them trying to break her out. Now, we get that with a very forced Black Canary in Poland. Like, this <laughs> out of nowhere, she's just in Poland fighting Gladius. Yeah, but, yeah there's a Gladius finds, a section over in Poland. Yep. She finds that out, and yeah, they're going to do that. So Batgirl tells them the Gladius commander, in fact, does get out. They start to fight. And again, this all leads, it's like one thing to the next. This leads to Batgirl having some issues and blaming the implant, uh, the the chip. Yes. She thinks that this chip has gone wrong. That uh, last issue we saw in the 50, the chip was removed by with Fugue. She removed it. And then they put the new one, and she's like, it's not working. I put in my notes, it's like when I used to play hockey. I'd miss an open net, I'm fucking staring at my stick. <laughs> you, fuck, you fucking stick. Nobody wants to blame themselves, you goddamn stick. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a couple things that have to take place in this issue. And the next one. You have to get Barbara somehow. Like, you can't just leave. Somebody's got to control Gordon Clean Energy. I thought it'd be Luke. You would Didn't think you? so, right? You would think it'd be Luke. Nope, it's Alicia. And that is so it, weird to me because the only thing I know about Alicia really is that she used to protest energy companies. She doesn't like it. Exactly. And it's but so- who would you want to have in charge if somebody is looking out for the little manner? Little man. No, it's so. I'm telling you, I it really wish it's, it's there. Her friend. I was telling you this beforehand. I wish there was a throwaway line where she would say something like, "Well, I guess that business degree is going to come in handy now that I'm giving the company to you." The, o- the only thing she says is, um, "Like you've been doing so great here." Yeah, I don't know what that, her job. Tell you, she gave a friend a job. That's what you would do. No, I'm she okay. Didn't. She, she maybe she works in the mailroom. I don't know. Now she runs the company. I'm like. How is she qualified? I, th- I would have for this? thought she was a personal assistant. In the meantime, I don't, know. Just... I don't know what Barbara is qualified to run a goddamn company. Again, I think that Luke should have been running it all this time. Yeah, make this uh, a you know? subsidiary of Luke Tech. Yeah, but no. Um, and there's weird. There's the weird uh, call out to school. At one point, we've we've gotten past that. Like that hasn't been mentioned. She even says, "I got to get a hold of my professor." <laughs> yeah, really. Like what? And say you never look, showed. Look, just drop out already. They yeah. already assumed you did. Just make it official. Yep. And then the next bit. 
I said in the beginning, like I'm kind of saying this almost like a Grayson. I I didn't mind it. I didn't. I liked it. I like this issue enough. It's just yeah. He Brendan Fletcher has a lot of shit that he has to get oh, done. Yeah, we have. Then we have in to freaking, two We have to bring back Gotham Academy. Man, well, even before that, you got to get rid of Luke. Um, yeah. Yeah. If she's going to leave. She's got to. She kind of doesn't break up. No, with him, but hey, it's, will you it's wait open with ended. me? Yeah, will you wait for me? Whatever, and we'll see if that makes sense. Maybe, later. baby. <laughs> yeah, and that's when. Yeah. <laughs> hey, baby. But that's yeah. That's when she goes. Then she breaks up. Kind of breaks up with Luke. Goes to the bathroom. And that's when Alicia comes in. And I usually do all of my business meetings in the bathroom as well. And yeah, says, "Hey, I want you to take care so of." So we the did Evine live. Yeah, really. You know, I, I want to take care of the president. You're the president. I can trust you. And I, I don't mind it. Maybe she's just a figurehead, Eric. She's not going to do Maybe. That. It's just very odd to me. I want to have periodic updates when Batgirl comes back of her checking on Alicia, make sure she's not and joining it, the company. It's like really going to to hell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're going to hear much about All of a sudden, company. fucking Buster's working there. You don't want Buster working oh, at your company. so good. Buster's there. The, the land's blue. <laughs> So they they go then, and uh, I was Job's throwing still off the, magic in the background. Yeah, oh yeah, it'd be so good. I and then uh, everybody just keeps saying there's money in the banana stand. <laughs> uh, they they go. Oh, that and first I really, season was awesome. I, yes, I really was thrown off because she's like, "Hey, I got to do research." I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, research? I'm telling you, the best part because you have to bring your time back to the whole Gotham Academy bit. Yeah, so you have to get she, the Gotham she Academy. goes to the library. Like, Who the fuck does research at the library anymore? Yeah, really. But yeah, she's doing it, and yeah, she's figuring out where she's going to go and what she's going to do, and it, it all leads to Japan, as we see later. Um, but yeah, she's there, and even the first time I read it, even reviewing it, I didn't know what research she was doing. Yeah. I, I really didn't. And uh, But yeah, she's like, hey, hey, you're Olive Silverlock, and the, it's funny because she kind of gets called out because, you know, she should know who no. that is. She's like, Stop oh, talking to strangers, well. Barbara. And then she sees maps. There's maps. Of course, maps has a map. Of course. And I, I liked it. I love Maps. Maps is one of my favorite characters. And I love that Barbara basically tells her I'm Batgirl. Yeah. And, and Maps is so excited. But that's when Maps then goes to look at the things and goes, I don't know, chum, but my detective brain tells me she's studying up for a long adventure. And that's when I'm like, okay, she's just looking to see. And it does go. Next, there's Japan. She's going to go to Japan. Looks like she's ready to leave, too. She is packing. She's going to ditch everyone. The best part is she's packing. She's ready to leave. But she still has to put a fucking thumbtack into yep, thumbtack. Japan. Here we go. That's where we're going. <laughs> but yeah, she, she's packing up. Sees the news of Spoiler and Bluebird. And yeah, she's like, holy crap. And uh, I... then it, shit, like I said, shit does get thrown in together. There's uh, Black Canary and Vixen out of nowhere. Yeah. Vixen is Vixen was also in... The Black Canary book this week. All of a sudden, Vixen's everywhere. I haven't seen Honestly, Vixen. Honestly, it's about time. The last time I remember seeing Vixen, I think, was when the Justice League was recruiting. And when Amanda yeah. Waller turned her down for the JLI. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, JLI. Yeah, JLI. When they turned down Plastic Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's Vixen and fucking Black Canary come uh, busting in and uh, basically tell them, hey, listen, what we could figure out, uh, Gladius Commander is not after you. She wants to get revenge on Gotham Academy. I don't mind that. I, I like it. You know why? Because if if they were after Barbara, Barbara could she would just leave. Yeah. She'd be like, I'm getting out of here. This gets her to stay for another issue uh, before rebirth. I like it. And, you know, evil. Anytime somebody attacks maps, I'm in. <laughs> I, I'm going to stop her. But yeah, The biggest um, takeaway I had of this book, though, it's very odd to me for all the hype we've had this, past, this year, 
of trying to build up Harper Rowe from like Batman Eternal and all uh, Robin mm. Eternal, she is really not shown here at all. With the no. only time we see her is a silhouette of her running yeah. away. I think I think she'll be in next issue. And it just I seems also, like they're phasing her out for rebirth. Well, they are. I, she's not in any she's book. Not any book. I would have thought that she would have been. Telling you, I really hope that DC wanted. doesn't blame Harper Rowe for Batman and Robin Eternal not working because it's Eternal's fault that working. didn't work. Batman and Robin Eternal was a cash cow for them. We said with the forty thousand issues or forty, yeah, forty thousand issues. Four times a fucking month. Yeah, it was a. It was huge. It they was, don't care. It was not a good book. We didn't like it. Uh, most part, though, most people seem to love it. There's one guy said it was the best Batman story ever read. <laughs> that they, these people, most of the higher ups at DC, number one, they look at sales. They don't look at anything else. They're not saying, "Huh, what did Eric Shea say?" Or fucking even worse, what did Jim Werner say? Oh my God, Jim Warner didn't like that. Okay, call call Steve Orlando himself a midnighter. Yeah, they don't care, uh, really. Midnighter? They didn't care about anything. What what did they care? The only thing they cared about Midnighter is that there was some hype and it made them look like they were getting diverse characters. Yeah. They, they have every every book has their own little in, and Eternal was money. They they had a weekly book. That stupid idiots like me and you <laughs> yeah. bought four times a fucking thing. And really, you don't think that that's what led to them like, huh, you know what? This Eternal was a real load of shit, but it sold. So, boy, how about we put every book out two times a month? That was that gave them the idea that it is feasible that people would not get upset at two issues a month. And that's to me, that's why also they're like, okay. Eternal was two ninety nine. People bought it four times. We'll get two times. It all leads in every book. The Batgirl book before every. It was all social media. Yeah. Oh my god! It, it's such a social media thing. It's getting it out there. It's getting out there. And we saw the sales were dipping and dipping and dipping. Didn't matter. Midnighter down to nine thousand. They didn't care. At one point, we even said we thought that the cutting point was like fifteen. Before that, it was twenty. Yeah. Now there's books that were six. As long as it has something, it, like a gimmick, it seems. And, yeah, Midnight of these. But, yeah, they, Harper Rowe, I, I like Harper so Rowe. So do I. I don't care if she was forced on us in Eternal. I like the character. I like that it's almost like a uh, – actually, if you, if you really want to tie me down, like Dick Grayson, I like being tied down there. Um, <laughs> I think that the Eternal stuff – Making Harper more than she was, that actually upset me a little. I liked when she was just a spunky kid. It just seemed like we were setting her up for something, and now she's gone. We were. She was the the star of that book. I don't care what, oh, this is a celebration of Robin. Yeah, Robin, that was supposed to be. Because that book was all about Harper Rowe. And yeah, nothing. And the fact that she would say after that eternal, I don't care what you say. I think that Cassandra Kane would have fuck a, like a, I don't want to say a dog, <laughs> say a dog, but like anywhere Harper goes, to me, Cassandra Kane would go. Yeah. There, it makes no sense for Harper to just say, no, nope, I'm going to go to school, whatever. And then Cassandra, me, call me orphan. I go with you, Batman. No, it, it didn't ring true. Something happened. There's some fucking shenanigans going on. Harper was supposed to be bigger and the, the fucking brakes were put on. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, Eric. Uh, I like the art in this issue. Yeah, it was there's all right. Three, there's three pencilers. There are transition issues. There are different, but the weird thing is, when I read through it, it didn't bother me at all. No, me either. Afterwards, I'm like, oh, three, three pencilers. I went back, oh, there's a big difference. 
but it's very it's not even that subtle really i'm telling you there's a middle section that is nothing like anything we really have seen on uh batgirl i didn't pick up on it yeah no because it really uh it's mainly when uh you get that scene with uh luke luke and frankie and barbara when they're talking, when uh, I said that Frankie just decides when she wants to be in that I, wheelchair. I really wish I knew what disease she had. And if I did know, I really wish I understood it. Because yeah, at I, this point, I think she's just, she doesn't really have a disease. She's like me and hates standing up. It seems, I don't know. She's standing there. She's, and to the point where if it's like somebody, oh, she can't, she's got high heels on. <laughs> it's tough to walk anyway. Maybe she just gets tired. Standing's over. I right. don't know. I, I said I felt like a dummy. I don't want to call it up. Boy, she, half the time she's standing. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I, I liked it. I liked, it was all right. I, and I just, don't, I think I just that, don't care for Gladius. It's one of those, well, one of those villains that I, like, I really I don't just, care for I, from this series. I think that it makes sense, though. I think that it makes sense because Barbara was upset that, oh, my God, that's where I got the, the clean energy. Yeah, yeah. And then it was twisted around. And really, it's obvious to me and you that Brendan Fletcher stayed on this book for these last two issues to help out, to get it to rebirth. He is a good guy. He's helping them out by doing this. And, yeah, he's got to tie in a lot oh, yeah. of shit and get it. I, I think that he does a really good job of, of something that really is forced. This whole, like you said, the, the clean energy thing just out of the blue. Well, there was a lot of mention with Fugue and, oh, my God, I, I think it's a bomb, whatever. Next thing you know, it's, it's going. It's a company. They, they, yeah, it's a company. She's making tons of money. Uh, you know, and there's even a hierarchy where, oh, I want you to be president. <laughs> What's going on? But, yeah, I gave it a 7-8, I believe. I'm trying to find my notes. Yep, I gave it a 7-8 out of 10. Um, I think I gave it a 6. It, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I had a good time with it, and I think it leads to uh, something interesting next issue with Gotham Academy that I kind of care about, and then we'll be off the rebirth, and it really won't matter. These two issues are bonus. Bonus, baby. <laughs> but yeah, here's another one. Uh, the next one I really like is an ending, oh, yeah. and we have another issue afterwards. But you, you We know. are Robin, number 11, written by Lee Mejo with art by Jorge Corona, Rob Haynes, Trish Mulliville, and Jared K. Fletcher. Smiley has occupied Middletown High School, and it's up to our Robins to take him out before he hurts anyone, which they do, and because they all came together and worked as a team, they become stronger by the time this issue ends, and they even leave the nest. Yeah. Yeah. They, I love this series, man. It, this is my uh, favorite book that came out of the DCYOU. Yeah. And even though the Robin War that came around and fucked everything up a little yeah. bit. It's funny, too, because even uh, we really like like uh, Martian yeah. Manhunter, but I think this book I, I enjoyed. Yes, yeah, so do I. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other DCU books that I might have liked. Uh, I will have to think about it. I'll have to think about it. But, yeah, I really yeah, do said, like that Robin Wood stuff came in, messed some things up. But even with that, I think yeah, this story arc came out and put everything back on track. And it even gave our Robins a proper bad, bad guy because them fighting Talons is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. The, the one thing I'll say about this book is it's a weird deal because really i don't know two years from now i will not have any thought no. about it but during its time like uh, now and while it's right i really have enjoyed it but yeah Shoulder it's pass. like it's another one of those books to me that it seemed like it was going to be bigger you know it was going to lead to something I more because even would, with yeah. duke uh, duke seems to kind of what is he going to be doing well uh, we five years from now he's robbing yeah he is but uh yeah, hopefully he'll show up in uh, in the regular Tom King Batman book. I maybe, hope so. And we'll see him train and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, this book, I believe, I you can't tell me that this wasn't going to continue. 
And with rebirth, it's it doesn't make sense for it to continue, so it's yeah. done. And uh, but yeah, uh, this issue seems like it should have been the end of an arc, and also the end of the book uh, because it, it really does, it does feel like the end of the arc to me. It, I don't know. I didn't it, check this, the solicitation to see if this continues. Like, uh, it, uh, believe me, I checked. The solicitation is like one of those where the 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 Robins have to go and oh, get Smiley at the school. I I'm, like, I'm like, you son that of a is bitch. This freaking issue. The same, yeah. So that even says to me that it was just going to yeah. end, and they didn't even have a solicit for the next one because it wasn't done yet then. Um, but yeah, this to me was going to end an arc where they were like, okay, it was going to separate them from the nest, Batman, all this, and they were going to become their own, almost like a uh, non-powered Teen right. Titans, where they were going to go off and, and do things, and who knows? Um, but yeah, it, it's going to end, but I did like this. Oh, so do I. I'm sorry. Smiley and the Joker's guy in Occupy Middletown High School, yeah. and Duke and Rico for all the shit that that Rico, Rico, uh, Rico right. get over all the squabbling and differences they had right away, and they work together as a team to fucking... Yeah. I get the shit it. out there and I, make sure they call in the rest of the Robins. I messaged to you telling you that beginning, you have uh, freaking Dax. And I oh, that's a great. I love that he has that. And he's like, it's not a gun. And he's like, I told you. His, no his, ch- his mother no found his grappling gun he was working gun. on, and she thought it was an actual now, gun. Were you afraid that at one point he was going to get shot because he had that and it looked like a gun? Didn't that seem like Honestly, I never that had that thought, but that is, that is oh, a good idea, too. Boy, I thought that because she spelled this out, that it looks so much like a gun. I'm like, oh, no, it's foreshadowing. Yeah. He's going to have this. And every time they were doing something and the police were coming, it's like, God damn it, Dax is going to get hey, killed. Have one He's going to get shot. And yeah, really the thing so I was concerned about was Izzy in this issue because Dax and Izzy both get the text that, you know, Smiley's in a school. Shit's gone wrong. We need you here. And she gets it. She's already late for school. She has all this shit on her plate that's just beating her down ever since her brother died. Yeah, yeah. And, and you thought she was just going to flip. the freaking way it zooms in on her eyes for that pan, I'm like, she is just done. She's going to give up on her friends and her yeah. teammates, and she cannot deal with it anymore. She's beaten down too much. And I was she's so worried right there. People. And I thought she was just going to leave. I'm, nope, she's done. But no, she came back at the end, teamed up with Dax. They got into the school with the grappling guns at Dax Bill. And I was really worried, though. I am tell- I think that I've- if this was continuing, if there was no rebirth, I think shit would have went wrong at the end. I think when those police showed up, something was going to happen. And uh, because they, it's going to end, I think maybe Lee Barham was like, you know what? I only have an issue. I'm not going to kill Dax. or, or it, You know what I mean? That It would be like we're just well, going to The Dax thing came, like, went it. together with me for the rest of the issue because we had narration through with like from what Dax said to his mother about no chill, she'll ever have, hold a gun again. Because uh, obviously Joe's his father. Yeah. But, oh, I love that. I so love I. that. I'm telling that really to me, where you had all this connection with with Dax and uh, you know Joe Chill's deal, uh, this really like put a stamp on it and kind of uh, made him a hero yeah. to me. It made him like, okay, he's in the book because he deserves to be now. It's not just a because really when he first showed up in the name, it, it was like a, a yeah. shocking thing. I think that's the only reason. This, to me, made him, like, thin. Now he's Dax Chill for real. Now he's Dax. Now he's Dax Chill the hero, where we see that he's never going to let shit that went wrong before happen. No, I'm telling you. I really like I love that. that. I'm telling you, it plays with the way Duke's inner monologue works throughout this issue on his stance on guns, because now he's in the mm-hmm. worst possible situation there is. Like, I grew up, like, when I was in high school, Columbine happened. 
This shit was fucking yeah. terrible. Everybody was worried. The paranoia was fucking fierce when I was in school of shit going down like this again anywhere. Yeah. And honestly, this issue took me back to that. Like, oh, my God. And fucking Duke, though, had this whole idea. You know, he is totally against guns. Cowards use guns. That's why yeah. Batman never would. And I never will either. And this issue yeah. really plays me more as an origin story for the Robins. Before all, We had all these other issues. This, to me, is the real origin story about how they will never use guns because of this. Well, how about this? How about if, now this is all me making up shit, and this was going to continue. What happened if this whole thing, because at the beginning they, they spelled out the mother, hey, guns, it's not a gun, Ma. I told you, no chill will ever fire a gun again. They go off and this happens. The police show up. He has that thing that looks yeah. like a gun. They shoot him, and now you get a origin. You had Batman's origin came from a, a chill shooting somebody, these Robin's origin comes from a chill not shooting somebody and getting yeah. shot himself, and it twists around. I really do think something was supposed to happen. There was no way. Well, it is a nice line, but it really is stressed at that beginning and really stressed like so that you know, oh, my God, that does look like a gun. You would think it's a gun. It, it is weird. It is weird. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I really think it was just there because of the name words. We have not had a chance in the series to really explore Dax at all. The others we have looked at pretty good. Dax is kind of yeah. left to the wayside. He's a mechanic. He works on things. That's about yeah. it. Well, the the way the only reason I say that is because while we like this issue, by the end when the police do show up and the 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 principals there, no, no, they're good. It really is kind of a letdown of an oh, ending. It's very I liked lackluster. It. I liked it, but it was like because of all the shit building, building and building, and basically, oh, it's done. And I really, I think it was supposed to continue. I think somebody was going to well, die. The one thing before and, we go on with that is that I just want to say it's a really cool parallel with this, with their like how I see their origin story to Batman's origin story. How he'll never use a gun. Oh, yeah. It's a really cool parallel in my mind. Like, well, that. that's why I thought that it would be yeah. pretty crazy if a chill. Dying is what set them going but, forward instead of, you know, the yeah. uh, chill cause. It would be cool. I just really don't want Dax to die because I like the character. Um, we're not going to no. get any of them to no. die. They're just going to end. Next next issue, what do you think? That, not that we're done here, but you think next issue is going to be one of those where, you know, and then this guy, five years from now, is it going to be something like that? I really Are they going to get not. together and just say, like, Hey, our job I isn't done. I want them done. to be there doing their thing, and we just leave them knowing that they could be there any time and any issue. You think they're going to be jumping over, like uh, from rooftop to rooftop? Do you think that? Um, and then uh, no, actually, with lightning behind I would go them. with a grappling gun since Dax seems to be working mm. on these grappling guns and this swinging through Gotham, kind of. Yeah. But okay. um, this does come off very lackluster to me because we have Smile. We've built him up to be this yeah. more he's not just a punk kid he is this freaking new like teenage villain yeah. i really enjoyed him he was fucking stark and scary and he is just taking down so easily in this issue yeah, duke just beats the shit out and he's done and the issue's yeah, over done. and i'm like that's what, what i said what something happened? else was supposed to exactly. happen and that's the worst part because they take out smiley and i'm like yeah. really disappointed in this but the issue continues to a great ending for the series i really wish that oh, this yeah, would have yeah. lasted the story arc here Yep. Would have lasted an issue more, and we could have done something more with Smiley to make him more of a threat than he ultimately is by the time this issue yep. ends, but still yep. kept that fucking ending for the next issue. I, you know what? At that one point when he's saying, and Duke's like, I don't, sh- I, I wouldn't have minded. Not that I, he wouldn't die. I, I think Duke should have gotten shot, something around those lines, uh, where. He does survive, but yeah, the shit where he takes the ultimate deal, like I'm not gonna pull the trigger, I'm not gonna shoot yeah. you, you're gonna and and he gets shot, but yeah. Uh 
it's weird with Alfred all over the place too. It just seemed odd. And yeah, even when he sends the message from the nest, like, oh, look who's back from the grave. I don't know that next issue was not just going to be Alfred telling him, you know, the to, to chill. I would actually wouldn't <laughs> mind if next issue is to completely Batman wrap up the up. Alfred stuff to see what he like. If Batman shows up, Alfred has to explain himself. Just nice. something to wrap this up a little bit like that yeah. because this whole thing about Alfred doing this has never been talked about really at all no. anywhere. And I would like a little closure on that. Yeah. Uh, there's a weird thing I, uh, in some of the things that I, I wrote up for my notes. Um, at the end, they have like a newscaster going. And the newscaster like, yeah, it's good things. Good things are happening. <laughs> good things are happening. School shooting, <laughs> god damn it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, good news. She got fired. It's not <laughs> Yeah, really. That's good news. But yeah, uh, also Farnsworth yep. going the news. Good I, news, I also everyone. Like that, I, yes, I like also when they're saying that. I, I did say at one point um, when Smiley and his gang grabbed the the principal, took him away. It was really good too. I love the dialogue, yeah. and I love like the you know, hey, class is in session, that sort of thing, and hey, no talking in class and all that. I said to you that at the one point, the others are like we got to get out of the police are here. And freaking Smiley pulls a quick change getaway he's going to use. That is at good, yeah. Point, just take your just yeah, take the makeup At one point, off. he's just going to take off the makeup and just go with the kids and just get out as if they were hostages. hostages. Yeah, and I like that idea, and, yeah, too. And that makes sense, too. But yet that kind of got pushed aside. Uh, the other thing, the newscaster also says that uh, John Bender's home was quiet. Like, he killed his parents, and they're quiet. But no, they were assholes. They really were. He's He was an asshole, too. He shouldn't kill anybody. They weren't very No, they were. Uh, but, yeah. Well, we so we end the issue with the Robins telling the Nest that, look, we're going to do our own thing now. We're not going to listen yeah. to you. We've, I really like that. And it's really good. It really solidifies them as a team. They're back together again. Perfect ending to the series. And now we're going to have one yeah. more issue. And That's he says, I really like it, too, because he said, like, this really... What happened with Smiley, again, it seemed like something else should have happened, but he says to him, he's like, hey, what is your way? Hey, that's just it. We aren't dying to find out. And then he crosses his arms, like I said. I and honestly, that last line kind of threw me off because we aren't, we aren't, we aren't dying to find out. It was very odd the way he put it. Yeah, I just think that that, you know, when they go, I think next issue, they're just going to say, you know what? We, we did some good. You know what? You'll see Dax is going to be fucking making hot rods and stuff and stuff like that. Everybody will end up in a fucking better place and it'll be over. And then Batman will go, hey, Alfred, the fuck were you thinking? And he'll slap him right upside his fucking head. And he goes and pulls yeah, a Harper Road on that punches them all in the face. That would be good. Now, I love Ray Corona's art in this thing. I really I think do too. that I love the art. him on this book, the team of Mayo and him is what really made this book. Yeah, I, I agree. I love, like, the smiley character model. Of all, it's awesome. I love it. I love it. I, the colors are really good, too. I love everything about it. Uh, what did you get? 8.5 out of 10. I have an 8. Only because, I don't even know why I just gave it an 8. Because I really did like it. I just, it seemed like something more. Exactly. I'm telling you, it was a very lackluster ending to this We Are Joker story arc. Yeah, yeah. Even it, if like, it is the end, it, who knows? It really, like you said, it built up a lot and then kind of just fizzled at the end where he just gets beat up. But all of the main characters I, love everything to do with him, love the inner monologue, love all the stuff that they yep. did. It's just yep. them taking out the bad guy. The bad guy was very lackluster. Smiley should have been bigger. Yeah, he should have. But yeah, we're going to go off to Weird Comics History, which is all about the 80s British invasion of DC Comics, Eric.
Weird Comics History. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we like to bring you Weird Comics History every week on the podcast for weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. And this week, what do we have? The British are coming. The British are coming. This is all about the British invasion of comics, which was largely centered around DC Comics in the 80s. And uh, we don't really have to set you. This took place in the 80s. That's when it was. So just think of that decade, and you will be right in the right place. So why don't you set it off? Yeah, so many of the things, so many of the like seminal '80s stories that you, you think about when you picture DC Comics is uh, it, there's there's going to be a, a British fella behind it. Most likely, um, <laughs> you know, the biggest, the award-winning stories. You know, aside from Dark Knight Returns. It's, yeah, I was going to say, outside of Frank Miller, it's uh, it's you know, it's it's a it's a choice group of guys. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, we have uh, you know, we have uh, the. British artists were uh, were also part of the uh, part of the package and uh, came in a little bit uh, earlier, like yeah. uh, like Brian Boland. Um, sure. Now, I I knew Boland mostly for his uh, his incredibly detailed covers on on stuff like Animal Man and even like the Jeff Johns run on Flash. Yep. And uh, and he still, always, he still does cover work also. Even he today. does. He yep. did Dial H, I believe. Right. He did. Yep. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to find that. You know, I was disappointed to find that he really didn't do a whole lot in, of interiors. No, and, uh, uh, it, to my memory, I, I really never read his UK stuff. But we actually talked about it last week when he worked with uh, Len Wein on Green Lantern, which we're actually going to get into very soon, right now. But uh, yes. that, <laughs> that was incredible to me. I love those interiors, and it really, it really struck me as being probably the best comics art out at the time. Yeah, and I, I think he's almost he's almost a victim of his talent. Uh, he uh, he also did the uh, the series Camelot three thousand with Mike Baugh. Yep. And uh, as that series, it was a twelve issue miniseries, and as that drew on, there were uh, longer and longer delays between issues. Um, I think uh, the between issues eleven and twelve, there was almost an entire year. Wow. Between the release, and uh, doing a little bit of digging on that, it was uh, due to him wanting to. Uh, Maintain his high level of quality. It was like he was almost never satisfied with his work, and uh, it's a, that's very, very interesting to think about. You can see that it's it's super heavily detailed work too. You know, I mean, he's not he's not dashing off these pages. The the uh, faces and the articulation. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, there's so much so much line work, but not like in that '90s way. No, not at all. <laughs> very very controlled line work. You know, absolutely very controlled shading. Yeah, and uh, recently uh, in the uh, Justice League 3000 book, they kind of folded Camelot 3000 into the DC universe. Yeah, that was strange. Uh, they went to yeah. the planet's name was Camelot 9 or something like that. Yeah, and they, that's where they that's where they maintained their base. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen post-Rebirth, but uh, it's interesting that it, that they actually took a bit of their history and, and, and brought it forward. Yeah, that, that comic tried a lot of things. It did. It, it, that's a that's a thing with uh, some Keith Giffen books. Uh, it seems like the editors don't really pay attention, and he could just blow up the Earth if he wanted to. And yeah. uh, three months later, they'd be like, "Wait, what happened to Earth?" He gets, he gets a weird dispensation. <laughs> uh, but for, as for Brian Boland, uh, Brian Boland, I'm sorry, he was uh, he really kicked off the whole British invasion because he met Joe Staten at mm-hmm. uh, Comic Con in the UK, 1979. And Joe Staten actually stayed with him. In order to work on some Green Lantern books, he was writing at the time, and seeing Brian Boland's work, he got him hooked up with DC. Frankly, I was really unclear this exact connection, but this seems to be the genesis that started the ball rolling for other artists and other writers to come through 
uh, across the pond. Uh, but who's the next guy? Oh, before we move on, just one more thing. Uh, perhaps uh, Boland's most uh, famous or even infamous work is uh, his his team up with Alan Moore for uh, the 1988 Killing Joke. Yeah. You know, that's a, a point of contention even now uh, where uh, I, I don't, I got to admit, I don't follow current Batgirl. But uh, I know that there's some sort of a nebulous uh, nature of this story present. Oh, yeah. it's uh, You can definitely hear all about that on the Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com <laughs> podcast. That's been a, a common topic. I did a recluse about that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's funny you mention that because one of the one of the contentions about that graphic novel, and an important thing to remember is this was a graphic novel, even if it's an original state. Yes. It, it was an, it was a what do they call it a premium a size prestige, prestige, prestige format. format. That's right. Uh, it was a paperback at first. Now you can get it in hardback. But uh, knowing the meticulousness of Brian Boland and how careful he is with every line, how much time he takes. Uh, one of the contentions is that Barbara Gordon was raped in the book. And there's nothing visually or story-wise to really indicate to that. To back that up, yeah. I, I don't. Know, that's uh, one of the things I don't, I don't understand where that comes from. I, I, I've never of. heard it until I, got, until I started uh, uh, working with the comics internet. And I read mm-hmm. it again. And it's, it's the kind of thing where you could make that leap. Because there's, there's a period there where the Joker has Barbara Gordon in a prone state. Anything could happen. He could have put a clown nose and makeup on her. You know, <laughs> he could. He could. Anything could. You know, he could have beaten her with a pipe. But there's nothing to indicate that that happened. And I feel like no. Brian Boland would have made it very clear if if that yeah. had happened. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure there's anything in. Uh, uh, I mean, the Joker has very many. He's got a lot of different incarnations depending on who's writing him. But I don't think he's ever been portrayed as a sexual sadist. No, he's he's not a sexual predator. You know, I'd say the no. sexiest he got. Might have been kind of Frank Miller's David Bowie Joker. But even then, it was all sort of played up to be uh, just uncomfortable, you know, just kind of creepy. Yeah. But anyway, that's definitely way off topic. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Next guy I want to talk about is Dave Gibbons, born 1949 in London, England. Self-taught artist, fan of comics since age seven. He was friendly with Brian Ballon when they went to art school, and they actually did art for the very first issue of 2000 AD in 1977. Uh, and uh, this is where I'm not positive what happened, uh, mm. but he was recruited by Len Wein to draw Tales of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, I guess that happened through this Brian Boland connection. Uh, Brian Boland was doing covers for that. Yes. So I'm not, I'm not really positive how, how it all worked out, but that's uh, how it ended up. And he did a lot of work with Alan Moore over the years as well. Uh, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse in a way here. <laughs> But Alan Moore will loom very large in this invasion. Uh, One of my favorite stories was For the Man Who Has Everything with the Black Mercy. Yes. Um, You can get that in Alan Moore's best DC stories, Alan Moore, or probably other best of Superman stories. Yeah, it's in the the greatest Superman stories ever told, volume one. It's it's a really worthwhile. And then a little book you might have heard of called Watchmen. What? Yeah. It's just a little little (laughs) small... Little book that came out that has never been, never been out of print and you can buy in probably six different uh, formats today. Uh, that was Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore worked together. Another one that took a long time. Yes. To to complete it, it started out it started out strong. I'd say the first four, maybe five issues, and then those last seven issues. Boy, woo, we waited a long time for those. <laughs> but you can get that obviously together if you don't have it. And then uh, third guy we want to talk about is 
that's uh, Steve Dillon, um, a fella that uh, he was out of a uh, Luton, Bedfordshire. He was mm-hmm. born in 1962. I really wanted um, to say all these weird British <laughs> town names. That's why they're here. Yeah, it's making my tongues twist. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he, when I think of him, I, I, I generally think of his uh, Marvel work. Yeah, which uh, which came much later, of course. But uh, he drew uh, some anthology comics for uh, the 2000 AD, just like a lot of the a lot of the fellows we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, Warrior, which was a uh, another anthology magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, did some Hulk Weekly UK and Nick Fury for Marvel UK in the late 70s. And uh, probably best known for his art on uh, two Vertigo titles, Hellblazer and uh, Preacher, done by uh, Jamie Delano and Garth Ennis, uh, respectively. Yep. And uh, he is a uh, frequent uh, collaborator with, uh, with uh, Garth Ennis, uh, taking on a lot of his uh, Punisher work during the mid-2000s, uh, mid to early and mid-2000s, actually, uh, all through the last 15 or 16 volumes of that book. Wow. The long run. Yes. No, I'm 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 being facetious. Oh, it just okay. seems like it just seems like there's two or three Punisher number ones a year. That's pretty much the uh you know, he, I think that's the team people a lot of people at least I think of when I think of Punisher. Yes, as being absolutely. the core, even though Punisher's a lot older character than that run. Uh but what I find interesting doing research about this is Steve Dillon and some of the writers too, they worked for Marvel UK. And yet there was no, you know, it's Marvel UK really, I think, was a different entity. I don't think there was yeah. ever really any collusion. But there was no cross-pollination, it seemed. Which, it is, was, which uh, is unusual. You'd think they would, they would be looking around, sniffing around for, you know. Yeah, it's as though you're, they're ignoring. Cheaper artists, you know. Yeah, it's like they're ignoring their own bullpen. It's very strange. Well, uh, on the DC side of things, uh, Len Wein, this is where I'm kind of making an assumption, but after Staten and Boland became friendly, DC started looking at other UK talent. And it started with Len Wein hiring Alan Moore to write Swamp Thing in 1984 after seeing his work for Marvel UK in 2000 AD, which also included V for Vendetta, would have been in. Uh, would that have been that in was Warrior? In, that was in Warrior. That was yes. in Warrior, yeah. But he, so he saw that work, and I think he said, this is something special. Uh, Swamp Thing at the time had been resurrected. Len Wein actually created Swamp Thing with Bernie Wrightson. Uh, it had been resurrected for the movie, sort of right around 1982, but it wasn't doing a lot. I can't remember who wrote it before. Alan Moore. I can't either. Uh, I, was I, it, I uh, it was up. it Len Wein? I don't think it was. I think he was an editor at that time. And I think he, I, mean, I could be wrong. Maybe he did edit it uh, and write it, but it, it was really it was boring as hell. It was more you know. Uh, almost like Swamp Thing as a secret agent, and uh, Alan Moore took that and just turned the whole thing on its head, removed any hope of humanity from Swamp Thing and made him a much bigger character than he had ever been before. It was always a very weird title, yes, but it was not what it became. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't sophisticated yet. It definitely was not suggested for mature readers. No. Uh, after Moore revamped the character Swamp Thing, he wrote his own ticket at DC for a time, writing one-off stories for several titles including Superman and Green Arrow, and then the floodgates have opened. Let's meet our British invaders, or at least some of them, since we can't go on and on. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it would be improper to do anyone before Alan Moore. No, I mean, he would be, he's the number one. He is the, uh, he is the guy. The straw so, that uh, stirs the drink, as they say. Absolutely. And uh, he was uh, born in ni- uh, 1953, and uh, he lived in a uh, like a worker section of uh, Northampton. Mm-hmm. 
Um, got married in 1973, took an office job for the gas council, if you can imagine that. Yeah, which is, I guess, um, something that happens in England. You have a I, different <laughs> yes. councils, and that's one of them. And uh, he uh, he quit to uh, start writing and actually drawing his own comics, um, uh, including, let's see here, St. Pancras Panda. Uh-huh. I, I'd never heard of this. I guess it's a satire on Paddington Bear, which is another uh, UK creation. Yep. And uh, Maxwell the Cat. I think he also did, uh, like, Doctor Something and Quinch or there something. Was, there, there, was, there were a few weird uh, satiristic comics. I kind of plucked these out, also because I was a huge Paddington Bear fan as a kid. Yes. Uh, but I've actually never seen these comics. I'd love to take a look at them. I'm sure you could get a peek at some, oh, sure. some versions online. And uh, he did some work for uh, 2000 AD, like, uh, like most of the fellas did, and also a uh, magazine called Warrior. It was a uh, black and white magazine that I actually was able to happen across a few uh, a few issues of at a uh, at a used bookstore out here. Oh yeah, and oh, it's it's such a such an interesting uh, time capsule. Looking at this, uh, seeing the original V for Vendetta and uh, and Marvel Man as well. Oh really? Um, it, it, you have issues with those in there? Yes, yes. Awesome. I've got the the actual magazines, but they unfortunately have a price tag that I'm not able to take off of it. Oh uh, well. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'll deal, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, uh, like we, we were saying, he, he created FIFA Vendetta, and he also revitalized Marvel Man, uh, which we now know as Miracle Man due, yeah. to, the, due to the Marvel uh, lawsuit or whatever they had. Uh, and I guess that's currently being published through Marvel now. Yeah, I think they ran through all of <clears throat> Alan Moore's, and now they're getting into... They're into the, the game in Buckingham run, yeah. Run, yeah. Um, and as you said earlier, he came on to do a Swamp Thing and uh, created a, another little-known character that uh, was never seen again named uh, John Constantine. Yeah, it's, a lot of people forget that, that that's was his origin, was in uh, the pages of Swamp Thing, and now he's his own powerhouse, you know, had his own television yep. show and all that. Yeah, and uh, he also wrote the final pre-crisis Superman story, which is uh, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. It, was, uh, it ran in... The last issue of Superman before it turned into Adventures of Superman, uh-huh. and uh, also in an issue of Action Comics before John Byrne took over and made it a uh, team-up title for a little while. Yeah, um, and he put out, like we were saying, he put out Watchmen with Dave Gibbons over uh, eighty-five and eighty-six, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people know. This was originally intended to be the uh, the acquired Charlton characters, you yeah. know, like uh, Blue Beetle, uh, uh, Captain Atom, uh, Judo Master. Yeah, you can and, uh, you can almost see the the uh, the comparisons. Homage, yeah. exactly. you know the you know Doctor Manhattan is to Captain, is to Captain Adam, Adam. certainly, and uh, unfortunately uh, they uh, had a bit of a falling out. Uh, he, he's had a falling out with uh, both of the uh, the big publishing houses, uh, at least the Western ones, for sure, and, uh, and states he will uh, never work with them again. And thus far, uh, he's held up pretty good outside of. Uh, DC's uh, early 2000s acquisition of his America's Best comics. Yeah, uh, he's he's hold he's he's held firm to that. But that was almost a backdoor trick. You know what I mean? Like he was yes. he was publishing through Wildstorm. They acquired mm-hmm. Wildstorm. It's almost I think he described it as like a girlfriend he couldn't get rid of. Yes, uh, because DC just kind of kept knocking at his door. It, it's I mean I, I give a lot of credit to Alan Moore for holding fast to his principles. Um. <laughs> uh, I think you know to have principles like that is rare in anywhere. 
Yeah, you, usually, usually you follow the. And I mean, he's even gone as far as taking his name off of projects he's worked on. Absolutely. Uh, I yeah. don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's accepted any money for any of the film adaptations either. No, not since uh, he actually he actually did sign off on the first League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and that's what I understand. You know, steered him away from supporting any further adaptations of his work. I don't blame gotcha. him. That adapt, adaptation was an abomination. Yeah, I, uh, I've yet to uh, see it, and I very likely won't. <laughs> yeah, I'd say a, there's not really one adaptation of his work that's worth really checking out. Uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, this is a guy who turned away a lot of money. Uh, he even had a for the recent uh, Miracle Man publication through Marvel, they weren't allowed to put his name on it. That's right. They right. had to uh, write the by the author. original right. original author. Yeah, which yeah, it's hard to it's hard to even imagine that. It is. Uh, you know, we just don't. I don't think that most of us or most people are cut from that same cloth. Now that, that that all being said, obviously we don't know what happens, what conversations have gone on behind closed doors exactly. We no. can't really, you know, speculate. Yeah. yeah, we can only speculate. But you know, his issue, for example, with Watchmen, that you know, once it went out of print, that he would get his characters back and be able to do what he wants with them. Um, who who else do you expect to print that? You know, like exactly. what, what what do you want to happen? I mean, it's it's been printing now for. Thirty years, three much, decades. Yeah, yep. three decades, nonstop. And it's 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 routinely at the top of the best-selling graphic novels list, even today. Oh you yeah. Know? I mean, it, so what was the, what was your plan? But anyway, <laughs> that's that's all speculation. Uh, I I do think Alan Moore does unbelievable work, even today. I pretty much check for any any of his work when it's uh, hits the stands, and sure, and this whole British uh, thing started with him. So, uh, next guy we want to talk about is Neil Gaiman, who uh, we just touched on, having picked up the Miracle Man run after Alan Moore. Uh, he was born in 1960 in Portchester, Hampshire, and I found out something I didn't know. He comes from a family of Scientologists. Did That's you know interesting. that? No, I, I hadn't the foggiest idea. His sister is like a big deal in the L.A. Scientologist community. Really? Yeah, oh, apparently his, his stance is, that's his family's religion, that's not his religion, which I think is fair. Sure. I think a lot of us can say that our you know parents are Catholic and we're not, or whatever it is, you know. But uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there, just to you know, in case people want to either look at him differently or maybe look <laughs> at him more appreciably. I don't know what the how that makes you feel, but that's, it's it's an interesting tidbit nonetheless. A little fact about Neil Gaiman uh, began doing journalistic work for music and lifestyle magazines in 1980. Wrote his his first book was a biography of Duran Duran in 1984. Uh, interesting. His first ever published work. I uh, saw a copy of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing in 1984. There it is, you know, that sort of kicks everything off. And he became friends with Moore and was able to pick up uh, Marvel Man after Moore finished his run, probably to go do work for DC. Uh, DC hires Gaiman in 1987 to write the Black Orchid miniseries, but, which is drawn by uh, Dave McKean in a very, like, watercolory kind of dank style. You ever seen that comic? Yes, yeah, I've, I've got, I've, I think I have that entire run. It's a very. Uh very dream state. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's McKean's good stuff. Yeah, definitely, and it, and it does sort of harken to what you're going to see in Sandman down the line, which I'm again going getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, Vertigo edit, editor Karen Berger, based on Black Orchid, uh, tasked him with reinventing Sandman, which is arguably, but almost inarguably, the biggest uh, Vertigo book ever. Um, it, it's still what you think of when you picture Vertigo. You you still picture Sandman. I mean, and the spinoffs. I mean, his his run is oh, I don't know probably a 
right around 100 issues or something right it's there. It's 66. Okay, it's 66 issues. But he's done. He's also done uh, spinoffs and uh, and miniseries. I that, mean, that yeah, he got Death, The High Cost of Living, then there was a Lucifer one, and there was... I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, even recently, there was something on Vertigo called The Dead Boy Detectives. Yes. Uh, and that was based on just like two, you know, small characters. characters, tiny characters. Uh, you know, Sandman's a series I stayed away from at first. I kind of penned it as like a goth girl series. Uh, I'm the same way, yes. Yeah, but I went back in my uh, early 20s, uh, read the whole thing in trade, and it, it's it's a brilliant series. If you're a fan of story structure, uh, literature, you don't need to know a ton about literature, but it's helpful to know a little bit about you know, Shakespeare even. Uh, but it's just well-written, carefully written stuff. Oh, it's... it's- yeah. It's very it's it's dense and breezy at the same time. It's yeah. it's such a such a strange book to read because you're getting so much information, but it, the way it's paced and the way he crafts it, you, it it's not a chore. It's just it's it's every so weird. piece is important later on. Absolutely. You know? So you get a lot of payoff of all these little scenes, all these little one-offs. Uh, it's such a long series; it has one-offs. You know, it's even yeah. has issues where there you know Sandman isn't even in them. Uh, do you do you remember? I, I can't remember this. If this started as a DC comic that became it Vertigo, did. it was a it DC did. comic for the first uh, I want to say like dozen issues. Yeah, it, this was part of that that proto mature. You know, not not quite Vertigo, but not quite you know, uh, Hey Kids comics type of a type of a book in the mid in the late eighties. Yeah, it. Uh, I thought so too because he meets you know he deals with the Justice League. He meets Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I think he gives uh, them Oreos. Actually, he gives he gives them some chuckos, you know. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and, and Doctor Destiny is a big thing. Although even even throughout the series, uh, House of Mystery and the House of Secrets are all part of it. So it's there's part of me that says it never let, leaves the DCU, or maybe the DCU, maybe the Dream World, let's say, is bigger than the it DCU. Could be, yeah. So that so it incorporates the DCU as well as every other. Reality, but that's you know for you to decide, for you to read yeah. and decide. And, yeah, and Arth, Arth, oh, I'm sorry. I was I was going to say because even uh, the character of Death has made uh, sporadic appearances in, you know, even even action comics uh, that's back true. Right before the New Fifty Two. She met up with Lex Luthor. That's I mean, true. It's, uh, yeah. So it's it's in there, but it's it's kind of on the periphery. You know, I, I always feel like well, you know when it's convenient, they, they'll use it. That's really yes. that's the answer. And our third and probably most contentious, not even British author no. is the the Scottish Grant Morrison. That's right. Um, I have a thing with Grant Morrison where. My, two of my very favorite writers are him and Peter David, and it's usually it usually is all based on whoever I read last. <laughs> it's, uh, so if I if I read an issue of Doom Patrol, Morrison's my favorite guy. If I read you know a Supergirl or uh, or a Spider Man twenty ninety nine, it's okay. Right. Peter David's my guy. Um, let's see. He started his life. Uh, he had his, he's a musician. Uh, he uh, had a band called the Mixes. Yeah, uh, Mixers, and uh, submitted some writing. Uh, he even submitted a pitch uh, to DC that uh, would uh, focus on the JLA and the New Gods, and uh, was uh, rejected or not even looked at. We we don't know yet. Yeah, I have a feeling um, they didn't even bother. But no, I, I don't think they really looked at uh, unsolicited uh, pitches. Uh, yeah, pitches. Yeah, even then, uh, he uh, did uh, you know the same all as the other guys. Uh, you know, 2000 AD. 
Um, he created uh, a character called Zenith that uh, recently came back in the print. Um, they did a four uh, a four volume hardcover set from uh, Rebellion or twenty AD. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's because a, uh, a year before that they did a uh, they did a limited print run on it that was like several hundred dollars. And uh, they finally came out and uh, were able to work out all the rights, and they did, uh, you know, a four book series. Oh. And uh, it, I, I, I recently went through it. It's, it's a, it's, it, I, I hate using the word British as an adjective in this case, but it's a very British book, <laughs> a very uh, European, Western European book. Um, it's, you know, it's a very early look at the superhero as celebrity concept that yeah. is fairly, you know, common these days. But I don't think it was back then. And uh, the character was, he was not a likable guy. He was a spoiled, bratish, petulant character. And uh, just very odd for a, for a story's lead. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think you would say that this is definitely the beginnings of what now is common, the deconstruction of, this, of comic book superheroes and those tropes. Yeah. This, is really, this is really the beginnings of it. You, know, you don't see that before this, except maybe in the pages of Mad Magazine. Certainly, you certainly know, the so. most satirical. Where this is, this is actually a narrative, and yeah. uh, you know Morrison, he's a lot of his early work was fairly controversial. Like, uh, didn't he have like My Neighbor Hitler, or like Hitler on a bicycle, or it was some very strange book that he wrote. <laughs> and he also had uh, Saint Swithin's Day, which I recently came into uh, possession of a copy of, which is based on a young man who's trying to kill Margaret Thatcher, mm. and that's the entire story. Wow. Um, so yeah, he uh, really never shied away from you know pushing the envelope. For sure, controversy follows uh, Grant yes. Morrison, and he, <laughs> he courts it as well. Yes, absolutely. And uh, he uh, caught he finally caught the eye of DC, and they had him pitch some stories, including uh, uh, one of his you know more popular early runs, uh, Animal Man. Yep. Which uh, introduced some uh, metatextual uh, type of a type of a. For sure. Yeah, it was uh, brilliant for the time. Uh, you know, the, this idea, kind of turning the crisis on its ear and showing the fallacy of it in a, in a way, using a character that no one could give a crap about. You know, well, he was part of the forgotten heroes. Definitely, yeah. Uh, right. So and, uh, it, it was brilliant in its way. Yeah, went through went through limbo. Met uh, you know uh, heroes that were pushed off the side of the road. I remember and, uh, he, he met he met the. Uh, uh, what are they called? The Inferior Five. You met that yep. guy. He even met uh, Angel Love. That's right. <laughs> Angel and the Ape. And uh, he also met Grant Morrison. That's um, right. Who was known as the writer. Uh, and they had a you know touching scene until I think John Ostrander realized that uh, Grant Morrison was now a character in the DC Universe and killed him in an issue of Su- Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, Grant also wrote uh, Arkham Asylum. Uh, a serious house on serious earth with uh, the fellow we mentioned before, Dave McKean. Yep. And uh, was a very fortuitous timing there because it was right around the time of the uh, the 1989 Tim Burton film. So uh, I think a lot more eyes got on Morrison's work than would have otherwise. I agree, definitely. I think it probably was better positioned than even Dark Knight Returns. Although, oh, absolutely. Although that did very well, but, you know... Also because the artwork in uh, Serious House and Serious Earth is almost like going through a museum. A lot of mixed media. Uh, yeah. The story, frankly, doesn't, in my mind, doesn't hold up to what it did when I first read it. But, you know, the artwork, the print, you know, it's just a luxury book, you know. It's like kind of a feast for the senses. Yes. So I think it probably had a lot of crossover into people that don't normally buy comics. 
Yeah, it was it was a it was a comic for folks who don't read comics. Yeah. It was a, it was it was beautiful and terrifying to look at. And it made him rich, let me tell you. Ooh. That's that's what he says. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also did work for Vertigo, including uh, several runs on uh, the Invisibles. Yep. Which uh, I suppose was I. Rumor has that was a reason why he left DC to begin with uh, when he went over to Marvel in the uh, around the turn of the century because I guess he saw the uh, Matrix films as cribbing a lot of his. Ideas from the Invisibles, huh? And uh, they were all under the Warner Brothers umbrella, and I think that was the that was one of the rumors at the time when he left DC. I could see that. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the concepts in the Matrix aren't exactly the most They're mind not blowing novel. concepts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thinking about it now, the Invisibles definitely did have some of that. You know, this is not your, this is not real type of, you know, yeah. uh, stuff type going on, and and and. Yeah. and Circumventing reality and sort of going in the behind the reality world to do your dirty business. Uh, I can't believe you, you. I know you also have a Magnificent Seven version of the JLA, uh, mm-hmm. which I loved his run on JLA and All Star Superman, which may be the top best ever Superman story. Yes, it was definitely. Uh, there's there, there's debate there's debate there, but this one routinely lands on everyone's favorite lists. Yeah, it was uh, it was beautiful to read, beautiful to look at. That was um, Frank Quitely, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a perfect storm, and uh, yeah, it was it was a like a silver age story told in modern times, and it and it worked somehow. Big time. I, that, that's yeah. a, a high recommendation for anyone. But I can't believe I didn't put my favorite thing he ever did on here, which would have been hmm. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. I don't know why. I, that, it's, I don't know that, why I left that off. It's like hello, that was. I know. I was looking for it while we were talking here, and uh, yeah, that. Uh, I, I try to read through that run once a year. I'd say it's, that's about uh, yeah. I, I do. I go through that about once a year. I love it. It's uh, quirky, fun. It's emotional. Yeah, uh, you got to check it out. The artwork, you, you know, you got to you got to get into a kind of a late eighties, nineties head. Yeah, because that was Richard Case. Yeah, and yeah. I, very very unusual. Not not bad. It's all there. The technicals are all there, but it's not what you expect to see when you open up. Your average comic book. Yeah, it's it's almost flat, but like purposely so. I'd say so. It's it's it is. It's very it's very weird. I love that run. I'd say. Oh, it's beautiful. Mo- yes. Most people would say that's the best run on Doom Patrol. I'd probably be inclined to agree with them. That's what um, Arnold Drake said as well. He said he said that that was the only one that really captured his that got it right. He got yeah. it right. His initial vision. And if you read Arnold Drake's run, it's also very quirky and in similar but not as esoteric ways. You know. Uh, yeah, a little less Dada in the <laughs> I would <Yeah>. say. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I love that. And uh, that's, that's pretty much the top three British uh, writers that we wanted to talk about for the invasion. But there are many, many more that came oh, yeah. across the pond around this time, including uh, Jamie Delano or Delano for Hellblazer, Peter Milligan, who did Shade the Changing Man, Warren Ellis, who did Trans-Metropolitan, and Garth Ennis, who did Preacher and the Boys. And I didn't mention uh, James Robinson. That's true. Right? He would have yeah. been. He, he did Starman, he among did, many oh, other things. He did things. that excellent run on Starman. Uh, he would have also kind of been at the tail end of this, but he, I would lump him in with the uh, British people that came in. Almost oh, certainly, yes. Uh, Vertigo itself became an almost nearly Brits-only imprint at DC. It seemed like if you were British, you could make a comic there. Uh, right up until about Why the Last Man, it was seemed like only Brits were allowed. Um, yeah, and uh, I know a lot of a lot of them were uh, were very very sad when uh, when they yanked Hellblazer from the uh, from the, the publishing schedule. Big because time, yeah. 
I think a lot of uh, a lot of up and comers and even some of the uh, veterans in the industry saw that as something of a rite of passage yeah. for uh, for for British pros. And now uh, you'll you'll never get your hands on it again, <laughs> you you filthy bricks. Uh, yep. Anyway. Uh, it's worth saying that the, these books exploited the direct market. Uh, we talk about the direct market in our third episode. I think we've talked about the direct market yes. in all three of them now. And But it's important and, to say that that's the reason these comics could exist was because the having the Comics Code Authority symbol approval was not important for these comics. Yeah, it would have hurt them. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they we, we talked about it. We kind of mentioned before DC started putting suggested for mature readers on the cover and they tick off the approved by the Comics Code Authority stamp, and uh, that couldn't have happened if it was all newsstand no. publishing. Um, and also these guys brought, you know, when people talk about the darkening of comics and how comics are very dire and, and uh, deep now, it really is these guys that kicked that off. Um, you know, Frank Miller could be thrown in there too, even Chris Claremont, kind of there was a sea change in comic book writing, but I would say these guys that we mentioned were the ones that really deconstructed the superhero genre and uh, exposed it, some of its lies for what they are or its fallacies and kind of brought about a darker age or what Paul Levitz calls the dark age of comics. Yes. So I guess that pretty much wraps up our British Invasion podcast, unless you have something more to add, Chris. No, no, I think, uh, I think, we, uh, I think we did a, a fairly uh, decent coverage for the uh, the top several uh, creatives. Yeah, uh, if you're interested in reading any of these books, of course, go find them. Go check them out. They're great. Uh, most of them are in print. Most of them are in print, and some of them, even if they are in single comics, they can be bought really cheap. You'd be surprised. Unfortunately, the, most of them are not digital. or Some of them are, some of them aren't. Uh, mm. DC's digital really it's needs to get to work. sporadic at best. Yeah, yes. it really is. It's a mystery. But... Uh, it, I, I, you know, mo- a lot of these are recommended highly. A lot of them, if you haven't read them, like Watchmen, you need to s- turn off this podcast and go get a copy right now because that's probably uh, one of the most important comic books to come out in the 20th century. Um, I, I will add that it. Uh, I read that in the mid 90s when comics were already getting getting kind of dark, and mm-hmm. it didn't have the same effect on me as I hoped it would. Yeah. Uh, you- you know, the Watchmen, which is a discussion to be had in its own, it, it's Certainly. A, really a commentary on the 80s. Uh, you know, you got the perpetual Nixon, you've got like this Cold War hovering over. Uh, without that there, it sort of does lose some of its contextual... Yeah, uh, you need to be in the gestalt of it to, I think, fully uh, appreciate and embrace it. But it's still a fantastic story. It, you know, still the, the comic within a comic and what it says about... Uh, golden age, silver age, modern age, or whatever, however you want to cut it up. Uh, he handles all that stuff very well. We're kind of like alluding to things. I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't read it, but really, just go read it. It's uh, yes. Stop. No reason to talk about it when you could be being about it. Yes. Uh, anyway, for Weird Comics History, I am Reggie. And I'm Chris. And uh, you can contact me at Twitter, uh, at Reggie Reggie. You can contact Chris on Twitter as well. I'm at Ace Comics on Twitter. And don't forget to read Chris's blog. Chris is on infraearth.blogspot.com. Uh, last, uh, this week he ran a, well, actually by the time you hear it, it'll be last week, he ran a uh, review of Man of Steel number one, which tied in lovely with our discussion last week about uh, Marvel buying DC Comics characters. So uh, make sure to look at it every day. He's got reviews going up every day, and they are fantastic. And if you want to write to us, 
uh, with hate mail or corrections or suggestions or whatever you like, you can write this podcast at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Um, are we good? I think we're good. All right. We'll wrap it up. This has been Weird Comics History. Thanks for listening. Thank you. All right, Eric, the British Invasion. British Invasion, it's like the Beatles. Beatles, Rolling Stones, and all that jazz. You more of a Beatles fan or a Rolling Stones fan? Beatles. Damn right you are, son of a bitch. <laughs> you, that's the right answer. My aunt in England was a big uh, Rolling Stones fan, and she told me that the big reason was or they were rebels. And she remembered seeing Mick Jagger on TV the first time, and he did not tuck his shirt in, Eric. <laughs> that freaking people went crazy she said they went to school the next day every boy in the school untucked their shirt fucking it was pandemonium fucking people going nuts things were weird back yeah, then. yeah it's weird how just shit shifts like that next thing you know i'm taking my kids to see fucking deadpool <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ like, imagine that i next get upset you know, that they're, they're shirt. making deadpool yeah, next thing you know they're untucking that shirt what do you think of that I always have a tucked-in shirt, so I don't know. I do not like tucked-in shirts, so there, so there, something just happened. And by I mean always, like an undershirt at least. Yes, yes. Uh, you like the undershirt? I am a huge fan of the undershirt. You have Are to have you? an undershirt. Undershirt this. Undershirt. I'm tired of every time you bend over seeing your ass crack. That's a, that's a little extra special thing for you. I, I don't well, what it is, you're supposed I, to insert a quarter. I'm supposed to be making quarters here. If I bend it over, it would just four, roll out though because you don't wear underwear. It. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll pick it up then. Nobody else is going to pick it up after it was my ass crack. That's how I'm going to make money. I don't need a Patreon account. I just go around showing my ass crack. People start putting quarters in. It's like a quarter slider, a hairy, sweaty <laughs> quarter <laughs> fucking deal. Yes. Deathstroke, Deathstroke, number 17, written by James Bonney, art by Tyler Kirkham, Ari Bronto, Dave Sharp. I got some crap this week for liking Deathstroke, and I don't care, because even with its flaws this month, I still enjoyed this issue more than most of my books. James Bonney reveals who Lawman is, and while it was a bit out of left field, fits the action movie feel of this book. We also get some cool fight scenes that make me want a Red Hood Deathstroke book. And while the ending felt a bit rushed, James Bond himself has assured me, Eric, that the Lawman and Snakebite will continue on as villains of this arc. Throw in a non-guitar playing Jericho. He's not even fucking painting or looking up at the stars. It's a different Jericho, Jericho now. I don't care. I still like. I still think it's the same, Eric. Same guy. Different and a, universe. And Time a pretty line. badass-looking Raja Ghul. And I'm sure I'll continue liking this book and continue getting guff for it. Now, this was an odd Guff. Guff. When I read this and reviewed it, I'll have to admit that because of everything else getting thrown in and all, to me, I thought that what was going on was James Bonney was told, hey, stop this fucking nonsense you're doing right now and get this book ready for rebirth, which is <laughs> going to happen in August. And I'm wrong. He told me I'm wrong. And now that I go into it thinking, yes, this is actually pretty much the start of the final act of Deathstroke, I like it more. I, I liked it before, but I get the idea now that we're going to get a little more. So where I thought, oh, my God, here we go. We got this. You're going to rush this. It, it really wasn't. Uh, but it does start off with a flashback in Kondok. 
Eric, what worst place in the DCU is there? The fire pits of Apocalypse, maybe? I Detroit. put in my review, Detroit. I don't know. Conduct, when, when shit goes wrong, though, it almost is always in conduct to me, it seems. It's conduct or Medora. Yeah, or Medora. I think they're, to me, they're the same goddamn place. But yeah, it's, it's a flashback, and that's where we see Deathstroke and his buddy Wardle. And Wardle is there. He's kind of, you know, goofing around with the old Deathstroke. Hey, buddy, you got your healing factor. I don't have it. Shit goes wrong. Like Shit does not go right for Wardle. And Deathstroke leaves him. He, he leaves him for dead. It, he thinks he's dead. And it always makes me laugh in these things where you never get the guy who he's like, why did you leave me, Deathstroke? And then Deathstroke's like, listen, you were dead. He's like, you know what? Fair point. Uh, I agree you know with what? you. Good, good point. Yes, there. Yeah. you're right. You know I would have left me too. Yes. Never mind. Here's but, your daughter back. Yes, but in the meantime, yes, you find out that the whole thing, Wardle has been uh, setting this up. He's been setting Deathstroke up uh, just because he left them for dead. And in the meantime, you see he got metahuman blood. Uh, they did some hobo fucking they, dentistry. <laughs> they it, really, it really seemed like Deadpool where they're trying to activate the freaking yeah, power. It, it, is, it is very Deadpool-esque where they do say it, but they did give him the meta, meta blood. And, and that's that how they brought of, him back to life. Yeah, and, and, and then that activated once they threat. But yeah, it is a little, it is a little Deadpool-esque. It's, it's funny, though. I read this issue, and now I'm like, all right, Lawman's pissed off at Slade, his partner, his best friend. He left him for dead, and he had to go through all this agony and pain. Now he's back to take his revenge. And all I could think of it, this book is just like the movie House, where Richard Mole and William Cat were friends in Vietnam. Richard Mole got killed, and then now he's haunting him in this house. And it's House. To take his revenge on William Cat, you remember? I, I remember. George, George Went was there. That's, Good times. That's, Love that like, movie. That movie is where the doctor like comes up with really crazy ways to heal people. House? No. Is that it? House? No, no. It was not Hugh Laurie's house. It was, oh, it was the one where that kid. William Cat. It's the one where that kid, his parents leave and go to France. And like they say, you're uh, lazy <laughs> incompetent. Lazy incompetent. That one, house. No, it's not house. Home Alone oh. or House Party. Uh, it's not house. that one with the guy with the big fade. It's it is not house. pajammy jammy jam. It's not the pajammy jammy jam. You're saying it's more like house. House. It's, <laughs> so but what you're, you're saying is it's that William movie. Cat, it's like George that movie Wett. where that guy is a uh, bouncer and he does a lot of uh, kicks and and he roadhouse. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not Roadhouse to a Jake Juicy either. It's not Roadhouse. Now, uh, I like Deathstroke because it is It's one of those where, um, like, if I come to you and I, it, it, wears its, it wears its passions on its sleeve, Eric. Oh, yeah. It, it's an action movie. It's an action movie. And where this whole thing goes, it does. Like you said, House. It is a common thing where, oh, man, you left me. Yeah, he's going to come back. And he spells out. Now, I do think that the lawman does um, kind of negate the role that Victor played because Victor really was the guy who led uh, Slade all over the place. Now, yes, lawman told him, I guess. But, yeah, like he he's like, I led you to Bell Rev. And then I and it was kind of Victor. What's Victor's motivations here? I think that Victor's just going to get paid. And right. I bet you he hates. Or not I bet you he hates. Yeah, I bet you he hates fucking Slade. Who would like Slate? Look at him. He's nasty. Not his kids. No. Uh, I do like that part, too. Well, you find out that, in the meantime, Lawman uh, got, like, uh, mind powers. He yeah. mind control powers. Where That's where he's controlling uh, Rose. And I do like where he says, like, even Slate, oh, you controlled Rose. No, no. She, she kind of had that she hate for you. She hates you. Yeah, she had that <laughs> hate for you. 
already. I just kind of pushed it along. I like that. I do like that he got that one guy in conduct to just bash himself with a rock. <laughs> I mean, you can't find a worse way to get a guy to kill himself. It's like uh, almost like how the one guy from uh, the, um, the Family Feud tried to kill himself by bashing his head into a wall. That was the guy uh, you liked, and it was Richard, not. Yeah, what was? I can't remember his name. Was I'm not about to say Anderson. Richard Mull, but that's Richard Mull. <laughs> uh, I, I forget that guy. House, house. But yeah, they they go on. They spell out the deal. Now, the one thing that I don't understand fully is why. I guess I do understand, but Lawman's kind of upset that Slade's not at his best, but he got him that way. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he, he did it. This all was, you know, plan. A, B, C, and D got fucking snake bites in there. And I, I would guess if I was snake bite and Victor, and I, I kind of would feel played. Don't, you bit. know what I, I mean? I actually find it weird that snake bites working with Lawman now. Again, I just think that he hates Slade and he's, you know, out for a good time. I think he's going anyway. And plus, boy, somebody's got to go to town to get him food. <laughs> he cannot go into town at the grocery store. He's not, nobody is serving him. Um, Go out there. All you got to do is blow up some eyeballs. You're good. Yeah, really. But uh, we did know what was going to happen. He's going to fight. He's going to fight Wallman. Wallman's going to fight him. They're doing a little knife fight. And uh, Red Hood wakes up. And we knew this was going to happen. Though I do really like it. I like them together. And I like that uh, James Bonney spells it out even. That they don't really like each other. They're just going to help each now other. I, now. now I owe him. He saved me. Now I got to yep. save him. And he says, I like a little guy. And... Um, where we had some awful lines in Grayson, I like I like Red Hood. I like the way James Bonney writes Red I. Hood. I almost yeah, I wish that he was doing Red Hood. I really I, think that he would suit that Red Hood and the Outlaws book to a T. And I really like the art in this too. Yeah, the way they make the Red art Hood is look. awesome. That that I, panel, everything looks really good. The panel where he's like, yeah, he even says, "Hey, you know what?" They're like Loma, because Lawman hired him. And he's like, yeah. yeah, my job's finished. This is my free time. And he jumps Oh, that's up. my favorite panel of the book. It's with the, the best. Rest in I'm peace telling right you, Tyler Kirkham should have signed that right there. Just so oh, right there. <laughs> he R.I.P. right on the freaking yep. tombstone so in front of him. It's so good. And it looks great. That is the Red Hood mask that I love. Though I think the eyes are a little bit too expressive, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, at least there's not that fucking mouth that he's talking through. And at the freaking, just the coat and the arm, awesome. Looks great. And the freaking... uh. D-Ron loves it, loved this issue. A lot of people on our site are big Red Hood fans, and they loved it. They loved every bit of it, and I do like seeing the Red Hood. The best Red Hood we've got in a long time. It is. I really like Why isn't James Bonney? He said he's going to listen tonight. You can get on, the, get on the line to your agent. Tell him you want to do the Outlaws <laughs> book because, yeah, it would get be really Tyler good. Get Tyler with you, too. Yeah, take them both. Uh, Tyler will not be finishing uh, most of this run, by the way. Oh, that's He did shame. say. Uh, but, yeah, even the, where Deathstroke then fights uh, – Snakebite just cuts off his things and says, I know they're going to grow back, but it's fun. I Man, like that. And that was satisfying. Yeah, I like that. And I, but again, I'm going into this thinking, oh no, he's being forced to change things because at that one point, then um, the mind control comes in. Lawman controls Red Hood and he thinks Batman's there and tells him to go, help me find the we, Joker. got to go find the Joker. He's like, okay, just walks All away. Right. And I did like <laughs> that. Uh, if, you know, this is one of those things that, yes, it's, it's kind of out of nowhere, but I do like then. That snake bite's like, come on, let's kill him. And he's like, no, no, I might need him someday, like Lawman says. So at least it's explained that they don't do it. And poor Red Hood. 
just walks away. I don't just know. I don't know away. where he's going. Uh, he came there in a the helicopter. He's just gonna walk. <laughs> he's just gonna keep walking. It's pretty good it's though. Like far enough. Well, that's what I was gonna say. At one point, him. he's gonna get too far away, and he's gonna be so fucking pissed off at himself. Go, God damn it! It happened. But yeah, then you get Red Hood, and boy, people are not leaving this issue uh, well because Lawman gets stabbed. Slade gets stabbed, and then Rose just gets run right through. And then she that's when she's like, Daddy. And yeah, I, I liked it. I really did. And then out of the blue, out of nowhere, they disappear. And I was like, what the f-? I had no I, idea I, what I was did, going on. I didn't either. I, I actually thought that they had gone insane. Or I, <laughs> I actually thought also that possibly that um, Lawman's powers was like working against him, something crazy. But no, it was Jericho, and I like it. I like that that calls back. I like that. We're gonna, I like that as I well. I like that we're going to end with Jericho. That's how all this started. Was basically him trying to get Jericho. And yeah, this whole run uh, when um, Tony uh, Daniel started, and then James Bonney jumped in with it, has been about family. This whole deal, and it's going to end back that way. To and it. yeah, you get the whole family together, and, and they do not get along that well. Um, no. I don't know what Rajah Ghoul's fucking end game is. I have is. no idea. Uh, I guess we're going to find out. I do. Li- he looks so. He looks so good. So good. I said he looks so badass. He looks like a Capcom drawing. Yeah. And you know what's funny? He's on the cover. Yeah. So it's not. But when I saw him, because he looks so badass and good, I was like, holy shit. No. Wait, what am I, a dummy? He's on the cover. I know he's going to be in there. But, boy, he looks so good. And, yeah, he's got something he says we have a it's lot. It's probably the best-looking Rachel Gould we've had of the year 52. I think it looks stupendous. And, yeah, he's like, hey, we got some shit to discuss, all of us. And I am really, really interested in what Raja Gould could possibly have to talk about. I don't – what do you think? Do you think that it leads something with uh, Talia? Because it's almost like their family and you, you kind of get this. It doesn't seem like he is uh, – completely like hey i got your son if you want him you know what he could be mad about the time that slade went after damien maybe yeah maybe do you think i doubt it though but do you think that maybe i don't know do you think maybe this does tie into damien look you you went after my grandson i got your son let's discuss our family business here Yeah, yeah it seems like it definitely is family and i also love i love when there are, it happens a lot in Superman books. I love when, and this is, uh, and it's part of art, but it's lettering, where they say the name and it's in the free. It's all, I, it's all special. Oh, I love it. Superman <laughs> it happens all the time, but yeah, Dave Sharp throws that in. I really, really like, I'm telling I'm not a huge Raja Ghoul fan. I freaking got giddy when I saw him. I'm like, that, he looks so good. Oh my but yeah, God. I'll get guff from these guys on hey, Tumblr. I'm going to grow my mustache like that. I, I want to, too. Get some <laughs> chops there. Telling you, even the silver fox on the side there, I'm going to do it. But, yeah, I really like this. Do it. Uh, I'm going to do it. Um, you already did. Ooh. Time already did it to you. <laughs> gray. What are you talking about? Unless I grow a beard. Then my beard is gray. It's freaking very upsetting. Mine too. Yeah. Um, I like this issue. It's a action movie freaking come to life deal on the comic book it's page. Fun. And it's fun. I do. Like I said, it's not trying to be anything it isn't. It's not trying to be, like, crazy wacky. I said in my review, I, I like James it. Bonney's writing more than Grant Morrison. People can kill me for it. I don't need every book to try to be some fucking wacky out of the fucking blue deal. I like to enjoy myself sometimes. And this is, the, this is what Red Hood should be every issue. There are certain books that lend oh, themselves to this. 
Deathstroke, these people who bash Deathstroke, they're bashing the character. They have not read an issue. They haven't touched this book. They just hate the character and wonder, why is there a Deathstroke book? And uh, and we don't get this. They're fun Nazis. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to have fun because, yeah, not every book has to be crazy, wacky, and, and fucking intellectual. I like it. I like what we're getting. And I'm going to look forward to next issue, and I'm going to read it until it goes. I'm not a huge Deathstroke character. I'm not a fan of the character that much. I, I like him enough, I like him, but, but have like you ever heard it. me say that he's my favorite character? He's not. I just like this book as a fun time to read and, and smile and get some action. Some books, they don't have action. This book has fucking limbs flying everywhere. <laughs> freaking uh, Pronto has to get that extra order of red ink. When he's going, he's got to get shit going on. It was Prianto, right? Yep, Ari Pronto. And uh, when I talked to James Bonney, I did talk to him. And he, when he was telling me about what's going on, he said that the thing about this is, is that the, uh, there's still three issues. I told you that. And the way things are going, um, this actually is part one of the last trade of this run. And the one trade is going to be that comes out in September is number 11 to 16, where it'll have all of Rose's disappearance. It seems longer, doesn't it? And then, and when he found her last issue, and then it starts up with this one. And yeah, there's Raja Ghul. Uh, but Paolo Pantaline, what is it? Pantaline. We've had him before on different books. He is going to be doing the art for 18 through 20. So he's going to end it, and he said the art is really good. So we'll see that. Excellent. But, yeah, I like it for an action movie deal. Uh, this is why I love Bloodsport. And the art's always yeah, been great. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, even when, you know, when Tony Daniel did it himself and then went from there, and Tyler Kirkman kills. And, yeah, I'm saying Paolo P- Pantalones. He'll do good, too. But, yeah, like I was just going to say, I love Bloodsport. It's not because I think that fucking thing. <laughs> oh, yeah? Should, I don't think it won a fucking Oscar. That's news it didn't win me. an Oscar, did it? I think that one guy yeah. did. I, too, will fight in the Kumite. I did not mean to steal it. I, I've been working on my... I think I'm doing it pretty good, aren't I? That's my new... Yes. I haven't done a lot of impersonations lately. I'm trying to think of what a... No, no more. I am not going to be your punching bag anymore. Deal is off, you slant eye. Whoa, whoa, cut. Whoa, Listen. whoa, calm but, down. But he called me round eye. I get to insult him, right? No, no, no. You don't get to do that there, buddy. Okay. Look at me. I can do a split. Oh, no. I just shit my pants. Oh, jeez. Cut. That's it. That was the... Where the fuck did you find this kid? That is the director's cutter. And then at the end, he shows up. And uh, why are you... Why do you push me to sleep with your wife? While you look in through the closet. Oh, Jesus Christ, buddy. All right. I, Mr. I, Tanaka's like yeah, that. I think Mrs. Tanaka has a, like, it's weird to me in that movie. She is not sexy, but she's sexy, Eric. I think she looks like she's up for anything and, and for that. Here's to you, Mrs. Tanaka. <laughs> you, she says she likes my Giants jersey, but she likes it better on the floor. I, With my... With my when New York I Giants get older, cap. I'm going to make my dad proud and screw my mom. I, too, will screw your mother. <laughs> she is now the ultra-secret fighting tournament. Mrs. Tanaka. <laughs> All right. I gave, I gave this issue a 7 out of 10. Uh, but I, I would give I it a really 7 out of 10 it. as well. I really had some fun with it, as I always do. I enjoy it. Uh, 
I don't know where we're going with Mrs. Tanakh. Sinestro number 22, written I by Cullen Bunn. I, will write Sinestro 22. I did not mean to steal Kitana's sword. I don't know how it got in my ass cheeks. It hurts. Help me. Okay. No, French boy. No. Oh, you, very dishonorable. You must earn Katana's sword out of your ass. But, but, Mr. Tanaka, it really, really hurts. It will hurt more. Close your eyes and try to grab the fish. This does not feel like fish. I feel two balls. What is going on, Mr. Tanaka? Oh, you must put your hand deeper you in pocket. Shut I mean, up. Oh. Reach in. If you go deeper, you'll find change. I don't <laughs> think I'm that desperate for change, Mr. Tanaka. You, we are not going to tell your parents you, about you this You shut up. Either. We have a deal. You help me train my son. But I've never seen any son here. You do not have a son. One day I'll have a son in you. Shut the train. hell up. That's why I have you sleep with Mrs. Tanaka. I've been shooting <laughs> blanks since back in the old days. I'm sorry. I cannot do this. I have not hit puberty as of yet. You shut your mouth. And scene. <laughs> Written by Cullen Bunn with art by Martin Coco, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. Yes. Dave Sharp. You, Dave Sharp. Dave Sharp. Sornick stars. Sornik starts her rule over the Yellow Lanterns by using them to not only police the universe in full effect, but to also have them search for clues to what happened to the Green Lantern Corps. And even though this is to be a giant-ass ruse or something that benefits Sinestro, our title character is all about it. We've also had the Red Lanterns coming back in this issue and preparing to take out the Sinestro Corps. Yeah, you want to talk about a checklist? Boy, boy, I do. Nothing goes on here. I... Do not have. I have uh, two notes. Art is awesome, which I really did like the art. Oh yeah, it's great, and that's the funny thing too, because you did not like Martin no, Coco on Green no. Lantern, and I really, I don't. It's different here. I'm telling you, yeah. it looks a lot different, or at least it's got to be the coloring. I guess it is. Uh, yeah, or the the inking. I don't know. Well, he does the inks. Ooh, you are right, boy. You are you are proving me wrong, Mister Tanaka. <laughs> you shut up. You like Martin no, Coco? I, I told you. I really enjoy this series, but the worst thing that this has done, in my mind, is it threw everything that the Red Lanterns title did out the window, and this completely resets it, and that all bothers me because we have police. This is getting them ready to be the villains in the Green Lanterns and, book. That's and all. And it really, it, is. it kills me though because we went through all this stuff with the Red. We had a Red Lantern war with Guy taking on Atrocitus, and yeah. there were sides. Please and Rancor well, working for Atrocitus now. This is slap in the face for any Red Lanterns fan in my mind. You remember another Cullen Bunn book that we reviewed and talked about? One Aquaman? Keep thinking. Keep on thinking because I can't remember his name. Don't you remember uh, what's it called? Uh, um, Lobo? Remember? Okay, Jesus. Trying to think. Remember who showed up in that book and was worse? Red Lanterns. He no, yeah. I know. I'm telling you, that's where we started then. with this. Because remember, with, they, with they just Rancor showed up and got and bitch Tro- slapped, and everybody yeah. hated it. But yeah, here they show up. They're only showing up because they're they're trying to find the Green Lantern Corps, and when they eventually come back, it's going to lead just the Red Lanterns right to them, and that's their... Well, at this point, it just seems that they're after the Yellow Lanterns. Yeah, I'm saying no. I, I'm saying they're after the Yellow Lanterns. I believe that they will take care of the Yellow Lanterns, but as the, red, the Yellow Lanterns are trying to find the Green Lanterns now... 
And when it all comes together, that's just going to lead the Red Lanterns to fight the Green Lanterns because uh, they are the villain of the first arc of the I Green know. Lanterns. I just wish it was explained more because from where we left the, the Red Lanterns right. title, Belize would never be working no. with well, Atrocitus. I, I will tell you one thing. I did read this, and I thought to myself, boy, I don't know what happened in this book because shit is just weird. With uh, The whole thing with Sinestro just was odd from the get-go. This issue, you get a little more of the whole thing like, okay, he's – playing it up and you have this but when the red lantern showed up it's like holy crap so i did message uh cullen bunn and i said to him hey what's going on with all this nonsense you know it really like this book really seems like a story was going to happen that did not and now we're going and he did he didn't say any details he just said yeah it got messed up by Rebirth a lot uh and said he didn't want to go into the detail i'm not pushing him but yeah uh This is definitely him being told, uh, you know, what to do and where to go with it, and he's trying to do his best. I don't think he's very happy. I don't think that we're going to see Colin Bunn on a lot of uh, DC books in the future because, boy, he seems to really have been, you know, dicked over a lot. He wanted to leave Aquaman, and they convinced him not to, and then people were just hounding him about how awful it was. (laughs) You know, guys like Eric Shea. Luckily, we didn't get blocked by him. I didn't hound him. No, but I'm saying he was blocking people just because he had enough. He didn't want to hear about it when I think that a lot of the things that happened, almost like a Tomasi, where we found out that his Detective Comics was really screwed. And I think that that happened a lot of times now with Colin Bunn. And, you know, guys don't like to hear shit. Again, we're, I'm going to go right back to the beginning where we said people are their brand now and they're getting screwed yeah. around with. And uh, some people don't take it as well. And I think that was, you know, Colin Bunn's like, fuck it. But, yeah, he's finishing this up. But, boy, not a lot's happening. And what does happen no. really is like almost like to me – even when the Red Lanterns show up and they're trying to get a Cullen Bunch trying to tell a little story until shit goes up to rebirth. But boy, I'm just Green Lanterns, come back. Please, just get back because this is nonsense. Nothing's happening. Well, I'm telling you, we have Sornik now leading the Sinestro Corps, so we see her starting to like take over the, as leader and have her apprehensions about how am I going to fucking do this? It's going to be a problem. And we see that she has sent the Green, like the, the Yellow Lanterns out to find, look for the yep. Green Lantern Corps. But they're also out there policing the yeah. universe, and we get to see like Arch Kimmel and Saint Walk really on Earth liked. taking out Solomon yeah. Grundy. We see uh, a bunch of the Lanterns taking on Starro, Starro which is all, and that's the bitch of this issue is that we see little quick cuts of this. These are the yeah. stories and I, I want to see. These were the stories we were going to get. I think that this oh, that would was be like amazing. okay, we were going to have Star. At one point, they were going to probably search out Lobo because he was out there, and yeah, Sinestro. Yeah, and I, they Sinestro went after Lobo and him, and yeah, now they're going to have to go get. It. Yeah, there's all these really like the coolest and, and then parts, we have, the parts you don't get. And they're Starro's awesome. Freaking, that would have been so I awesome. Can, I would yeah. love to see that. I'm telling you, Arkillo and Saint Walker taking on Solomon Grundy, who we really have not seen yeah, in the New I, 52 except for on I Earth. I really two. do think that it was one of those where, like, Cullen Buns has to tell this, and he's like, no, I, I do want to show people what could have been. Uh, there's no reason. Hopefully. Yeah, and freaking while you're talking, I might message him and say, was there going to be a Starro story? Because I <laughs> love Starro. That would have been so, so cool. But yeah, then you have the the Manhunters are going out and all, you know all this, and that's fine. I do like the whole part with uh, the uh, like Sinestro is kind of in the background and he knows what's going on, and you don't know what he's yeah, playing there's at, some whatever. In his yeah, ranks, and he knows and he that and he's going to protect. That want to kill yeah, I like that. I do like that. The whole thing, like you said, with the the Red Lanterns and stuff, it, it seems very forced. Looks cool. 
the art's awesome. Yeah, it looks it looks yeah. awesome. Uh, but yeah, this is I'm saying this isn't bad though. We just spend the issue going back and forth between what's going on in Sorenik's mind now that she's the leader and things that you know she hated these fuckers the most. And we got the Red Lanterns, what they're up to, and like they're taking over a freaking uh, a moon operation base type of thing to kind of find the Yellow Lanterns. They, these people that they killed before they killed the last one, they're like send out a distress beacon. The police of the universe, the Yellow Lanterns, we're gonna kill them. Yeah. So do that. We're going to be waiting here for them. It's going to be awesome. And it looked awesome. I just hate these versions of the Red yeah. Lanterns. They don't make sense to no, me. I know. How do you spell Storo? <laughs> S-T-A-R-R-O. I, I am good. I was spelling it. I am, I'm messaging. I'm going to see if he, if he messages while we're talking. But, yeah, I, uh, uh, I'm going to ask him if there was going to be, like, a, a more of a Starro deal. Because, boy, I saying, love the Red Starro. Lanterns... The Red Lanterns, for the most part, though, it's the most exciting yeah, part of the book. Yeah, and it is. There's not even it, a lot going on no, there. No, the art, like, I say it a hundred times, the art is, the art really, is really good. And it's weird because, yeah, I'm not, and I'm looking through, and even as I said that, there are some of the things that uh, I have the issues with that I always did, um, and it's mainly uh, Sarnik, where uh, yeah. it's very, pen- the shadows are always what got me. Remember when we would talk with Mark? Yeah. And they are there, but boy, the, the stuff with the Red Lanterns looks awesome. That The freaking last page is great. But yeah, there is issues. Like you said, we had this issue before with Lobo where you said the same thing. Blease was with Atrocitus. Didn't make sense. And Rancor and was Rancor, with her, yeah. and Rancor would never work yeah, with Atrocitus I, again. He ended up getting killed, yeah, and it pissed yeah. me off. Uh, there he is. There's fucking Dax or whatever. What's his name? Dexstar. Dexstar? I always forget the the Red Lanterns. I like the Red Lanterns, but yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, connection with them. But yeah, there's really not a lot to talk about in this issue. No, I, I love Sornik, and that seems to be enough for me to satiate me, even if there's things in this book that I yeah, don't agree yeah. with. Yeah, it's weird. It's basically, to me, it was like one of those with, uh, like, hey, this is what's going to go on, and these are the characters that are going to be. I don't think this is uh, Cullen Bunn just pulling shit out of his ass and going, oh, Red Lanterns, I like these. He, he had to have been told how it's going to go, what's going to go on. And, and maybe we'll, I don't know that we'll ever get an explanation of why they're together or why from what happened they would go together because, no, I because don't you're so. right, they, they shouldn't. Uh, they shouldn't be together. But, yeah, that's what we got. I don't know what else to say about this book. I really don't. There's no, nothing else no. to say. I would give this book a – I haven't reviewed it yet, but I think I'd give it a 7 out of I'd 10. I'd probably – Even with nothing yeah, going I, on I, and how much I, I, I eat the red go like 6, 5. Uh, but that's, you know, not that much different. But, yeah, only because not a lot happens. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to go off now to what I believe Flash Reviews, right? So we're going to yep. have Flash Reviews, and then we'll be back to end the podcast in style, Eric. In style. Ah! And it's Flash Reviews time. Flash. Flash. Ah! Flash Reviews. <laughs> and we have Reggie with us because, Reggie, you had a lot of books this week. I you know, know like, we all, we all had Reggie a lot. Reviews. Yeah, we had a, all of us had a lot of books. Even uh, Jody had two books, and yep. Poppy had one, but that's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's usually Eric's thing to yell about. But yeah, we're going to do the flash reviews with most of your or all of your books, Reggie, uh, starting yep. with Harley Quinn number twenty-seven. Harley Quinn number twenty-seven, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by John Timms and Alex Sinclair. Red Tool went a courtin' for death at the hands of Harley Quinn after unsuccessfully pitching woo to her atop a Coney Island Ferris wheel. The decidedly emo tattooer of foreheads, Red Tool, sets up an impromptu yeah. wedding where all the guests are hostages. Hmm. How was it? Yeah. How was uh, it? 
you know, listen, if, if you're if you're into Harley Quinn, if you're in this far up to issue 27, you really can no longer claim that, that you're not. That is true. You, you, can't, really, about, you, you know? can't really bitch your moan. Uh, you're already uh, there. Exactly. So so this had all the good things. And, you know, there were some funny bits. There was a conversation between this uh, Deadpool fake-out character yes. and Harley Quinn. And they, there were definitely some genuinely funny jokes in there. What was funny about this issue, though, is that the uh, the art by John Timms, it, it was very good but it was very different from the usual style you expect to see. And, like, there were a couple of cheesecake scenes that didn't really read. Really? Uh, it, it's, it was strange. You know, the, the, part of Harley Quinn is a lot of boobs and butts, and yeah. this guy was not a great boobs and butts artist. But, uh, I, but not was a bad it actually artist. cheesecake? It wasn't really cheesecake. It was, so it was funny. Uh, it, you need you cheesecake know, but, dialogue with cheesecake. You actually me, wanted real cheesecake. I want an actual. I want a real. Do you piece like of cheesecake cheese. with cherries on it, or do you like blueberries? I like actually blueberries hate cheesecake. is just weird. Yeah, I, I like the cherry. You hate cheesecake, Reggie? Yeah, I don't like cheesecake. No, I like cheesecake. Uh-huh. I like it with cherries, a little uh, graham cracker crust going. I don't mind it. My mom, that was a big thing of hers, so I guess that's where I got that from. You know what? I don't like s'mores. Hate them. Hate them. <laughs> you goddamn monsters, know about your you are. I hate those goddamn s'mores. But so they you know, but you know what was worse than this book was uh, the uh, the colors. Alex Sinclair, who usually does inks, okay, uh, just did a, b- a boner of a job. That was really what dragged this thing down for me. I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay, because then, I feel yeah, like it was a little... still a pretty good Harley book. But yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's funny. That's weird. Why? Why would they have him do colors? Why? Do you think maybe that was, like, maybe the last he's... second thing or? Or maybe yeah, that he's giving it a shot. You know, yeah. everyone's got to start somewhere. Who maybe he doesn't want another paycheck. I don't know, but it's, I don't know. Don't you think that what is what is the better step from inker to colorist or colorist to inker? Or what? Do you, I would think that inker is like the next step uh, is a penciler. Then. What is he stepping uh, backwards? I mean, I, I'm sure he does his own pencils. But let me tell you, if you if you can master color. In comics, and you know, vice versa. If you can't master it, it's obvious. Yeah. You know, color color is one of those things. If you do a good job, no one even mentions it. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't notice it. It just it works. Everything looks great. You know, if it, but if it sucks, you'll notice it real fast. No. Well, so it's a it's it's a it's a huge skill. I think it's much tougher than inking, which is, let's face it, tracing. <laughs> tracing. Oh. All right. Well, the next book is uh, another one of yours. It's Black Canary number eleven. Black Canary, number 11, written by Brendan Fletcher, art by Sandy Jarrell, Wayne Foucher, and Lee Loffridge. Dinah's search for her mother by way of searching for her band leads her to Germany, and Isaac Orato, a one-time friend of Edie's mom, that is also a demon cannibal. Just when it looks like all hope is lost, along comes Dinah's ninja aunt, who is actually Isaac Orato in disguise? I have no idea what the fuck is happening in this book anymore. Yeah, it's very odd. Good times. <laughs> it really, I, I, I really am at a loss. And granted, last time when I did this book, I, I had a lot of trouble understanding the conversation between Dinah and Batgirl, which is where we learned a little bit about Isaac Orito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that's the one me and you talked about together. I had no idea what was going on. I had no. I, I read it. Three I think times. I read that issue too for this. Uh, yeah, was... yeah, and you were like, "What? What? What are they talking about?" Like. <laughs> I know I haven't CIA, read this book in a while, were, but shit. They were dancing. I, I don't know. Really, it seems like it seems like Dee Dee's mom worked with Isaac Orato in some musical capacity. Either she was a backup dancer. It's really unclear still to me. But he ate her. Nice. So that's that's what happened to Dee Dee's mom. That I think. Sexy. I, this is me. I, to be honest, I'm I'm conjecturing. I'm not positive. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. What did you give it? 
a 6.5 out of 10. I thought it was five out of 10. It was fairly weak. You know, it, it, there are worse things you could spend three bucks on, but uh, there are definitely a lot better things oh. like, like rub a, and tug. a sandwich, maybe <laughs> s'mores, the worst snack Wait, what ever. Are you getting a rub and tug for $3? A rub and yeah, tug well, you got, for $3? You gotta come by my neighborhood. Really, man. it's like just yeah. some guy in a in a cardboard box. That's that's <laughs> yeah, my eyes closed. The guy that's has the a exact... mobile glory hole going on. It's just a, him in a, a cardboard box, like freaking Solid Snake, walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. You know what my tip is? What? Is that part of the three bucks they give you a paper bag? You're supposed to put it over his head. Oh, if you yeah. put it over if you put it over your own head. Then you can go to like Dreamland. That, that's yeah, well, my tip can. for the day when you get the three dollar rubber. Once you put you put the the paper bag on your head and all of a sudden in dreamland you don't feel the stubble on the, the guy exactly, yeah. on the dude's face is that what no, you're she saying could be, she could be italian that oh <laughs> that is not very proper eric that is wow terrible. the next book is mine it's justice league 3001 number 11 written by jam dematteis and keith gibbon art by scott collins high and travis lanham justice league 3001 is almost over but it's still a rip-roaring good time guys while Guy Gardner right. is going through some split personality issues, which I said is solid gold, and no one's sure <laughs> if the convert is taking over Wonder Woman, he got inside of her. The Legion of nice. Doom, led by Eclipso, who is Terry. And if you remember, Eric, when you were reading, Terry was the... Uh, She's Flash. He, no, Terry with an I is Flash. Terry with oh. a Y is her brother that was part of the Wonder Twins at the beginning. That's you right. Assume he was dead. He's actually Eclipso. Uh, he's been ordered to attack... Uh, the Justice League and bring him down, except the Flash, who is his sister, Terry. Uh, the issue <laughs> looks fantastic. It's all pretty it's cool the worst and naming ever. I know. Terry and Terry. Well, I am still shocked this book lasted this long, which I've said in my review and everything. It, it's, I'm not putting the book down. It's just yeah. that this concept of this book and for it to have lasted this long is a shock to me. But it's also been consistently good. It, it is a very good book. I gave this issue an 8 out of 10. I, Scott Collins, I think, kills it on art. There are actually probably like three or four really good laughs in this. And the story, it's not just a joke. The story is pretty good. The Legion of Doom is there. It, it's crazy. Uh, and the Legion of Doom is like the uh, Legion of Superheroes uh, characters that are being led by Eclipso. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, now, it, it's just I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm an idiot or if I have early onset Alzheimer's. But every month when I go through the solicitations, every time I see this book, I'm well, shocked no, that it's still I, a thing. I, put, I forget about it immediately. I put it in the beginning of my review that it is one of those books that it actually has the benefit of not having a rebirth. Uh, so that it can kind of end its own story. It doesn't have to set yeah. anything up. But because of that, um, like Midnighter, Midnighter's canceled, people right. all up in arms. Oh, my God, Midnighter's canceled, or a book leading into Rebirth. Uh, this book, nobody's yelling about. And so <laughs> it, to me, it does kind of get lost in the shuffle. That nobody's even it, whispering no, about it. No, no, and what I said, and this is not a, an insult to it, I really do think that it's like one of the, say Reggie uh, right now I tell you that uh, and this is true I just heard it your doctor called me you have two weeks to live I'm sorry Reggie okay. I heard this two whole and weeks wow two whole weeks to live and awesome. then you live another twenty years by the time you're in like the ten people have stopped caring about you you know what I mean not caring oh, about man. you but like boy he's really outlived this two weeks he's had a I good run the, or it's I, like I saw a like, house episode like this the guy ended up suing the doctor no. Or how about like me? It would be a lot worse. I'm 110 years old. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm 110 right now, 
And you'd say, look, he had a good run. He's got the worst diet anybody's ever yeah. had. Uh, tonight, and he's I, had, ugly. I had chicken tetrazzini. I don't know why ugly uh, factors into my age. I just want people to know, really. I used to be a cute fella. I used to be a cute little kid. Actually, Eric says I'm ugly, and I sent him a picture of me when I was like 11. I look exactly. I have not changed at all. It's just you with a beard now. I told you that I am like one of those women that when you graduate, you're like, man, you know, that chick's hot. And you see her 20 years later at the reunion like whoo she fell Ooh. off a cliff but then you see yeah. a woman who's like boy she was average and now she still is average the average us average people we we take over in the end <laughs> yeah so you i'm telling you at the old it's a long it's a long game it's, you know? it is it's a long con my looks <laughs> i'm just waiting for the old folks home uh, but yeah, I gave it. A, I gave this an eight out of ten. I, I really do like it. Nice. Uh, but I can't say that when it's done, I'll be sad because I think it had a good run of it. It's like me uh, at the old. And I'll yeah. forget all about it. Yeah, it'll be one of those that will be forgotten very quickly. People remember that crazy ass fucking Justice League, uh, Justice League Antarctica? No, no. Just like it's going to be like the next book we're going to talk about. Well, here you go, Reggie. Your next up is Secret Six. Secret Six, number 13, written by Gail Simone, art by Tom Derenick and Jason Wright. Strix is undergoing League of Assassins boot camp while the rest of the gang has a cookout on Ralph Dibney's porch. Scandal Savage asks Catman to be her in vitro baby daddy, and he agrees, but on one condition, to be revealed next issue. Oh. Hint, it's going to involve kicking some League of Assassins asses. Oh. I was going to think it's going to involve him saying, fuck this in vitro shit, we're doing this old-fashioned. I Girl. thought they were heading to the alley. Mm-mm. Get rid Maybe. of that thing. Coat hanger. Do some do some cat dogging. You got that right. I don't even know what that means. Is that ah. rubbing a tug? The cat dogging? <laughs> I, I don't know what we're talking about. The next one's yours as well, Reggie. You still there? You still there, Reggie? Next one is your book. Yeah, you're starting uh, to cut out over here. Oh, am I? I'm sorry. Uh, well, in general, uh, has this book, you had mentioned a couple times that you thought that there were missing issues, that it seemed, has it caught up to There's itself no question a little? About or, it. uh, I would say right now at issue 13, the penultimate issue, mm-hmm. uh, it's finally What issue is that? Is that penultimate, That would be the, the the penultimate pen issue. Okay. Pen Why aren't you guys cutting issue. out on me now? Ultimate <laughs> issue. Yes. Uh, but you, oh, I'm cutting out. It has, it has caught up to itself? Uh, sort of. You know, the characters involved are all gelling pretty well, and the story's going along, but it's about to end. You know, this is... I mean, you know, for, for a second-to-last issue to introduce Scandal Savage getting an in vitro baby... Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy, you know? I mean, this, this, this comic is still fucking jam-packed with shit... Crazy shit every time you read it, but I can't ha- help but the back of my mind think this is going to be the end. So okay. it's going to be the end very yeah, soon. Uh, I saw Gail Simone liked your good. review, right? She retweeted your review and said so. that she, she was o- sad. Oh, yeah, the last one she did. She often likes, I think she likes the reviews because I often say, you know, write crazy shit about her characters. But uh, this, the art was good. A little looked a little rushed this, this time. I have a feeling it might have been, there might have been a... Small story shakeup somewhere, but uh, okay. it was good. It was a good issue, 8 out of 10. All right. if, if you've been, I mean, who the hell would jump on to the comic now? All right, that's true. So, so if you've been Secret reading Six. it and enjoying Yeah, I know. <laughs> For how much it was delayed, it was hard to jump on issue 3. Yeah, really. I know, they fucked this. This comic has been, we just said this about uh, Nightwing before, you know, and Black Canary. This this comic has been fucked by editorial problems. And I don't, I don't even know if, you know, you would have necessarily liked it Regardless, but I feel like no one really got the chance to see what this no. book was. 
Yeah. Well, the, so okay. The next one is another odd one because it had a uh, that uh, creative team change for a couple issues. I don't know what the heck there, but it's Teen Titans number nineteen. Teen Titans number nineteen, written by Greg Pack, art by Ian Churchill and Alvaro Martinez, Norm Rapmond and Raúl Fernandez, and Tony Avina. Cassie Sandsmark has a hold of Apollo's rod, but doesn't know what to do with yeah. it. Luckily, her Aunt Cassandra knows exactly how to handle this member and uses it to restore her magic voice that makes people do what she tells them to. Cassie gets her hand around the rod once more and uses it to remove Cassandra's powers with the little juice it has left. Penis. Fellatio. <laughs> Fellatio. Rub and a tug. Well, this yeah, is the last show a, episode of the show. It's number six. That would have been a good one uh, for you to have hey. sent me to read, and I then I would have, yeah, I would have been mad at you. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of what do you think of just Teen t- Titans in general since the switch up? That's when you jumped on the book. Where I yeah, you when I you. jumped on, and and so far this this is part three of the rehabilitation of Wonder Girl, so that now she's a good person and acts heroically instead of robbing shit and fucking with people all the time. And you know, if you read if you read all three, this being the third one, this has a pretty satisfying conclusion. Some stupid shit. There's a scene in it where where Cassandra is telling them all to die using her voice. She's like, die, die. And Bunker sends out mini brick constructs to stuff up everyone's ears. So they the can't bricks. Yeah, the bricks. It like so all the bricks are flying into everyone's ears. Nice. So they can't hear it. That's what I usually do when uh, my wife Tanya's yelling at me. I usually put bricks in my ears. You should. Well, you try to. You just smash do. yourself in the head and yeah, pass out. You, you got to hit it a lot harder, Jim. You got. I've had a lot of concussions it. in my day. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was bricks one of the funniest, face. fucking most ridiculous things I saw in comics this week. <laughs> just this image of these bricks flying into everyone's ears just really cracked me up. So that was a little silly, but. Uh, so if you've read these three issues, this is a nice little three issue arc. However, I wouldn't tell you that you had to do the first two issues of worse shit either. You know, this is really something you could just uh, ignore completely. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. That it's just uh, to take up space before rebirth. Yep. So it's a six point five out of ten. You know, it's uh, there are worse things in the world, but definitely could avoid it. Right. Uh, I'm going to move on with uh, some of Jody's books. Uh, Suicide Squad Most Wanted, Deadshot, and Katana, I think number four. I didn't write that down, but I think it is number four. He says, Katana's story, written by Mike W. Barr and art by Diegenes Nieves, has our freedom-fighting samurai leading the Suicide Squad in an escape from Castle Markov, now under the control of King Cobra. While it might not be a character driven like the Deadshot story, the Suicide Squad and Katana's moves truly help make the story a bit of an action packed thrill ride. Add to that uh, the once again fantastic art from Nieves, with highlights such as Katana's new movie look and the sword communication scene he has in quotes. And it's clear that Katana's story is heading nowhere but up. Boy, yeah, oh. that, that actually shocks me. He did ask. Um, I, I did not read it, and I'm not going to read it because nope. I think it's a bunch of bull crap. Um, but he did ask me during the week, uh, hey, does, did Katana always talk to her sword? And I said, oh, yeah, they have the sword. Yeah. And, she, and he said, well, did she, was she ever able to barter with the souls for them to get out? And I said, I have no idea. And no. I, but the problem is Mike Barr. He created the character. He can do whatever the hell he wants, is what I, I told him. And he's like, okay, I'll go with that. But, yeah, something with that happens. But then he says he, he was not up until now a Katana fan in this book. I don't think anybody has been. Uh, but he really, really likes Deadshot, uh, the Deadshot story, which I'll talk about now. Because uh, while the week went on, 
uh, he had reviewed uh, Dark Knight 3. And he did not re- review this. And I thought, boy, maybe he forgot or he's just given up. And I asked him, he said, no, he's all in. He loves it. But really? Deadshot story, yeah, he says, yeah, he's in. Deadshot well, honestly, story after reading the Katana story, there's nowhere to go but up, really. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's like going up from freaking six feet under. Deadshot story written by Brian. It's like me at the old folks' home. I, I show up. I might, you might say I'm ugly, but boy, I'm going up, baby. Deadshot story written by Brian Bucciolato with art by Victor Bogdanovich, uh, Richard Friend, and Michael Spicer. Sees are all new, all different Deadshot on a mission with the squad as they crash a drug empire party with the intent of capturing the board members. However, our new sharpshooter has a past relationship with the empire, and he has very different plans. Very bloody plans, he says. Will Evans is a lot more brutal than Floyd Lawton as Deadshot. See, I don't even know what he's talking about. Nope. But brutality doesn't make a character. It just seems like a straight path with the guy, and I just find him boring. I think that the uh, Will Evans is the guy who was in that first issue that okay. looked like Will Smith. That makes uh, sense. Even if, even if he is gunning down dozens of drug lords. The art is great, as expected, with the team, but this has to be the weakest part of Deadshot's story, and hopefully next time we get our favorite sharpshooter back. So I guess the whole issue was uh, this other guy, Will That Evans. ain't no Deadshot. Yeah, really. I give Katana's story a 3.5 out of 5. He said Deadshot's a 3.7 out of 5 and adds up to a 7.2 out of 10 total. Wow. Yeah, there you go. That's, uh, that's not bad. No. Yeah, it's not uh, bad at and, all. Uh, the last one, I believe the last one for the Flash Reviews is actually Dark Knight 3 Master Race number 4. And, uh, this is a big book. Yes. It really is, sales-wise. So I had talked to you, Reggie, and Eric during the week, and I asked Reggie if he had read it. Uh, up until now, because if he had, I was going to say, okay, we'll just do this regular deal. And then I asked Eric, did we do the last issue? And the problem is, it's been so goddamn delayed <laughs> yeah. that I, I had no idea. Well, originally, I, I told that, you yes, and then I read it, and I, then I'm like, we I did had no too. idea what's going on. <laughs> because I thought that we kept saying, like I just said, that when it would come up, we're like, boy, this is the bestseller. We better talk about it. I think that last time it came out, we were just like, fuck it. It's been delayed so much. We're We're done. And then we forgot about it because it's been so long. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Jody did it. He did not like it. And I looked through it. It looked like garbage. Yeah, it uh, It's good. written by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello. Art by Klaus Janssen and Andy Kubert. <laughs> it's the last son of Krypton versus its last cult in the Dark Knight 3, the Master Race number 4. Superman stands against Quar. Is it Quar? Sure. I thought it was something else. Is it Quar? And his army who has enticed Supergirl to be their champion while Batman prepares for the what-if Superman fails. The issue was just ridiculous, with characters either being stupid or selfish, the art lacking in comparison to the rest of the series, and the story moving so slowly. The biggest downfall of this issue in the series so far is the mini-comic introducing one of the worst designs and colors of a character I've ever seen with the introduction of Batgirl. I'm still trying to clean my eyes of this mess. Uh, he gave the issue a 4 out of 10. Eric, you did read it. What would you have given? The thing is, I don't even remember seeing a goddamn uh, backup. But That's, no, um, you know what the problem is? Is This happened to us the first, the first issue, issue when we yeah. talked about it. Remember, I, I didn't even know there was a backup, so it ended. Boom. When I'm done, I'm telling you, we're getting ready for this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Especially a book that I don't read and review. Whew, I yeah. see that last page, and I see, you know, next week, next month, I'm done. And, yeah, uh, you probably did the same thing I did. That is that a problem with issue. digitals, you know. Like there's, you, it is. You can't see any more pages. It must be no, over. No, and, I, you know, I'm not. Sorry, in this issue, we got the Kandorians just beating the shit out of Superman, and then the whole world watching as it happens. I don't know where the camera is because maybe they talked about it in the last issue. I didn't read, apparently. 
And then Batman gets injected with something because apparently they want Batman. And then he flies. And I think he might have killed the Flash who was running down the road. And he just ran into him. Huh. Nice. Sounds great. Uh, I know Brandon. And that stupid-ass Flash introduced this. in freaking the last uh, Dark Knight one strikes again. There, I yeah. hate that costume. The black with oh, the shorts the, uh, and the short sleeves. God, it's so goddamn bad. I know. Yeah. It sucks. It's funny. Uh, Brandon's big on this book. I, I forgot to even ask him. Uh, he, this is another one. It comes out, and I... I'm not into it anyway. Oh. Uh, but yeah, because of the delays, I just I can't get into it. I, Reggie, yeah. you said before we even started that you might get it in trade, uh, just to have it. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, just, I, to, just to fill in. And that just space. remember, after this, we get uh, more. Because, I know. Remember Frank oh, Miller? God damn, that's right. He's gonna have more, and it's just gonna keep going. But uh, DC is gonna keep printing it. It's like solid gold to them. It's oh, just a sure. money making machine. I don't know. After this, you would think that. I don't, these delays and stuff has to has to affect sales, right? And then, I would like, think the so. next one's going to come out, and people are just going to be like, "Fuck this!" Is this, is this thing still thing. coming with uh, with uh, six and seven variants or I, more? I think it is. I don't. Yeah, yeah there I, it is. And, and yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going. There's on. There's your answers. I'm telling you, it's all it's all yeah. juiced by variants. Yeah, yeah, I was actually well, sitting there today after reading this, and I was just thinking to myself, watching TV, just like, you know, my brain was going different places thinking about Dark Knight, and I just think this whole thing is that, well, I like the original Dark Knight Returns. This whole universe that has let me down after that was all predicated on Jason Todd dying, and I'm so happy that he came back to life and is now yeah. Red Hood. Because no, no. this is not what we get. This is not yeah. the real world. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, the, the timeline diverges from there, from there, huh? Yeah. That makes see? sense. All right, that's good. That, that that's a positive Boom. thought. Yeah, it's something. Red Hood all coming. the way. Yes. Well, that is what we like to call flash reviews, guys. Flash. All right, digital spotlight. Digital spotlight. Digital, Eric, you, you got that megaphone. That's the digital oh, no. spotlight megaphone. You got that with you? Oh God! There. Oh, no, I don't. I'm looking around. It. Like, where did I put it? it. Uh, yes, that. And this digital spotlight. I'm surprised is, I didn't get hate mail for that. No, actually, you got some uh, props on yeah, Twitter. Love, People did love like mail. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a very uh, singular digital spotlight because really, it's one book, right? That's all that we yep. really are going to talk about. Because we're going to talk about Injustice, Gods Among Us, Year 5, number 19, written by Brian Bucciolato, art by Mike S. Miller, Jay Nanjan, and Wes Abbott. This issue continues the road to Bizarro's death. While Lex Luthor lies to Bizarro about his origin and promises to save the very dead trickster, there's no saving him. He's he's dead. (laughs) It's all a ruse to get Bizarro as far away from the bald man as possible. Yeah, he's, he's freaking out. Uh, while he pretends it's all business as usual, the issue ends with a pretty cool beginning of a Bizarro versus Doomsday fight. I put year five is starting to heat up, and I gave this issue an 8.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, it, basically the cliffhanger is Bizarro fighting Doomsday. Lex gives him, it's like Lex gives him a little uh, tracer thing. Hey, follow this and go. This is where your origin was. That's where you crashed. Well, it a- happens to be where they have put Doomsday until they need him, uh, this, like, re-engineered Doomsday that Lex has got, uh, and, yeah, he just sends him there to die. Who knows? Maybe he, he'll uh, defeat Doomsday. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, 
Superman's trying to find uh, Bizarro and find out what the hell's going on. So Lex, uh, shit's going to be, he's going to have some splaining to do, <laughs> as they say. But, uh, yeah, the art was really good. I really liked it. The only thing, um, I think her name is Anne on the site that always comments on Anne Smith, yeah. And she, uh, she did point out that it's funny because the cover has Bizarro using his uh, frost breath, and that's not the Bizarro in this uh Oh no! No, it's it's completely it, off. And I said I don't know because where uh, Bizarro ends up going, it's you almost think he's heading. To, it might even be the Fortress of Solitude is where they're keeping. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Doomsday. Doomsday, because it is in the Arctic or whatnot. So I I think they just said, hey, uh, make a cover with Bizarro, make it cold. Eh, cold breath. You know, do it. You know, every, that's one. He, of what he does? Flame things. breath and yeah, cold yeah, vision. Is that yeah, his thing? That's yeah. usually the. I'm telling you, in, in the video out. game, you have Doomsday locked up in the Fortress of Solitude, all chained up to a wall. Yeah, I wish. Oh, well, I, I said when me and Eric way way back when the game came out, and the, that was kind of when the site really just started. Pretty uh, much, me and him were kind of. Fooling around, like, oh, what characters? Bizarro, me and him both wanted Bizarro right away. Oh, yeah. We thought that would have been so cool. And uh, I don't know. They they could even have screwed something with, uh, like, you had to do the reverse moves of Superman or something like that. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Something like that. Like, if you had to move right and up, you, you move left and down. It would have been pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I also want Swamp Thing in that game. Yeah, I would have liked oh, that. There's a bunch that's... of people that uh, I forget. We had a whole bunch of people. We had a list. Week. We just made they up. They kept that, and basically they started putting out people. They were just skins. Like uh, John Stewart was just a skin. Yeah, that was oh, bullshit. Yeah, it was just freaking Hal Jordan's moves. Yeah, I hate that Hal nonsense. Jordan's moves with that. It was ridiculous. But yeah, um, that's it for the digital reviews. Well, next week, I guess Reggie, you'll probably have at least Supergirl. I definitely have Supergirl. Uh, there'll be a new Dark Archer. I have not, yeah, I, yeah. I have not read the last two. If if really, if you could wipe your ass with the digital book, I guess you could. You, you just, it's getting, I have my really tablet. I could probably tablets. wipe my ass with the tablet. I it might, don't you give know. it, you know. I'm yeah. so pulled out of that story and bored by it. But, uh, oh, I, you know. I was gonna girl. I'm actually definitely. happy you stuck this long because I read the first issue and I was out by that. Yeah, I read I know. three, I think. Two or three. And boy, they, they got really bad. And I, I don't watch Arrow. So I was so yeah. out of it anyway. Um, I didn't know. I was going to mention the last time we talked about it, Reggie. Do you know that those two, uh, John Barrowman and his sister, actually got another book that they're going to be really? doing? Yeah, I, I don't think it's DC. I think it's some other company. But, yeah, they, they got another book from this. And boy, oh, boy. I, I well. bet you that just from John Barrowman himself, it sells enough. But, boy, nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. I know that once we started bad-mouthing it, people on Twitter that were John Barrowman fans <laughs> dropped us. They, <laughs> oh, really? They ran from us. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Man, yes, you know, I'm, I'm still a John Barrowman fan. Yeah, I just don't I like, like John book. Barrowman That's before. fine. Uh, and we said right away it seemed like he was just there. for it. He's like uh, Mike Schmidt's hoagies. You know, exactly. Mike Schmidt puts his name on it, and you put the hoagies out there. But uh, I don't want to make this a uh, Dark Archer, you bash? know, pretty bash or whatever. But it's possible that if this comic was stitched together like more traditionally, it would work better. It's just that there are whole chapters that are like fucking whatever, uh, you know, Malcolm Merlin standing in a crevasse yeah. for like twenty two for twenty two pages, or him just standing on a plateau. Saying, you know, kissing a girl for fucking, and it's like, would that be kissing I mean, her in the crevasse? Sometimes, right, right, right within the crevasse, in the crevasse, be kissing. they're kissing. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, I, could actually, them... I could actually watch John Barrowman do, do this in real life for a while, but I don't think I could read about it. No, 
Yeah. I don't know that I, I can actually I watch it that long. In a oh, I love John Barrowman. Yeah. My girlfriend says that he's my boyfriend for mm-hmm. how much I love that boy. I think Eric Eric wants to see a POV kissing. <laughs> oh my God, you know, virtual reality come to me. Eric's POV JOI. You know what I mean? He's got on, smooching away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to make a claim, Reggie. Little next, ATM. Next week, me and you are going to be talking about that legend of Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm All right. almost there. Uh, nice. I, it's funny, too, because I'm gradually getting there to the point where I'll do the... I looked at... It's been two weeks since an issue came out. I really should have been caught up by now. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I have like six issues left, five or six, and I'm going to make it. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about... I think issue right. number 24 will come out next week. We will be talking about it. Gonna make I, it, folks. If, if I don't catch up, we're still talking about it. I'll pretend that I caught up. I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna know bet you bet you one up. jar of chip beef versus. Oh, really? A half a dozen bagels. I was gonna say the bagels. Why not a steak sandwich? I'll just send you a steak sandwich in the mail, and I will go normal <laughs> mail. You of course. Will get that? It'll be dripping. And yeah, it'll be disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> now I want to be hilarious mail. But yeah, that is a digital spotlight, and we're gonna go back to the podcast. All right, we're going to finish it up. We've got two books there. Two Good. more books and two books that, uh, well, I can't say that I don't like both, but not a lot to talk about in either. Uh, so I think we're going to end this up quick. I hope so. I'm going to get yelled at. Yelled at you are. It's fucking 3.30 in the morning. I'm getting yelled at. This didn't end at 1.30. 1.30? Um, we, we, we got done the first section. It's like, you, uh, you almost done. I'm like, no. You kidding me? This is a podcast, baby. Go on, you're, you're the first book. First up, we got Cyborg number 10, written by Marv Wolfman, with art by Ivan Rice, Philippe Wontanabe, Daniel HDR, Julio Ferreira, Eau Claire Albert, Adrian Lucas, and Corey Bream. Mm-hmm. Cyborg has been taken to Cybertech Inc. so that they can find out how he works, but the company knows that Cyborg came in so that he could hack their system. But even with this knowledge, Cyborg still hacks in, downloads himself into their servers, and puts all their info on the internet. And apparently Cybertech is secretly working for the Techno Sapiens. And Cyborg's hologram mother was their creation all along. Yeah, I didn't trust that. I didn't trust her from the beginning, Eric. I did. Bunch of nonsense. That was a really nice thing to happen. So it was Cyborg needed it to was win. ridiculous. Though I think I that it's going to all end where he's going to end up uh, having her. I don't think they're going to do this because in this she's like, we could get a body for me. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think Silas, he's getting you know antsy. He won- he's already on the line with the real doll company. And he's ready for you know extra outputs and inputs there. Three you, you inputs. Do know they, they destroyed the hologram at the end Three of the in, Oh, did they? I didn't even know they did. <laughs> I think that he has another version. I'm telling Maybe. you, I think that he's going to have something where he can just talk to her. I, think I don't that, know. I'm telling you. So, I, Mar- so you know what? This all ends. Rebirth. They're not going to have that. This, no. All of this nonsense. Techno sapiens. We'll never hear about it again. I, I really hope so because I'm telling you, I don't know if Marv Wolfman came in and looked at what David Walker's story and decided that he would do shit differently yeah. Yeah. and then he tried to incorporate this here. But whatever he wanted to do, it didn't really work. No, it didn't. It, it, this issue is all back and forth and di- the dialogue isn't great. And I'm telling you, we uh, dealt with the Technosapien War. I was not a fan of it. We jumped to this. Cyborg is public enemy number one. I'm like, you know what? This is a fun story. I can get behind this. Yeah. And here we are, and the Techno Sapiens are back. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They're back. And, and it didn't yeah, make any sense. And, uh, I, I just like that he's fishing for fucking, I don't know, a uh, whale. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, none of this made sense to me. It was a bunch of hooey. You get the Justice League involved in Shazam just because, and 
they go off. You know, like there's nothing that happens here that shocked you, right? Everything that happened, even like no, no, the mother. No, 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 it shocked the shit out of me when the techno sapiens well, showed that, up. Out of but nowhere. it shocked you because you thought you were done. It didn't make any even sense. Is like, hey, we me. let Shazam in here, but you know, we'll take care. It's everything seemed forced to me. Nothing made sense. And yeah, uh, the big things are the mother hologram and yes. him downloading the shit and. That was goddamn annoying because we start out, we have Cyborg and his mother having this holographic kind of display yeah. of this cabin that used to stay out when he was a kid. And then she's like, you know what? You have this new power, so you should go to Cybertech Incorporated. Mm-hmm. They can help you. I almost went there and worked, but I decided not to. Throughout the issue then, we have her talk to Silas. Hey, uh, Cyborg should go over to freaking Cybertech Industries. It happens over and over again. And I was so happy by the end of this issue when we find out that the hologram was a fucking bullshit yeah. created by the Technic Sapiens and Cyborg destroyed it because I could not deal with her fucking nonsense anymore. Yeah, I see. I'm looking now where they, they destroy it. I, maybe I didn't even finish the issue. I know I had I, issues. There's no reason to. Yeah, because I had issues. They, I had issues with our uh, hot water heater. Well, the <laughs> lettering is off I came off back and thought book. I was done. The lettering is off in this book where at one point they refer to Cyborg's mother as a he. Yeah, that I And then I, at I another point, you. we had a dialogue box that was pointed to the wrong character. I'm like, and also, the dialogue's also garbage to begin with. So I'm like, this is this is just a bad are, book. Are you with me that it kind of reminded you of Paul Levitt? Like when he does a book, like yeah. it's like, okay, here we go. We're going to get another, yeah, and oh, the creator and all this and that. And, oh, this Mark Wolfman, he's going to do this and he's going to do all that. And it just was like, boy, this, this seems like the time, you know, Marv, you, you hang it up. You know, that's the thing. He created Cyborg. I think he said all he needed to say with the character back in the yeah. 80s. And, and this is almost I, I don't know. It's weird. Like if they were going to do anything, it would have been all you had to do was continue the, the most wanted thing where, you know, you don't have to go back to the Techno Sapiens. It was very odd. God, I hate this. I'm telling you. So we find out that during the Technosapien invasion, the aliens made the uh, Agent Holmes, who's behind Cybertech, their hand puppet, and they wanted to learn all they could about Earth and Cyborg because yeah. Cyborg has that song that they need to evolve with, you know, with the part of his system. And then Cyborg downloads himself into the Cybertech servers. They, and then right as he does this, he is surrounded by Technosapiens, and I am confused as hell because we don't see Agent Holmes again. And Cyborg's just surrounded by Techno Sapiens, which he instantly dispatches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um. And then Shazam. Hey, I'm back. Oh, good. Let's get out of here, buddy. Yep. And then, I, you know, no boo. I, Did the, was there a booyah later that I missed? No, there was a booyah. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't think when I he finished. Was killing I'm the looking at it now. I'm like, boy, I didn't see this. Oh, there it is. Booyah. Great. Yeah. Oh, we're doing this. Booyah. And then he's like, I'm telling "Let's you, the story blast was... some techno sapien butt." Really? I thought we were done the, with those guys. The, the, the techno sapien stuff. I'm telling you, the story arc was so good because it got away from that, yeah. and then bam, just throw it back in. They shove it in, and it's so awkward when you're reading this because Agent Holmes had a pacemaker, and some point during the techno a techno sapien invasion, they made him into a puppet using this technology. Yeah, and it's almost like a uh, Tony Stark type uh, Iron Man type thing. Kind like of. That. And now he's more machine than man and doesn't feel things that humans would and he thinks Cyborg feels the same. Like, no, I'm more human than man. But, but I mean, more human than man. More human than human. No, um, <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. More human than machine. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking and then at the end he's there with his dad and he's like, you're the best one I've ever known. I, I really just do not care for this issue. I'm, I like the art enough. 
Yeah. I just hope that this is not the type of stories that Marv Wolfman has well, in store sure. for us after Rebirth. I, I, yeah, well, I, he's not in Rebirth. He's not doing what? Rebirth. I thought no, he was. No, there's uh, two fellas that are on it that are doing it. No, Marv Wolfman. Oh, thank no, God. Marv I really Wolfman, thought no, Wolfman. he's just doing these couple because uh, David F. Walker left. And I believe. Yeah, yeah. I really no, thought for some reason he's no, continuing. No, I believe David F. Walker oh, failed because of the, uh, you know, the shifting and stuff with Rebirth and just left. Yeah. And had other better things. He had Shaft and stuff going oh, on. God. And yeah, Marv Wolfman just jumped in. I think that this was one of those where they're like. Hey, Marv Wolfman's free. He did the character. Hey, can you finish this up? You know, get a little push with you. You know, you doing this, and he jumped in. No, there's two guys. Uh, I forget their names, but yeah, they're doing uh, Cyber Going Out. The big thing about you know a black man in Detroit. Detroit. That's what they said at the at that. Oh, speaking thing. of something like that, I found it hilarious what your takeaway of this book was when you first read it and were sending me messages. What did I say? I don't even remember. About Cyborg saying oh, yeah. Holmes. Yeah, the one guy, guy, Holmes, I thought that he was being, I thought, I'm like, boy, Marv Wolfman <laughs> wants to talk street. Hey, he's getting straight. Hey, Holmes. And then I'm like, what's going on? He keeps calling Holmes. I didn't know the guy's name was Holmes. And I'm telling you, I, thing this is, is the worst prepared I've been for a book, I think, since I, the fucking podcast started. Holmes. I'm telling you, you started sending me this message. I'm like, I did not remember that the character's name was Agent yeah, Holmes. I'm like, you, I think I just assumed that it was so his name. Plus it, As I'm messaging you, even, I'm like, <laughs> I, I wonder if this guy's name's Holmes. But, yeah, it was really odd. It almost seemed like the, I'm no rapper. I'm like, oh, God, yeah. here he goes with the Holmes. I'm like, man, Marv Wolfman is taking it to the streets, Holmes. But I'm telling you, when you started sending me this, it is you're spelling it oh, as the name yeah. Holmes, like Sherlock yep. Holmes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I always said Holmes, H-O-M-E-S. And apparently I found out I've been faking you the funk my entire funk. life. Me and you have had this discussion. Uh, I do not recall. Very quickly, and you just you shoved it off of me. Like, I said it before. I think it was, like, before a podcast because you had sent kind of the same thing. Like, where are you, yeah. Holmes? And I'm like, I you say know, but the Holmes, that's not really the deal. And you're like, no, no, that's how I, it's Homeboy. No, it's Homeboy. No, 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 it is not. It's Holmes. Like Sherlock like Holmes? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. So, yeah, apparently I've been faking the funk the my fun. whole life. And also, we found out it's Agent Holmes, so yeah. Cyborg is not going street no, on our ass. He's not asses. going street, but I thought he was. I'm like, boy, out of nowhere, this one guy is like, That's hey, funny Holmes. Because <laughs> I did not recall uh, Agent Holmes' yes. name because he's just a throwaway character. Yeah. So I'm like, Holmes, like huh? I didn't even away. pick up on that. Yeah, like I said, I'm not going to say much because, boy, I, I was not prepared for this book. I thought I finished it. I did not. So I had no idea that the mom was destroyed. Eh, yeah. I didn't get to I, that part. I would give this book, I haven't reviewed it yet, a 4.5 yeah, out of 10. Yeah, what I did read, now what I heard and went through, yeah, about 4, 4, 5. It is not good. It's not good at all. And no. where hey, David F. Walker is very respected and whatnot. Um, this whole, so this whole story, Yeah, but before. David F. Walker is, like, relevant now. This whole cyborg has been a disaster. It really has not been good. And The last two issues I've liked. Yeah, you did like, but it was, like, better than the Techno Sapiens. Yeah. And really, you have all these books. We keep bringing it up. Oh, I love Midnight. Or, oh, I love this. People going, I have not heard anybody talk about Cyborg. I have not heard no. anybody. I, how many people have reviewed this issue? You have not reviewed it yet, right? Nope. How many people have reviewed it up till now? I'm going right now. I'm going to check because I don't know. And it is four. <laughs> Actually, four people. Uh, average of a 7.7er. Yeah, I looked at that earlier. I was like, you're, you're all insane. This issue is garbage. And it's all going to be like, oh, Marv Wolfman's back to the camp. There it is. I see it. No, this is some great Justice League cameos. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> Good. I'd Good. say, he says, booyah. 
The rest is bullshit. All right. Let's finish this podcast, Eric, with the last book, which neither of us are reviewing, did review, or whatnot, and that's a Mega Men. Mega Men number 11, written by Tom King, art by Barnaby Behenda, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Pat Brousseau. And now, as usual, Eric, usually when we have a book at the end that neither of us reviewed, I always forget to write the blurb. I did not do that this week. I wrote it. What do you think of that? That's because you spent the time writing this instead of finishing Cyborg. Maybe. No, I, I got called away. <laughs> I said my uh, oh, the hot yeah, water, the hot water heater, heater yeah. uh, it has been tripping our breaker. I think that one of the elements is bad. I got to go get uh, – I'm going to change up both elements in the hot water heater. I think what happened, I went down, dealt with that, came back, and somehow my computer must have been <laughs> you know, hit or whatever – because Cyborg was not up anymore, and I just went on. I went on with it, and I only wrote... Um, you lucked Here's out. what I wrote for my notes. Hey, Holmes, I did not like this <laughs> issue, and it kind of screws everything I liked about the series. That's what I put, Holmes. All right. Uh, Mega Man, though. This penultimate issue continues showing us that war is hell. It's heller. But also sure that is. the Mega Men have joined the Vegas system in our... Joined has gathered the Vegas system in a unified force that may be all it takes to defeat the Citadel. There really isn't much more to say about it, but after the slow burn buildup, it's nice to see Kyle Rayner and the Omega Men on the verge of victory. But Eric, is there ever a winner when war is the game? That's the question yeah. I ask you. Is there The guy who kills the other guy. Can't we just have a nice game of chess? Can't we? Can't we? There's everybody <laughs> loses, Eric. Everybody loses. Uh, the only way to win is not to play. To play. Um, yeah, uh, this is a weird issue. It, it goes. I don't very, even know what to say this about issue this issue. Goes, uh, hand in hand with last issue, where I think what uh, Tom King is doing is uh, treading water until the end. Now, I think what he's doing is showing. <laughs> no, I will go each with that. time. No, I think each time it, it's it's one of those where I think that. This book is because he's been so respected. I think this book he is fucking with. I'm joking. I think he's using this very slow burn to show you. Last issue, you had the issue. Was it last issue where you saw that, you know, days and days going on where they're on, the, yep. they're fighting? That was last issue. This issue, they're gathering off, they're gathering troops, and you're seeing more of that where I really do think that at, in the end of, at the end of the day, he's just showing us that. There aren't a lot of winners. A lot of people are dying, and he's going with that. But I do like some of the bits that we get. I'm, I'm grabbing the issue here. I love Scraps. I think that Scraps is a great character that was not given enough time. And with, you about Space Harley it, Quinn? She's more than that now. Um, once At the beginning, she was very goofy. Now she becomes very big. But it, the, the whole issue starts where Kyle, their whole plan is they're going to gather these things. They need the five planets to come together to fight the Citadel. These planets hate each other. Nobody gets along. What they're going to do is bribe them, really. Kyle goes and starts where he goes to the pleasure planet. Uh, and show, Stellarium, and shows right? The Stellarium. He says, look, Is that what it's called? Good. What I'm He's on, like, I'm look, we got Stellarium. And boy, I'm my game telling this you, this, this planet that uh, Vrul, Vrul, Vrul had the Stellarium. Stellarium. The rural I can't even talk. Um, this little bit seems to be worth, like, billions. Like, I want to get to this rule before it blew up, and I want to grab some of this shit. But, yeah, he's like, look, you have this. I need an army. Everybody's going to get along, aren't they? Yep, we're going to do it. All right, that's the start. Kyle goes off. Kyle looks badass. They really do push. Tom King really wants to push this religious stuff with, with Kyle. Uh, that does still seem a little off, but I, I like seeing him as that white Omega uh, lantern 
I think it's yeah, the, and they even call him the Omega yeah, Lantern in this, which I don't think we've yeah, seen I, before, which I actually appreciate really that like name. That. Um, but then you go, and what this is going to show you is the method that each of the Omega Men are going to use to gather the troops. And Scraps goes, and she is basically going to she's going to force the deal. And I like it because that's Brute's. Uh, do you remember Brute? I don't even know. I do. Were you reading when Brute went and went nuts and went back? Did he die? Yeah, he got killed. Okay, see, I did not read and, that. Uh, I just assumed I like that because she's back at his deal. The guy that she's with was like Brute's, I don't know if you'd call it a stepfather or like a took Mentor? him in, kind of like that, but Brute went against it. And uh, Scrap shows up and is like, basically like, I'm going to shoot your fucking head off. And I'm being brute, and I really liked it. I thought it was great. And yeah, My? there's no joking here. She means no, business, she is and dead she serious. is going to get revenge, and she's going to make it. I love the point where he's just like, "You are being brute." And she's like, "Damn fucking right," and I loved it. And See, my favorite one of these is where each one of the Omega Men goes off to try to convince the yeah. system to work with them was Tigors. Yeah, Tigors is awesome too. But yeah, each one ends up in their own way to get one of these systems, these planets together to fight. And yeah, Tigors is awesome because it does seem to me – it does it seem to you basically like in his planet, whoever's the strongest wins. And exactly. he's got to beat the shit out of everyone. And he did. And he has this great speech about how everybody respected his father when he ruled because his father was, you know, raised in the jungle. Yeah. Everything he did, he took it for himself and beat whoever he had to. He's like, and Tigor did not, was not raised nope. this way. And they see him as weak. And he's like, look, the difference between my father is he's dead and I yeah, killed him. Like, and then I everybody is him. on Tigor's dick and at that point. Like, that was a badass line. I like line. that. I also – Primus is, is – it, Primus is weak as shit. It fits the character because it does. He's, he's always been a guy. Listen, I, I pacifist. yeah, I'm a pacifist, but you know what? Sometimes you got to stand up, and this is how you do it. And we're gonna get it done. And yeah, the, those. But I like Callista as well because it goes. That's her dad. Her dad is dead, beheaded, <laughs> and she's like, okay, you know what? Get me my fucking crown off that fucking head, and we're gonna get this done. And the guy says, hey, you want to get your your slaves? You want to get them? You want to train? She's like, yeah, but you know what? It's not like it before. And this is pretty much, to me, the only sign that she has had character development the whole time. She That's has, what I was thinking as well. And she has had it. Uh, but you just never saw it. She was always very you know, strong and doing this. But yeah, when this whole started, that was the whole thing where she would just, she'd fight a slave, kill him. They'd die all the time. She'd kill them all. She's like, nope, things have changed. Uh, war's coming. And that's where I'm going to do my killing. I thought it was awesome. I thought that was great. Uh, if it's not a chill-worthy moment, like we say, yeah. but it's close. If if this book was like my favorite book of all time, I would have been really into it. The problem is, to me, we really, though it is the 11th issue, we really haven't gotten enough of the characters. If this would have went on and on and, and continued. Maybe. I don't know anything about the characters. I only jumped in after what I... Issue one, I might have well, it's quit. Been one of those, it's a, and then I did nine, ten, and eleven. Now, yeah, it's a weird book where you get, you, you don't get a lot. Like it's such a slow burn with everything, but yeah, it's all heading towards being, you know, a huge battle. And yeah, you see where the it started. Shit's going on, and you get that same deal again. Day forty-two, day fifty-eight, day sixty-five. You see as it goes on, you see some victories. You see the freaking. The Citadel getting pissed off. They're all mad. And it just goes on and on and on. And it leads to where they're going to talk to the Citadel. It's like the Citadel is going to show up. They've set up a meeting, whatever. 
and they have him there and scraps is like hey we're at the capitol hey what's going on we're gonna shoot him like hey you know what people are about to die and all this but it's like are they coming to surrender or die hey maybe they're gonna get both it's very good but yet it's still that the whole story has been like out of the grasp you know what i mean like i can't tie anything down but by the end of each issue i do like it like i like this issue don't have a lot to talk about um you get william james at the end no, you get you get the Duke, Duke of Wellington. Wellington. Yeah. Uh, Nothing except yeets. the battle I lost. I actually earlier when uh, in Grace and I did have some yeets that I was going to say, you? so I, I might have to say it now. I, I prepared for that. I told you what happens is I leave a lot in my notes that I don't talk about. Here's a little yeets for you. I'm going back here. How about this one? The worst thing about some men is that when they are not drunk, they are sober. You think That's that? True. I thought about the beer fest night. How about this? Wine comes in at the mouth and love comes in at the eye. That's all we shall know for truth before we grow old and die, Eric. So is he an alcoholic, you tell me? How about this one? This is a very common uh, phrase that you have heard many a time. There are no strangers here, only friends you have not yet met. That was actually in the uh, Simpsons episode when they were having the streetcar named Desire. Good. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think the Duke of Wellington quotes better. He's humbug. None. Nothing except a battle lost can be half so melancholy as a battle won. Yes, that would have fit. But yeah, I know, that's uh, what I yeah, just in general, I love the art in this. It's a very unique art style. Barnaby Behenda as an art style. I told, I'm telling you, last issue, I wish High Five did the colors all the time. And I, I'm not bad-mouthing Romulo Fajardo Jr. because the guy has a kick-ass name. But I really like the, uh, the vibrant colors that, so that High Five gave it. It gave it a different tone. Uh, I I did like it. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have a lot. Uh, you get a lot of Callista uh, chain, you know, her development. But yeah, I guess you get a lot. You well, know, it's not I'm really t- that's huge though. She yeah. has been such a bitch the whole time, and you always kept waiting for her to turn and be the bad guy. I'm still and, waiting. Yeah, she might. But yeah, <sighs> there we go. I I I'm not reviewing this. Poppy is eventually. I would probably myself give it about a seven, seven out of ten. I, I I'll tell you, I think I said this last time we talked about the book. I don't feel right giving this a score just because I don't know so much yeah. about the series. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like reading this, it was just really quick, and I'm like, it is a quick uh, read. Reggie it, said that uh, he's been waiting for it uh, in trade. Yeah, and I, I'm really wondering. I, I'm interested to hear what he thinks when he reads it all together. Uh, he he'll like it. He likes stuff like this. I think that he would like <laughs> stuff. He likes stuff he likes like stuff this. like this. Pretentious prick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Reggie gets this far in the podcast. He always tells me, "Boy, that podcast is long." Sure is. He's going to get to his part about the British invasion in the eighties, and then he'll check out. He just wants to hear himself talk. Ooh, that's it, though. So you're not going to give it, it a score. I'm going to give you a score. I would say you, you're thinking six five. Six I'm five. Six actually, six, but I don't want. I'd rather just not give a score. Honestly, okay. uh, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week would probably be Batman. I gave it Batman. I told you I gave it an 8-6 just so I can pick it. Uh, it was yeah, I had a tie between that and Justice I League. Uh, I think that Batman this month... Batman gave me chills, though. I think that this month Batman was a love letter to the character and the fans. I heard that somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, you want to hear what we got next week? Yes. We have a lot of advanced I'm, I'm going to get yelled at, so come on. Batman Superman 32. Batman okay. Beyond 12. Bloodlines number two. Detective, nice. I'm actually looking forward to Bloodlines. Detective Comics number 52. 
I'm not looking forward to that. I have that in advanced copy. What do you think of that? Yeah. Green Arrow, number 52. Green Lantern, number 52. You have that advanced. I, I also do. have Midnighter, number 12 already. All these should go up pretty uh, quick on Wednesday, like 12.01 a.m., right? New Suicide. I don't know. I'm worried about the pictures. Yeah, we don't have the pictures, and it was really spelled out that we can't grab them from no. the, the copy. So we're going to have to see. some. I've And other times I've grabbed them from the previews. So we'll see. Right. Uh, New Suicide Squad number 20, Superman Coming of Superman number 4, and The Flash number 51, which I'm looking forward to. That's pretty quick on the draw. From That's the very 50. quick. Uh, they had to catch getting caught up, up though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next week is also on Saturday's Free Comic Book Day. Sure is. So if you want to grab that number one Suicide Squad from the beginning of the New 52, have at it. I'm uh, not leaving the house that day. I may go. I was thinking of doing something where I might go and record something. I really was thinking of how I could do this. For what DC's offering for Free Comic Book Day, I, it's not worth me well, dealing with this I, I was thinking of me shop. and Rafe going to the comic shop and causing a stink. <laughs> and recording it for the podcast like what the hell what? i want to hear what this guy because this guy hates dc i want to get them all riled up about the uh suicide squad don't, being don't you got to tell people that you're recording them no <laughs> what are we i don't know we'll do get this. legal on the line let's find know. out we'll, we'll get legal on the line we're not getting paid for any shit i i think that's all that matters though if the oh, guy yeah. the guy starts like spewing out hate speech i'm out he like starts <laughs> yelling like, listen that suicide squad is b- a bunch of bullshit you know what wasn't bullshit some of hitler's theories <laughs> whoa 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 really you, what do you hate more uh, dc or, wait a minute dc's a bunch of assholes hitler had some good ideas i'll say you sound just like eric shea Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you'll say, Just because a man wants some more Hitler hey, doesn't mean he's all about that. I remember during freaking Multiversity, you told me, you know what this book could use? More Hitler. And sure I could. Said, you know what? You are right. I always wanted to grab that fucking soundbite. Just have it anytime <laughs> I hit it. But you can't ever hear my soundbites anyway. Nope. Oh, well, but that's it. We're going to let you go because you're going to get yelled at. It's, it's freaking 4, 4 a.m. Yep. That's the other thing. People, uh, the one guy last week, we put a podcast up, and the one guy... Uh, on uh, the Potter family guy said, uh, Hey, you know, what would be the worst thing is editing a, a five hour podcast. So I think it was six last. And I'm thinking, you know what? These guys, I don't even think they get the idea too, that we just record straight up. We start yeah. done. It's fucking, you know, people are getting up now. Fucking the birds are chirping. Drunks walking down the street. Still me going down to eat a hot dog. It's my <laughs> post podcast. It's like you light up a cigarette. I eat a hot dog. But yeah, well, I go right to bed. Do you yelled at? I can't go right to bed. I never actually. No, I end up looking at the TV. But at this point, it's so late. I'm like, no, I'm going to end up sleeping until one. All right. By then, I'll already be starting my uh, my thing. It's also funny too. I send Cullen Bunn a fucking note. Send him a note at fucking (laughs) three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, did he get back? What? Who am I kidding? Like, he's just sitting there. Yep. Starro was going to be a big story. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a fucking dick. A lot of the guys that we talk to, uh, Cullen Bunn is very straight-laced. Sure is. He is very, very uh, serious, that guy. But, yeah, uh, we'll end it. I'm going to do this. We're also going to have our uh, lies uh, just for the hell of it up tomorrow as well. So tomorrow when you read, if you listen to this, there's another podcast available for you. So if this isn't enough for you, Oosh. you can listen to us talk about a bunch of lies and stuff. And next week, Reggie has demanded that we do the rap one. I don't know. Then he's saying, even I'll send you the outline. What, what are you talking about, Reggie? This seems a lot of work here. But, yeah, 
End I'm it. coming in loose and light, man. Yeah, Freaking disgusting. Loose and light. You're going to talk I, I juggalos. To to, I used to listen to ICP when I was That's in high school. That's all you're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about getting uh, yelled at and being told that I'm white. That was a big thing. Anytime I play rap music, you know you're white, right? Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Thank you. I didn't know that. I, I'm about the whitest person that you'll ever meet. So, yeah, I, I do know that. Though you have the, uh, your skin is the color of skim milk. <laughs> So you might be whiter than me, but just I in am. general, I can't dance. Like any sort of like stereotype white thing, that's me. I'm the worst. Love hockey. <laughs> I don't know what else there is. But yeah, what do we say, Eric? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. weird. We'll see you in seven. Proud. See you Proud. in seven. Baby, that's the clean. Oh, 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 oh.